warning. Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 292. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture, pushover. Pop culture. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Let's go, Only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Uh, Morty, get over here. We gotta do a pop culture leftovers intro. What are you talking about, Rick? I'm really worried. Is our show going off the air? No, of course not, Morty. Don't be an idiot. It's just that... It's just... That show sucks, Rick. Don't worry about that, Morty. Uh, They couldn't even afford the real voice actors, Morty. Anyway... Wubba-lubba-dub-dub, or whatever the fuck we say. And, uh, Plumbus, Mr. Poopy Butthole, Dr. Clip-Clop, uh, Rick and Morty stuff. So, uh, enjoy this episode of Pop Culture Leftovers. Hope you like shit. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm a leftover. Jake cannot make it this week. Uh, scheduling issues with work. Uh, unfortunately, Jake cannot make it. But I am not alone. This week we are joined by the Queen of the Leftover Army again. You weren't here last week, but you were here the week before. Rebecca Daling, welcome back. I'm here every other week now, apparently. Yeah, yeah. You're, <laughs> you're just you're a mainstay of PCL <laughs> of the pop culture leftovers culture. Well, I'm always happy to be on. As as I said before we started recording, if you're not sick of having me on, I am always happy to be here. Hey, everybody gets excited when it's a Rebecca episode. You know, it's yeah, like... 50-50. You know, no, I, I've never seen the 50-50. It's always 100-100. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, Rebecca. Uh, people hear my voice and they're like, ah, fuck. When is this, when is this guy going to go off mic producer on us? Like, we're... <laughs> We're sick of them. Can you just can you just give them the fucking bullet points to talk about, and uh, we can deal without this Brian guy every week. He's driving us nuts. But uh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm doing it to uh, grade on you people. So I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> we are also joined. Yeah, thank you, Rebecca. Appreciate you being on this week. Um, we are also joined by uh, Scenic Cast host, Spoiler Steve from Scenic Cast. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me back on. I promise to be on my best behavior. No, man. I don't know. I, 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 I always love I, like, ha- what do I say? always love having Steve on. I always love I love being on your show. I've been on your show a few times and I always always have a good time. Me and Steve don't always agree on things, so this might be an interesting episode, people. 
Yeah, I always looking forward to reviewing movies with you because we usually <laughs> never agree. <laughs> I know. It's I'm flipping through Twitter and I'm like, ah, oh, another fucking spoiler Steve review. <laughs> what are you what are you giving this one? Oh what? Forty three percent? Fuck you. Like <laughs> I know. Sometimes I'll leave the theater like if I hate it, I'm like, oh, I probably love this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the like, same thought goes through my head a lot of the times. <laughs> Guys, no iTunes reviews this week. We have them. Uh, I'm going to hold off on those for when Jake comes back. We have several that we're going to have to go over. Uh, I did want to shout out a few people here uh, that have been helping the show. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Stephen Farshed. He uh, sent a donation in, uh, and he he wrote, uh, thanks for the entertainment while we drove cross-country for our honeymoon. He, he jumped on the table, almost knocked the beer over, almost deleted my notes. That's my cat, people. Sorry. He, uh, he getting started early tonight. <laughs> he is. Now he's up there. He's he's eating his food. Yes, I've he's eating food on the table. I'm a horrible pet owner, but I live by myself, and... I'm the only one who has to deal with that. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Stephen Farshit listened to uh, Pop Culture Leftovers on a cross-country drive on, while on his honeymoon. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's kind Congratulations of... Congratulations to you and his wife. <laughs> Congratulations to your wife. I, I don't know if their wedding is, their marriage is off to a good start when he's listening to PCL, though. Uh, I mean, I think it's off to a good start because I think if he's listening to it on the cross country, then I am sure that his spouse knows how much uh, he likes the show. And so, you know, I think that they're into it, too. So I think it's a good start to the marriage. I don't. I think this is going to eventually turn into a fight. This is going to be, you know what I mean? This is going to be one of those things years from now, like after years of him leaving the toilet seat up. Years of him, like, uh, chewing with his mouth open. Years of him taking her to the chain restaurants and still, instead of going to, like, the fancy ones. This is going to come out. This is going to be something that she uses against him. Remember? Oh, and remember that romantic cross-country drive where we listened to Brian yell? Yeah. You're done, JJ! Remember that? Remember that? Remember that? Yeah. Till death do us part. I wanted to die in that car ride. Thanks. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's off to it. This could get this could get uh, this could get messy for him in the years to come. Uh, I mean, I guess, but I, I'm going to look on the bright side here. I, I'm going to say it's a solid foundation. the The couple that listens to PCL together stays together. That is That's not a, that is say. not even a slogan. People, it's funny you thought that because I immediately went to like I'm just saying episode said all of a sudden there's a break and it's just like brian's right and then he just stops the car he's like you can't be serious and that's where it all begins <laughs> oh so they're, they're actually the opinions on the podcast not <laughs> okay <laughs> that's just you steve you that's just you disagreeing with me all the time possibly that that could be that that could be it you're right that could just be some built-up anger <laughs> also wanted to thank again chris christofiak for another donation thank you sir and i wanted to thank everybody uh i Kind of like a lot of people don't know about this. We do have a Threadless store where you can buy pop culture leftover shirts and mugs and uh, what else? Stickers and uh, there's a ton of stuff there. Hey, Rebecca, you can actually—I haven't done it yet. You can put a logo on a pair of sh- on a pair of shoes now there at Threadless. 
Really? Yeah. You could, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> walking around, popcorns are leftover shoes. That would look cool, though. Like, the PCL logo on the side of, like, a pair of Converse, like, mm-hmm. that would look pretty cool. I don't know if you can send in your shoes, you know? Like, I don't know if these are Converse or just some, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, this is just, like, the, the Velcro bullshit that you buy at Walmart in the back, you know what I mean? Oh, well, okay. I mean, all right, fair enough. I was just sort of thinking, like... If you could put it on a pair of Converse, it would look cool on those high tops. Yeah, in a perfect That's, world, right? Yeah. Yeah. We live in a world full of flaws, and you're probably going to get cheap fucking Velcro shoes from Walmart. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but I want to. I, I threw it up there on the Pop Culture Leftovers Facebook page. I'll put the uh, link in the show notes for this week if you do want to buy a shirt or whatever. And, uh, you know, the profits go to help the show. We make, uh, I think we make a whopping buck off a t-shirt, Rebecca, cause I lowered the prices. Everything's on sale. Yeah, I know. Now so. you can buy that yacht you've always wanted. To have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, I actually, I can support my current cocaine addiction, so that's awesome. <laughs> oh god. That's <laughs> yeah, a joke, people. You know, hey, you know, tomato, tomato, whatever works for you. <laughs> Who am I to judge? <laughs> Uh, oh, and I wanted to thank Eric Marable. Looked on the website, didn't find anything he liked, so he just sent a donation. So thank you, Eric. That's one way to do it. Just just send in money. That, if you don't like what you find on Threadless, just send in some money for PCL. Got a question for you, Rebecca. My question is, and Steve, you might be able to chime in. I don't know if you're familiar with this. Uh, you know the precious moments, little figurines and you know, you know what I'm talking about, Rebecca? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you think precious moments, they're like, what, what are precious moments? Like, they're like, uh, I don't know, it's like the lame version of American anime or something. What are they? <laughs> I, you mean like they're, the way they're designed and stuff? I, I suppose, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess so. I, I kind of, I, I remember them when, cause when I was little, my mom used to collect them. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I think everyone's mom. Oh yeah, them. everybody's no, I mom. Can't. I wasn't yeah, special in that. Everyone's mom collected the precious moments once. Um, I remember too, like when, um, like I, I remember going to like baby showers or bridal showers, and they were very popular gifts. Like so, like you know, if it was if it, if it was a, a baby shower, they give them like the precious moments. Uh, it'd be like you know the couple holding the baby and all that, and. Um, yeah, hugely popular. Are these for are these long uh, time. are these like the uh, Funko Pops for like moms? Like Funko, you know what I mean? <laughs> Do they look at these like you know if you're you know you're a mom, you're rocking the mom jeans? Are you? I mean, is this your Funko Pop right here? You know, I kind of think it is. I I, I never thought of it that way, but. I kind of think precious moments are Funko Pops for moms. Funko I really Pops, do. yeah, yeah, Funko Pops I, for moms. You're 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 making a really strong point uh, for this, and I really can't disagree with you. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I uh, do. Do you think that uh, are there more people on a daily basis that are becoming fans of Precious Moments, or more people that are Precious Moments fans that are dying? Oh, I think it's Precious Moments fans dying. I don't think anyone's rushing out to buy Precious Moments anymore. I feel sorry for the families that have to deal with that death because, like, once they go into the house, 
they've got to figure out what they're going to do with these fucking things. Oh, yeah. What do we do with Mom's Precious Moments oh, collection? God. Yeah. You know, I bet if you go on eBay, you would probably find people selling them. Well, she left them but to I- you. She left them to you, Janice. <laughs> you deal with it. You, um, yeah. I'm not dealing with I, that. I'm getting the, I'm getting the sectional. I'm not dealing <laughs> with the precious moments. The sectional. <laughs> but it's true though. Like I, um, but I think that there probably are like some hardcore collectors out there. Like, like with the beanie babies and stuff. Remember when like oh, people yeah. were, were collecting beanie babies and they were paying thousands of dollars for them. Um, I'm, I'm sure there are people out there who collect them. But I don't think it is – I don't think it's as popular as it was when we were kids because I think when, like, we were kids in the late 80s or mid-80s, it was huge. Oh, like, sure. everybody yeah. had – right? Everybody had those those precious moments figurines and then they were um, – then there were like special edition ones, and I know that there were like Christmas ornament ones, and and they were holiday themed, and like tons of them. So you know, yeah. like hey, what are they called? Like the curio cabinets? Yeah, I think yeah. my mom and had them. Were- yeah, in the curio cabinets, and I think like once you're in that point in your marriage, and I want Stephen Farshid to listen to this. Once you're at that point in your marriage, when you've got a curio cabinet. That is just stuffed to the fucking gills with precious moments. You might want to check to see if you've been castrated in the middle of the night because you have no fucking balls. Like if that's the shit that's going on in your home. Oh my god! Seriously. Oh man, can you hold on? Can you imagine? Like you go on a first date with somebody, and like. Or not a first date, but like, let's say you go on a date with somebody and you're like, wow, this person's really cool. And then, Whoa, like, are you saying it's them- slutty to go back to their place on the first date, no, Rebecca? No, not, not at all. Not at all. If that's how you, <laughs> if that's how you rock, I am not one to judge whatsoever. I've done my own fair share of stuff. Uh, uh, I'm not judging anybody. I, what I'm saying is, <laughs> let's say first or not date, whatever. Yeah. You go to somebody's house and you like you really clicked with them, and you're like, oh my god, this person is like, oh, we like the same stuff, and blah blah blah. And you walk into their house and it's full of precious moments, curio cabinets. <gasps> what um, would you do? <laughs> okay, okay. So th- is it worse for a guy to walk into a girl's place? Or vice versa. I think it's worse for if I walked into a guy's place and it was full of precious moment stuff. I would be like, yeah, no. I think he's a serial killer. Oh, <laughs> uh, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably Wait, a serial killer. What if, he's, what, if, what if it just means he's a tender lover? You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I think he's too tender at that point then. I think he's, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, it's so tender. His, his penis is always flaccid. Jesus yeah. Christ. How could you get hard around a bunch of those things? That's what I'm thinking. Steve, that's weird. And then if he did, if he walked in there, he was like, "Yeah, look at my fucking collection," and he got all hard. Then, uh, then you know, run for the hills. Then that's something really wrong. Me as a guy, (laughs) though, on the flip side, like I'm probably sticking around for a little bit. Let's see how this plays out. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's less weird weird if, if you walked into like. Into a girl's place, a woman's place, and she had it. I, I will agree. That is less weird. Yeah. 
Yeah. Steve, how do you oh, – where, where do you stand on the precious uh, moments? <laughs> I know. I'm asking the burning okay, so questions. For, I know. Oh, man. I've been thinking hard about this while you guys were chatting about it. Uh, what if they, okay, hey, what if, so for, and, and. For guys, for and, me, for a guy, I'm automatically assuming that she's ready to settle. Yeah. And it's like, she's like getting a head start and I need a bolt because it's the first date. I, well, okay. That she's, just because she's got a bunch of precious moments, she's ready to settle down. That's what you're getting at? Like yeah, it's almost like, like she's nesting, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, are there kids like sleeping upstairs or something? Is there a reason why these exist in the house already? So are you are you sticking around? Let's say in the scenario you're single, Steve. Not spoiler, Steve. Mm-hmm. Are you sticking? Right, right, right. Are you sticking around to see how this plays out? Uh, I don't know, man. It depends on my mood, to be honest with you. If I already want to get out, there's another sign. If I or I could be like you and be like, all right, let's see where this goes. Like this could be a cool story. Hold on. What about after a rigorous night of lovemaking? Just like a rigorous lovemaking with this person. They sure. send you home with a precious moments gift bag. And I'm not just talking about, you know what I mean? I'm not just talking about, I'm talking about like the actual precious moments logo on said bag. Like a starter set? Yeah, kind of like, uh, you know, hey, thanks for, thanks for the sex. Here's, <laughs> here's a, well, here's I, a gift I, bag I of I, precious I, moments I think, for you on your travels. I think I've just, I think she's related to someone who sells them or is in, in the business of like, you know, making them and everything. It's like, <laughs> it's like a Mary Kay thing going on here. Steve. It's like, yeah. It's like, thanks. I have 10 of these in my closet. I need to get rid of. <laughs> I know, I, Rebecca, I think anybody who's under the age of uh, 30 has no idea what we're talking about right now. <laughs> uh, jokes on you. Oh, wait, no, you're not talking about me. I'm 31. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, I feel like right now, Finn is scratching his head like precious moments. I feel like what right now that? Finn's looking to his left at his fucking full curio cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, don't don't listen to them, guys. I love. I'm sorry, Finn. I'm just kidding. <laughs> right now he's bidding on a uh, precious baby angel precious moment on eBay. And he's, he's, Finn, you should do those as, as pictures instead of the superheroes on your account. That would be. Oh man, Weird. wouldn't it be crazy? Like, I would enjoy that. Do you think there's precious moments conventions where people cosplay as these fucking things? There's a convention for everything. Yeah. I, you know what? I would not doubt that there is a precious moments convention. I wouldn't either. There's a precious. There's no precious. There's a uh, convention for people that are fans of uh, serial killers. Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? There, there are people yes. who marry serial killers while they're still in jail. <laughs> well, listen to you one up at me over there. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> Rebecca's like, well, listen to this. You just got done telling me that precious moments people are serial killers, possibly. They, I, don't know. I just, they might be. Um, I would just like you to know that there is in Carthage. Uh, what state is this in? There is a precious moments family reunion event this year, people. Mm. I would just like you all to know that. <laughs> You can go to it, I suppose. Gosh, I would love to see the in memoriam video for that. All the precious <laughs> moments fans that have died over wow. the years. Oh my God. <laughs>
<laughs> it's like Thanos snapped and they're all gone. Oh man. Um, I got a, uh, Michael Cannon mashup this week that I do want to go over. Michael Cannon, if you don't know, is an artist that listens to the show and I give him a mashup of two things in pop culture and then he'll draw them and then we'll throw them on Twitter. And on Facebook with the hashtag Michael Cannon Mashup. And that's Cannon with two N's. He's also on Instagram, Art Till Dawn, A-R-T-I-L-D-A-W-N. Uh, this week's mashup is Thanos meets entertainment personality George Hamilton to become Thanos. <laughs> oh, my God, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. my god, that's awesome. Yeah. Thanos. Thanos. Yeah. That is very <laughs> funny. I like that one a lot. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about, and we'll see how this goes. I'm thinking about it. Michael Cannon sent me a bunch of his artwork that he's done, original artwork that he's done for the show. And uh, he sent it to me in a package. It's amazing. I'm thinking, Rebecca, at C2E2 next year in February, I will bring the collection and everybody that goes, barring if I have enough of them, will get their own print for uh, Michael Cannon mashup art. That That's is really cool. super cool and awesome of you to share it like that. That's a that'd be a great gift for everybody that uh, can make it to C two E two next year. There you go. I'll try to give it to you at the end of the night so it doesn't get all wrinkly during the convention. So, um, yeah, Thanos, make it happen, Michael. He did such a great job with Rocket Man. Such a great oh, job. That was amazing. Yeah. That was super. Yeah, that was great. That was great. I uh, wanted to let everybody know I was on another podcast recently. I was on Talks on Docs, and that's Docs as in documentaries, D-O-C-S, not Talks on, like, uh, not, we're not talking on doctors. We're not sitting on doctors or talking on doctors. We're not uh, sitting on a, a dock by the bay. Uh, this is a <laughs> terrible jokes coming out of my mouth right now. I want them although to a good, although a very good song sitting on the dock of the bay, <laughs> watching the tide roll away. Exactly You're absolutely right. Um, but uh, I was on Talks and Docs recently and uh, reviewed a movie that's not out yet. It's going to hopefully get distribution soon. Uh, it's going to be premiering at a uh, film festival in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, got to talk to Mark uh, Saxmeyer. And uh, it's a uh, documentary called The Queens. Uh, it's part documentary classic Paris is Burning, part current FX hit drama Pose, part reality show Phenom RuPaul's Drag Race, and part traditional beauty pageant like Miss America. The Queens explores the transgender subculture of competitive female impersonation. And uh, we uh, talked about uh, uh, this documentary, which he uh, was so gracious to let us watch. Um, and uh, really had a great time talking about it. So I would still listen to the interview, and then when the movie does come out, uh, I will remind everybody to check it out. It's pretty fascinating. Had a great time talking to Mark, and I want to support this movie because I thought it was something that, you know, we don't see a lot of movies about this and this uh, this whole um, uh, the the female impersonation it, I, I've always heard it referred to as 
like uh, uh, drag queen competitions and stuff like this. Uh, this was this was just a fascinating documentary. I don't know. Have you either one of you listened to this podcast yet? No. Not yet, no, but it's definitely on my list. I used to listen to Talks on Docs uh, before when, when Sturdy had, had started it up, and I'm glad it's back because I always enjoyed that show. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be listening to that episode. Yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, and uh, it was one of those things where he couldn't get one uh, his other co-host to join him, and he asked me, and I was like, yeah, let's do this. And I had a great time. So listen to the latest episode. I think it's episode 23 on Talks on Docs. So give it a listen. Um, got an email here from James Box. Uh, does that sound like a subscription service where you just get stuff that's all James themed? Yes, absolutely. Uh, James and the Giant Peach comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, could could it be also th- now? Hold on. It, in the James Box, does it also include things related to Jimmy? And Jim, no. or is it strictly James? Completely different box. Like, yeah, in that box, you're getting Slim Jims, you're getting Macho Man posters. It's completely okay. different. Important distinction. So, in the James box, I'm assuming there's a James and the Giant Peach thing. There's a James T. Kirk something. Um, J- uh, King James, as in LeBron James. I, 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 I could see this taking off. Yeah, don't confuse. The James box with the Jamie Foxx box. Two completely different things, people. For sure. Oh, thank you. Okay. I was just <laughs> Steve, is like, Steve is like, let me change my subscription because I subscribe <laughs> to the wrong. Uh, he, uh, James Box goes on. I am just full of shitty jokes tonight and I apologize. <laughs> Maybe I need to start drinking vodka today. I don't know. I'm telling you, I'm drinking beer. Uh, he goes on. I'm blaming Aaron. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's rubbing off on me. Uh, discovered your pot. Love it. Uh, watched Assassination Nation based on your suggestion before starting Euphoria. Also watched Plus One based on your recommendation. Love the movie. Also checked out footage of the Mouse Guard online. Really cool. Enjoyed the discussion about Noah Hawley's Doom movie versus Silver Surfer movie. I am a child of the 80s. Love Stranger Things season three. Keep up the great pod. Watch the vodka consumption. And that comes from James Box. So thank you, James. It seems like James listened to an episode and went hog wild with our recommendations, and I absolutely love that. Yeah, that's a great email talking about all the stuff that he watched because of your recommendation. That's that's great. It's a great email. Yeah, I love it. Thank you, James. Uh, you know what? We are going to jump into this week's Good Pop, Bad Pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. So uh, I got a few things that I want to talk about here real quick, and then I'm going to jump into some other things. Uh, I finally finished Chernobyl. Have you guys watched all of Chernobyl on HBO? I have not. I still haven't finished it yet, unfortunately. Fine. <clears throat> it's fine. I, I watched four episodes, and then I waited like two weeks or so before I finally watched that fifth and final episode. 
this was an absolute Tupperware. And that last episode is just incredible. You've got, uh, you know, uh, a guy basically explaining the best he can in, in layman's terms how a, you know, uh, nuclear power plant works. And it, it's just, it's, Absolutely incredible. I, uh, I, I Tupperware this. I was glad, I was happy to see Jesse Buckley in this, even though she didn't do a lot. I just am happy to see her out there and getting more exposure, which is fantastic. And, um, this is one of the best shows, miniseries of the year. This is just incredible from start to finish. I saw that, like, I think Russia was upset. They're going to be making their own Chernobyl to come back at this or something. I don't know. I think yeah, I saw something like that as well. Kind of silly. I finished uh, One Punch Man Season 2 and uh, really enjoyed it. My only complaint is I want more One Punch Man in my One Punch Man. So if you could give me more Saitama in Season 3, that would be fantastic. I, I guess the problem here is kind of like the problem that you know DC has with Superman. They've got such an overpowered character that uh, it's hard to write for. They tried to find ways around doing this by introducing other characters and kind of like leaving him on the sidelines sometimes. And I feel like it's interesting and it's a cool story, but sometimes it's at the detriment for the, uh, in the second season where I felt like one punch man was very heavily featured in the first season, but I still Tupperware the season and I did enjoy it. Still watching demons, demon slayer, uh, an anime that I love still giving that a Tupperware watched three new animes this week and I want to go over all three and give my ratings here real quick. Uh, watched Fire Force. It's a new anime on Crunchyroll. It's the year 198 of the solar era in Tokyo. Special fire brigades are fighting against a phenomenon called spontaneous human combustion, where human beings are turned into living infernos called infernals. Uh, while the infernals are first-generation cases of spontaneous human combustion, later generations possess the ability to manipulate flames while retaining human form. Shinra Kusakabi, a youth who gained the nickname Devil's Footprints for his ability to ignite his feet at will, joins the Special Fire Force Company 8, which is composed of other flame users, as they work to extinguish any infernals they encounter. As a faction that is creating Infernals appears, Shinra begins to find out the cause of a mysterious fire that killed his family 12 years earlier. Uh, so, been seeing a lot of buzz about this one. Wanted to check it out. This is a very cool show. It's an anime about firefighters in this world where people just, you know, uh, spontane- spontaneously uh, human combust and, and burst into flames. As we're in the real world when people, we find out cases about this, it's usually just somebody falling asleep with a cigarette or something like that. Um, this is, these people burst into flames and become these almost demon-like things called the Infernals. And um, it's really cool to see this special fire team. Uh, some of them have powers, some of them don't. And uh, you've got this third-generation pyrokinetic uh, Shinra, and he can ignite his feet. It's kind of cool to watch him use his power. Um, there's also, like, in the synopsis I read, there's this mystery of, like, who or what killed his family, and his surviving family members blame him for it, 
And uh, it's one of those things that hopefully this mystery of who killed his family will be uh, solved before the end of the season. Um, you also have like this really cool scene in the first episode where the family members of those who watch one of their loved ones turn into an infernal are begging the fire force to put them down. They, they don't want to see their family members living like this and going around killing people. And, uh, there's a scene of a, of a man watching his wife as an infernal and he thanks Shinra and the fire force for putting her down. And it was pretty, pretty crazy. And, and, uh, and a pretty cool scene. I, I really, really enjoyed this first episode. I'm going to give it a Tupperware. It's called Fire Force. If you have uh, the Verve app or uh, or a Crunchyroll subscription, you can watch it there. And uh, the second one that I want to talk about is called Dr. Stone, and it's on Crunchyroll. Uh, one fateful day, all of humanity was petrified by a blinding flash of light after several millennia, high schooler Taiju awakens and finds himself lost in a world of statues. However, he's not alone. His science-loving friend, Senku, has been up and running for a few months, and he's got a grand plan in mind to kickstart civilization with the power of science. I love this one. This is, this is so cool. Like, you've got these two guys, and Synopsis says they're friends. I, Senku's not a big fan of Taiju. You got Senku, who's like a big guy. He's a guy into science. And you've got Taiju, who's kind of like a brute. You know, he's tough and he's not an intellectual. Um, and, uh, before the event that turned everybody into stone, Taiju was going to confess his love to this girl that he's adored for years. They've been friends. He's in love with her. And he's finally worked up the courage to tell her how he feels. And that's when the event happens. So you come to find out that everybody has been stuck in stone for over 3,000 years. So it's like the year 5,700 when you come back. And, like, vines and nature has have grown and, like, over buildings. And, and it's it's a whole new world that, they, that they're entering now. 3,000 years? Yeah, it's 3,000 years into the future. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's wild. Mm-hmm. So think about that. Like, there's been no hunting of animals. There, you know, there's sea life has been able to. I mean, we haven't even, they haven't even touched that kind of stuff yet. But you can kind of see how the world's been affected with nature taking over again. And um, you look at some of the stones of the people that are still there, and some of these stones have been broken. So I'm guessing they're dead. I, I I don't see any other way around that. All the all the statues of people that that are broken. I'm I'm assuming that they're dead. Um, and how Senku comes back is I, I'm guessing like the the show explains that there's they were in a cave and there's some sort of guano like you know bat shit and moisture that's been dripping from the top of this cave onto Senku for years, and then it freed him. And so now Senku, the science guy, is looking for a way to bring everybody else back. And um, Taiju um, is finally freed, not by Senku, but he's finally freed. And he's going to help uh, Senku build and, and use his muscles to kind of bring everybody back. And um, 
I love how this show tackles science and then adds in the brute strength of Taiju. It's a fun dynamic to watch these two together. It's a very cool concept, people turning to stone, kickstarting humanity again, civilization again. I'm loving this one. It's called Dr. Stone. You can watch it on the Verve app. You can watch it on Crunchyroll. The animation's gorgeous. I highly, highly recommend this one, Dr. Stone. Um, sound like something that you guys might like or... They both sound very intriguing. They both sound really cool, actually. I, I I'll definitely check out the first episode at least. Mm-hmm. I would recommend it. If yeah, the, yeah, go ahead, Steve. No, the I wanted to go back for a second to the Fire Force one. Is there only one episode out right now? As far as I know, there's only I've only seen the one episode. So as far okay. as I know, there's only one episode. And it's only fire kinetic space or power kinetic. There's no like uh, water or any other elemental type of powers with these. No, it's in this n- world. It's it's been it's basically about controlling fire. These pyrokinetics are all. We've been introduced to non-powered humans, a couple of second gens which can control fire, but the right. third gen is uh, this guy who can like uh, he uses the fire to kind of like blast off with his feet. It's really cool. It's really cool. <laughs> So, so the second gen, third gen, these are kids of parents that have already been infused or whatever, and then and then they gave birth. No, I don't. So think, they already have their powers. I, that's the thing. I don't know, kind of like where these powers came from. I don't know. Okay. You know, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know if they were infernals, or if this is like humanity's like nature's way of fighting back against this it's 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 it really hasn't dove into that i was just they kind of just throw you into this world and you've got pyrokinetics that are that are fighting that sounds really cool it is fire force yeah fire force yeah it's on crunchyroll or verve i would get the verve at people it's 9.99 you get you get you get crunchyroll you get um uh shutter you get uh nick splat you get boomerang um, you get High Dive, Mondo, a bunch of different services, all for, not for free, but you get it for $9.99. If you were to buy all these alone, you're spending probably well over 50 bucks. So I think it's a fantastic deal. It's VRV, um, and there's some VRV exclusive stuff, and I think it's fantastic. The last one I want to talk about real quick is called Vinland Saga, and it's on Amazon Prime. This one has three episodes out. I've watched the first two. Uh, it's basically anime meets vikings like the tv show vikings well like take vikings like make it a prequel and you've got vinland saga um as a child thorfinn sat at the feet of the great leaf erickson and thrilled to wild tales of a land far to the west but his youthful fantasies were shattered by a mercenary raid raised by the vikings who murdered his family thorfinn became a terrifying warrior forever seeking to kill the band's leader Ascalad and avenge his father. Sustaining Thorfinn through his ordeal are his pride in his family and his dreams of a fertile westward land, westward land, a land without war or slavery, the land leaf called Vinland. Um, I, the animation in this one is beautiful. Um, I'm really enjoying watching, uh, the, you know, these, these Vikings fight the English who are trying to take them over and eliminate them. I've, I'm really enjoying this one. I'm gonna give so far, I'm going to give it a high taste. It. I, I think this does have the potential to be a Tupperware. I've just, I think I got to get a, through a few more episodes. But I'm really loving the animation. I think it's gorgeous, and I think like 
the fact that it deals with Vikings is really cool. So I'll give it a high taste. It's called Vinland Saga. It's on Amazon Prime. If you got Amazon Prime, definitely check it out. So those are the three animes that I wanted to talk about this week. And I am going to pass it off to one of you. I'm going to pass it off to Rebecca. What do you got? Okay, so I watched on Netflix a new movie that's just out called Point Blank with um, Anthony Mackie and Frank Grillo. Has anybody else uh, watched this movie yet? No, I have not. Yeah. I knew you've seen it. The I I saw that it was out. It's uh, Falcon and Crossbones apparently in this movie, but uh, yeah, what, it came out yesterday. Yeah, it came out yesterday. I uh, I was waiting on to hear what people are thinking about this one before I jumped in and watched another Netflix movie that maybe I wouldn't be thrilled about. So what'd you think, Rebecca? Yeah, so um, it, it is. This is absolutely uh, Falcon and Crossbones in a movie together. Um, there's actually also a couple of other... Uh, well, the only other person that I really recognized was uh, Marsha Gay Harden in this movie, who has been in a lot of stuff, like... Um, uh, you, you've seen her in a, in, in a, in a million movies. She's been in, uh, let's see here. She's been in The Mist. She's been in, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, if you watch that. She's been in, in everything. Um, so the, the basic premise of this movie is that, um, Anthony Mackie plays an emergency room nurse. He's married. His wife is very pregnant. Like she's due in the next three weeks or something. Um, Frank Grillo, plays a criminal named Abe who along with his brother they are wanted by the police because they have been accused of killing the DA of New York um, and the idea is that they he broke into the DA's house to steal some flash drive that's got information on it on all these dirty cops and whatever oh, God. and now he yeah, and now he's being <laughs> pursued by the cops and the bad guys, and um, so uh, he gets shot up, gets brought to the ER, and of course, Anthony Mackie, who plays Paul, is his nurse, and then uh, the brother finds out who the that Anthony Mackie's wife is pregnant. He kidnaps the wife. And then tells, he calls Anthony Mackie, tells him, if you don't break my brother out of the hospital and bring him to me and me to, I'm gonna hurt your wife and the baby. Uh, okay. And then, you know, the movie ensues, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So th- this is a movie that was made, apparently it was not made in the 90s, but it was originally like written in the 90s. And, um, it shows this is a, this is a, this is a cheesy nineties movie that they've released in 2019. Um, the soundtrack is atrocious. It's really bad. And I mean, they're trying to play this off as like, if, if they had made this movie in the nineties when like Jean-Claude Van Damme was in his heyday, this would have been like the summer blockbuster movie to see. It, it really would have been. But this is 2019, and this movie just, I didn't like it very much. I thought the acting was not great. It was completely predictable. Um, the, there's, like, this big bad guy who, like, 
Frank Grillo's character owes money to. And when you finally meet him, he's like this, he's like this, uh, he's like this short guy who's like obsessed with movies and like that's like his thing. So his, most of his dialogue is movie references and, I mean, it, the, the movie goes exactly how you think it's going to go. It ends the way you think it's going to end. And it's just, I, I, I guess if you got nothing else to do, you could put this movie on in the background, but I, I don't really recommend it. I, I hate to say it, but I, I toss it. I didn't really like it. I, I watched it just to finish it, but. There's nothing that really stood out to me in this movie. And then they, they say the F word like 8 million times just to say it. Like there's no re- – it's like, oh, fuck, fuck this, this fucking fuck, fuckity fuck thing. And it's like, oh, okay, we get it. You could say the F word on Netflix. But it does nothing for the scripts. And, yeah, it's just – it's not good. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was terrible. <laughs> oh, so you're tossing it. Steve, what would you think? I know, yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I give this a high taste. <laughs> oh my god, I knew it. Uh, it's funny you say that, Rebecca, because I even say that in my review, where this feels like it was written in the '90s and then it was shelved for 30 years. Uh, and the, the way it was filmed and the way it's played out and everything, they know that the movie knows that. And I don't know. I uh, I I, did, I wasn't the biggest fan of how it ended, per se, with the but. I don't know. I just had a fun time watching it. It's yeah. It feels like a '90s action movie. Feels like it make a lot of money in the box office in the '90s, and I think it's the perfect uh, Netflix movie to watch uh, if you're just on your couch on a Saturday afternoon. This is a lot better than a lot of the other stuff Netflix has been releasing recently. And uh, yeah, and yeah, Brian, my rating goes up a little bit because I watched it at home. But yeah, I give it a high taste. That's a, that's a joke from a different podcast, Steve. It doesn't work here. All right. <laughs> It's, well, the, the crossover people will enjoy it. Thank you, Brian. Now, I'm just saying. It's just. I mean, I'm going for. You know, I'm going for. I'm going for the majority of people. And uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're killing me, Steve. Now, jeez. Yeah, it's like it's. I feel like it's. It's one of those comic books where there's an asterisk saying "See issue 275 of Amazing Spider-Man" to understand what the fuck just happened in this scene. It's yeah, a, it, except this would be see seen it movie reviews for the Men in Black episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then, then you'll then, after you've done that, you'll come back and you'll laugh your ass off at what Steve said. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's funny. Okay. You know, it's interesting, Steve. Like, uh, it's really interesting that what what you're saying, because I feel like if this movie did not take itself so seriously, I think I would have enjoyed it a whole lot more. Like, if this movie knew that it was shit and, and played to that, I think I would have enjoyed it. But instead, this movie takes itself very seriously. And it's like, they present, like, Frank Grillo as, like, this hardened criminal with a heart of gold. And it's like, and then they've got Anthony Mackie as, like, the uptight ER nurse who then, like, learns to be a tough guy. And it's like, ugh, I liked this movie when I saw it 30 years ago. Like, it's nothing new here, and it's not even done well, in my opinion. Um, and this, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm glad you enjoyed it, but I just, I mean, I finished it just to finish it. Like, I, I my heart wasn't in it about halfway through. I was like, 
this is painful. Like, I, I had a hard time well, getting through it. I mean, for, for me, I think what helps is it's under 90 minutes. And, I mean, it's funny you said it because I feel like they did know what they were making. And uh, Frank Grillo, he plays the same character that he plays in the Purge movies that he does. And I like seeing Anthony Mackie kind of out of his element. You know, this isn't the type of character we usually see him play. So, I don't know. I, I really did enjoy it. And the other actor you might know is, um, what's his name, McGiver? Boris McGiver. He's one of the journalists from the House of Cards series. Uh, I've, I've never watched House of Cards, so ah, that, that's okay. probably why I, I didn't recognize him. Yeah. I mean, it's so weird. Like, So, yeah, you've got two opposite ends of the spectrum reviews here. So I guess watch it and decide for yourself what side no, you fall on. You've, you've literally, yeah, Brian, you've, you'll probably hate it. Yeah, you've literally got one review here. Steve is like on an island. <laughs> Steve is on an island of himself right now. It is like I'm over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steve, your reviews are just nutty, my friend. You're just a oh, nutty man. guy. Oh, my God. Um, Rebecca, what else you got for Good Pop, Bad Pop? Uh, just real quick, I watched the second episode of Holy Moly. Um, God, I fucking love this show. It's still a Tupperware. It's still amazing. Um, and then I did watch a couple of things that I think that we both may have watched. I watched The Rook. Let's talk about The Rook. Yeah, let's talk about The Rook. All right, let's see here. Let me get down to my Rook notes. Where are my Rook notes? All right, here we go. Uh, the London Set Series centers on uh, – this is on Stars. so if you have a Star subscription. Uh, the London Set Series centers on a young woman pursued by shadowy, shadowy paranormal adversaries while grappling with extraordinary abilities of her own. After waking in a park with total amnesia surrounded by dead bodies, she must fight to uncover her past and resume her position at the head of Britain's most secret supernatural service uh, before the traitors who stole her memory can finish what they started. So basically she discovers that she is an agent, Supernatural abilities in a British Secret Service called the Checky. Uh, it stars uh, Emma Greenwell, uh, Jolie Richardson, uh, John Fletcher, uh, Ronan Raftery, uh, Catherine Stedman, Adrian Lester, and Olivia Munn. And um, Steve, did you get a chance to see the Rook? Steve, Rebecca, I, you- I, I, I was not letting me hit the mute button. Uh, no, no, I've not seen the Rook. All right, that was a. Uh, Long time yeah. just to tell all, all me. I, all I've got is, uh, was the rook on fire? Get it? Yeah, I'll just see myself out. Oh my god, Steve, you're single, single-handedly killing this episode, sir. <laughs> <laughs> just doing my best. It's like, it's like, it's like having you on an episode is like watching a, it's like watching a public execution. <laughs> well, I thought people enjoyed those back then. Back then. Oh, right. We've come a long way. Uh, you haven't, though. <laughs> anyway, um, the first two episodes are uh, directed by uh, Carrie Scoglin. Uh, she's directed some episodes of uh, Nosferatu on AMC, episodes of The Punisher on Netflix, some Handmaid's Tale episodes, and uh, she's directing the upcoming Disney Plus series Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, I've seen the first two episodes. Rebecca, did you watch one or two? 
I watched the first one only. Okay. I, I think this one's off to a good start. Not a great start, a good start. I, I believe this is an eight episode miniseries. And, yes. uh, in the episode, she wakes up. It's, it's, I think the, the first episode, in my opinion, um, is way better than the second one. I actually think the, the show t- took a dip for me in the second episode. I, I really did enjoy the first episode quite a bit. Um, she wakes up. It's raining. She's on the ground. She finds these dead bodies. She's got no memory. And basically, doesn't she just pull a note out of her pocket that's telling her where to go and what to do? Yeah, so she she does. She she pulls it out of her pocket and says, if you're reading this, it means I failed uh, – and the note gives her instructions on like to go to a place and then get a key and I think get a key and then she she gets like two keys and it's like if you want to know about your real life use the blue key and if you just want to start a new life use the red key or it's, it's vice versa or whatever but and uh, yeah I, I so like the the note was fine and then but i felt like this uh, the first episode was very heavy on like um her old her past self and i guess you know it had to be because she has no memory but it's like her past self was like exposition nancy who was just like oh let me tell you about the people in your life Uh, oh thanks exposition nancy and then what else oh and these are your clothes and this is where you go to the gym and this is you know the guy that you're fucking and this is this and this is it it was a little heavy on the exposition for me like she would just like let's go to the tape for exposition and it it was okay i found it a little clunky sometimes Mm. i don't know how you felt about it i had to watch this one twice I had to watch yeah. it twice. Um, I I thought the first episode, like I think the 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 series takes a dip in the second episode. So if you get if, if okay. you if you're wanting it to get better, it really doesn't in the second episode. Um, uh-huh. It's not like I'm going to drop off the series. I think this is one I'm going to finish just because it's an eight episode miniseries. It's really going to have to dip down for me uh, in the third episode for me to pull out of this one. Um, I thought it was good enough i will give that first episode a high taste it um mm-hmm. sounds like it's lower for you which is understandable i'll give the second episode just a i'll give the second episode actually a low taste it um so overall it's a taste it for me right now it's i kind of like the fact that it's 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 a blend here of it's kind of like you know you've got people with some people with with within the checky that have powers and it's kind of like the X-Men meets Memento meets the spy genre. It's mm-hmm. yeah. And, and that, that that's exactly what it is. And I you know, it's one of those things like she can't trust anyone. She even tells herself at the end of the episode like you can't trust anyone. And I'm thinking to myself, can she even trust herself? I mean, can she I mean, is that going to be a big reveal like, you know, at the end of this thing that She's setting herself up. I, I don't know. I, that sounds silly as I say it, but you never know. Um, I, uh, I, 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 is this something that you're going to stick on, Rebecca? What do you rate it? So I'm going to give the first episode a solid taste. It. I, I, I don't think it's like shit or anything, but I wasn't blown away by it. Um, I, I liked it, but I didn't love it. 
Um, but if you're saying that episode two kind of dips down, I'm, I mean, I'll watch it, yeah. but I don't really have high expectations for it. Um, I mean, I think that it's, it's good. I, for me, this is just for me personally with, with, an ep- with a show that where it's like, there has to be so much exposition because the main character doesn't remember who she is. I feel like if that goes on for too long, I find that tiresome because if it's not done right, I don't find it intriguing. I find it wearisome. And so I, I hope that it doesn't turn into that for me. I'd like, I, I want to be intrigued. I, I want to be with her the whole time, um, discovering who she is and her powers and all this. Like, I want to be engaged and enjoying it. As of right now, I'm semi-engaged, but I don't, um, I, I will watch the second episode, but if the second episode doesn't really do it for me, I might not watch more than that, to be honest. But I will at least watch the second episode and see how it is. What I, One of the most interesting characters in this is you've got the uh, – these uh, – you've got Teddy and uh, Teddy and Alex, and they – and they, there's – these are two of the four bodies that are sh- that share one mind. Right. So you've got, and uh, it's all the and all these uh, all these characters with the powers and stuff like within the Checky. They're like she's the she's a rook, but there's they're all named after chess pieces. So you've got the you know the queen and and uh, who is uh, Adrian Lester, who plays Conrad Grantchester, um, right. and then uh, you've got uh, Jolie Richardson. Um, as uh, Linda Farrier, uh, the king. So I'm like, I get it. So like, it, it, it's 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 a, they're also going to be playing a chess game here, and I find that intriguing. I don't sure. know if I'm comparing this. The closest thing that I can try to compare this to is maybe Legion on FX with Noah Hawley as the showrunner, mm-hmm. where a guy's trying to recover his memories and 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 things like that because he's been. You know, kind of possessed by something for so long, and he's got these powers, and he's been drugged for so many years. This, I guess, that's the closest thing. And Legion is so much better than this. Oh yeah, it's a hundred <laughs> times better. Than yeah, this. I, I, I think the the I think what I'm finding frustrating about this show, and I don't want I shouldn't say frustrating. I've only watched one episode. It's not like it's you know three seasons in or something. But like, so in in this first episode, we've got like kind of an X-Files vibe. We've got an X-Men vibe, but then we've also got like a police procedural show. We've got, and then we've got a spy show and then we've got amnesia. And we, I mean, there's a lot happening in this show and I kind of wish it would pick one thing and lean into that and, I feel like because it's all of those things, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have a hard time. I have a hard time being like, "Ooh, what's going to happen next?" Because you know we're, we're we're flipping between, "Ooh, what kind of powers do these people have?" To all right, let's fill out these forms. We can get this crime scene locked away. Like it, it's it's. I enjoy both of those things, but when they're both in the same show, along with a bunch of other stuff. I feel like it's a little bit muddled. 
Are you worried now about Carrie Scoglin being a part of uh, Falcon? Yes, and Winter Soldier? I, am, I am worried now because I'm like, oh god, like what is she going to do with the show? And I, I'm super excited for that series. I, I love both of those characters. Yeah. I love both those actors. Um, you know, especially after like Civil War, seeing how they interact with each other. I, I think a, a lot of people were like, how can we get more, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier? And now that the same person is going to be directing the series, I just feel a little worried now about it because is it going to be like all over the place like this show is? I hope not. Well, but- the rap recently reported that they've learned it's not been confirmed, but they've learned that Derek Kolstad, the creator of John Wick, has joined the writing team for mm-hmm. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Does that help a little bit? Yeah, now that that news excites me because uh, I think if if we've got the writer for John Wick involved, that tells me that they're looking to put some um, some more maybe some of that hyper violence into it, or at least some more uh, fight scenes, which I think would be cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not ready to like you know throw the Falcon Winter Soldier series out the window, and I'm, I'm sure you're not either. Um, but I'm just a little now. I'm just a little kind of mm, I don't know yeah. about this this director. Um, I don't know. Maybe as the show goes on, it may get a little bit more focused. But at least just for right now, this first episode, I just I feel like it's a little bit muddled. And uh, I'll I'll watch the I'll watch episode two. Um, I think this show would have done better if it dropped all at once, though. To be honest, the way it's set up, um, the week to week stuff, I think might. It might end up hurting it for someone like me who's like so so about it. I'll I'll probably forget about it if it doesn't pull me in. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much stuff coming out now that like you oh, never know like know. what's going to fall off the rotation. You know, unbeknownst. I, I to mean, you. I still haven't finished Chernobyl, and already like, isn't the next season of Yellowstone out? Like, I yeah, haven't even started yeah. that. Yeah, and I love that first season, mm-hmm. and I'm just like. There's so much out there, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, if you don't have a uh, star subscription, this is not the show uh, to get you to start a star subscription. People. No, yeah. no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, it's like you you cancel Ash versus Evil Dead, but you you do this. Like, what, yeah. what what's going on over at Stars? Who knows? I mean, that's a. I don't know. If, if I understood why people did, why sh- TV sh- channels did stuff th- that they do, I, I would probably be a rich woman. I, I don't really understand how they do these Speaking things. Speaking of Ash versus Evil Dead, you see the news this week that Sam Raimi's wanting to entice Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell said, I'm done with Ash. I'm done with Ash. This is something that he said a while ago. I'm done with Ash. I'm done with Evil Dead. Sam Raimi wants to bring him back. And if Bruce says no... Then he wants to, then he wants to, uh, continue the Evil Dead reboot story. It's, it's just, it's almost like he just wants really? to. Really? Yeah, it's weird. And, and he was even talking about maybe doing a crossover between the original Evil Dead and then the, the reboot that came out that was grittier back in like 2013 or whenever it came out. It's, it's a, I would love, for them to be able to properly finish 
Ash's story in a movie, you know. But I don't, I don't know. Is Bruce? Is Sam Raimi going to be able to convince? I know they're great friends, but is he going to be able to convince him to come back? And then, like, how long will it be before you know that movie gets made? I, I, I don't know. It's, yeah. Wow. Would you? So if he, if he, if Sam Raimi goes forward with Ash versus Evil Dead without. Um, Bruce Campbell, like he he recasts the character. Then no, he, he. I think at that point he's going with the sequel to 2013's Evil Dead reboot, where it was a female lead. Ah, so, okay, gotcha. Yeah, which was a grittier thing, and it wasn't him that directed that one. He was a producer on it, so I, it just feels like he wants to do more stuff with Evil Dead, and we'll see. We'll see where this goes. Let's talk about another. Sam Raimi produced project here. Did either of you get to see Crawl this weekend? No, yes. I wanted to, but I didn't make it. Steve saw Crawl, a young woman while attempting to save her father during a Category 5 hurricane finds herself trapped in a flooding house and must fight for her life against alligators. Uh, it's directed by Alexandre. Is it Aja or Aha? This director, uh, I have no, I have no idea. I don't either. Yeah, he's best known for, uh, and I apologize, uh, there, Alexandre. Uh, best known for Piranha 3D, uh, The Hills Have Eyes, and Maniac. Um, those are those are decent movies. Um, I think Piranha, I think Piranha 3D is my favorite out of all those, though. Uh, it's produced by Sam Raimi. It stars, uh, Caius Gutelario, uh, Barry Pepper. Good old Barry Pepper. Speaking of pepper, what's your favorite seasoning, Rebecca? My favorite seasoning? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh. Are you going? What is that question? I. Oregano? Are you going thyme? Are you going paprika? I am going. Ginger? Uh, no, not ginger. I am going, my favorite seasoning is probably going to be oregano. Because it's pretty versatile and it shows up in a lot of different cuisines. Mm. Oregano, final answer. All right, lock it in. Steve. Lock it in. Steve, <laughs> favorite seasoning. Oh, man. Don't try to pull oh, off man. a joke Oof, here, buddy. Man. Just play it straight, okay? All right, because oh, okay. you've you have not no no more no more no more fake jokes right now. Your, okay, your track record, Chief, is not you know you're O for whatever. I don't know. I'm trying to make it worse, Brian. No, uh, I don't know. I, I like uh, what's it called? Uh, the oregano is good and everything. I like salt and pepper. I'm not the biggest seasoning guy. I like the the uh, powdered onion as well, but uh, I don't. I mean, you're not the yeah, biggest the seasoning guy. You're not yeah. the biggest. What, what, how are you eating your chicken? What are you doing over there? You just you go to uh, you, you buy the chicken breast. You just throw it on the grill and just just slam that shit down. What do you? What no, do you I do? usually try to look for marinated stuff when we're talking about that type of things. And if it's steak, I'll use like steak seasoning. But uh, I, don't, I like you know rare. They meat put and they put else, not, they, not chicken. They put seasonings in those fucking marinades in the steak sauce. Yeah, but I don't make my own marinara sauce. Or not marinade, marinade sauce. Mar- mar- marinade <laughs> comes from tomatoes. That's right. <laughs> All right. I shouldn't have asked you. You know. Nope. <laughs> I'm, I'm going salt. I'm going. Mm. I was like, he's going to kill me if I say salt. I'm going to go. I, I'm just. I, I'm going salt. I, I'm not even joking. Like, 
You can put salt on anything. It'll give it some flavor. Well, salt's allowed. I like Himalayan salt. All right, Steve. I asked you. Uh, right. Yeah, you're I'm di- out. you're difficult, man. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <clears throat> Basically, this movie stars Kaya, Scotillario, and Barry Pepper. Um, everybody else is really. I get you get Ross Anderson, Anson Booner in it, but I mean it's basically those two and then them battling against these uh these alligators. Um in uh are they are they in Gainesville? Steve, you're the floor. Yeah, guy. yeah, they're like uh I think they start in Gainesville because she goes to uh a UF, but yeah, she uh I think they're like a little bit south of there. Yeah, a little bit south of Gainesville. We got this her uh, category five hurricane going on. Uh she uh tries to Tries to uh, get in contact with her father to make sure everybody, you're, you know, something like this is going on. You want to make sure everybody in the family is safe. So her sister Beth, can I say fuck Beth, Steve? Fuck Beth, right? Yeah, she, uh, she yeah. <laughs> fuck Beth. Um, yeah, but her sister is trying to get a hold of the father. And so uh, you've got Haley trying to get a hold of the father who's played by Barry Pepper. Can't get a hold of him. So she wants to go to the house, make sure he's okay. And uh, during this Category 5 hurricane, finds out, you know, that he's under the house, passed out. He's already had an encounter with the alligator, and uh, now they're both trapped under the house. And uh, the, uh, the crawl space is now flooding with water, and uh, they're going to run out of uh, crawl space and places to breathe. It's a battle between her and... What I loved about this one, Steve, is like our, your first introduction to the alligator. It just happens. It, there's yeah. no, there's no like setting it up. There's no like ominous feeling like, oh, uh, when's the alligator going to pop out? It just happens. And the movie just starts moving. Um, I, I, the critics are really liking this one. Last time I think I looked at it, it was like an 89%, but that was yesterday. Um, I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. I'm going to give it a high taste it. Uh, you know, it, it definitely has that Sam Raimi feel where, you know, you know that the alligators are in the water and you can kind of see their point of view when they're getting ready to attack you. It is brutal. It does not shy away from the violence and the gore. Barry Pepper gets fucked up in this movie. Um I'm surprised he didn't go into shock a couple times. Like, he gets fucked up in this movie. Um, there is a dog in this movie. If you want to know, if you don't want to see this movie without knowing if the dog lives or not, you can shoot me a message on social media if you know where to find me, and I'll let you know. Um, but uh, I'm not going to spoil that on here. But I did enjoy this movie. I thought it was, I thought it was good. I don't think it was like, it's, for me, Steve, it didn't feel like a, uh, a sci-fi original. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying like Lake Placid and, and, uh, you know, like movies, uh, like, uh, Sharknado are a bad thing. Yeah. I get a kick out of them. They're a lot of fun and they, they do have their audience and their fans. Um, but, um, I did enjoy this. I guess I would say the one thing that's the biggest detractor from this one is you never – and I think they did this intentionally. You know, like with uh, certain uh, – you know, Jaws. You watch Jaws and yeah. and you know who the villain is. And, and you feel like that – you feel like, uh, you know, it's man versus this one shark. And uh, it's almost like the shark – 
has his own personality. There's a there's scenes in that movie where the shark actually learns from uh, from us. You know, we're hunting, we're hunt, we're trying to hunt him, and he and he's hunting humans, but he he learns from us, and he gets smarter. And I never felt like the alligators in this, and it's probably intentional, uh, were their own kind of character. It was just kind of like random alligators attacking people and um which was fine but um i don't know it didn't and i guess i'm i guess i am asking for something a little bit more spielbergian when it comes to the the alligators and and uh how you view them but they are scary um and uh the movie is gory doesn't shy away from the gore i'll give it a high tasted what did you think steve yeah, for me, I feel like this movie needs a lot of seasoning because I'm going to toss it. I, I did not care for this movie at all. Uh, I just, there, this kind of reminded me of like Hurricane Heist or like a Sharknado as well. Uh, but I'm not the biggest fans of those types of movies. Uh, I'm not the biggest fans of, the biggest fan of horror movies in general. I just started watching them again. So I, I like, I don't know. For me, the story wasn't that great. I live in South Florida. I've dealt with a, a few hurricanes. So, that kind of didn't help to cause either. It kind of felt like they filmed this all in Georgia, not in Florida. Uh, Are you serious? Like, now you're getting, you're, you're getting, your rating is, hold on. Your rating is geographical. No, 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 no. It's just the, either way, the production value is not that great. The crocodiles don't look real at all. Uh, and there's one scary scene and Brian, you brought it up already. Everything else was just like, I was just waiting for it. Uh, it's about an hour and a half long. I thought it just took too long to end. Uh, I like there were there were certain things in this movie where you can tell how it's going to end, and then there are certain things like what you're saying with the crocodiles, where I think something's going to come back because of this incident in the beginning of the movie, and it doesn't. And it's just it's very it, it's very thin when it comes to the plot in general, and it's just they're they're trying to make a story out of it, and just I just didn't really I didn't really care for it at all. I I don't it's it, there was a thing that you said where it felt like it was filmed in Georgia and that was uh I can't see that, many that's people That's what sticks out to you? No, yeah, yeah that that I'm just going to throw that that's the first thing that I'm going to nitpick Steve. Well, here's the thing though for I don't think casual audiences Florida, are walking out of the theater of and going I think yeah that felt very I need to feel Georgia. I need to feel believability. I need to feel like I'm in the movie. I didn't feel like that in the movie. I felt like I was just watching a set of people acting with dolls jumping up at them because they're too cheap to get actual, like, practical effects besides, like, wood chips flying everywhere. And that probably was 3D, too. I, I think that, like, you've ha- you, that there's tons of stories that could have happened within this this movie as far as, like, different people being involved in this and, and alligators and things like that. They chose to go with a story where a girl is a uh, a swimmer and she's a, an excellent swimmer she's got a strained relationship with her father her father uh kind of uh pushed her too hard and pushed her away and also had a uh, you know uh divorced their mother and 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 there's and there's uh, there's some bad blood between the girl and her father and they're too much alike that that's another thing and here they are they're being forced into this life or death situation together. Even when she comes to his aid at the beginning of the movie, he says Beth, which is her sister. Um, that like really stuck out to me. That uh, 
he heard her voice and said, Beth, the sister. And so, I mean, I don't feel like that the story was that thin. They did give some background on these characters. There were some things that, uh, that did come up in this movie that were very family oriented. And, uh, at the end of the day, though, it's all about alligators trying to kill people. And I think that they did that very well. And there were some tense moments. It wasn't perfect. I'm giving it a high taste it. But I some of the gripes that you had, I just didn't feel in well, this Well, I movie can get a little more into it if you want. I don't want to spoil too much. No, I don't want you to spoil it either. But Okay. I mean, it's for me, people, I, this, one's, this one's a high taste it. Steve, you tossed this movie? Yeah, there's just like on top of that, there's just some decisions where you think they're going to make this one decision be based on what they've been doing. But then they make other decisions in order to fit the plot of what we need to do next sort of thing. And it's just little things here and there where I'm just rolling my eyes throughout the movie, just waiting for the next what's supposedly supposed to be a jump scare. Like I would recommend this movie if you have like an AMC D box around you where you can like get like a, a roller coaster effect because those are really good to see in theaters. But Oh, Other than God. that, I would I would not even check this out. But again, I'm not. I haven't seen any of these other movies that you brought up that the director's done. I haven't seen the the Hills Have Eyes or the, well, the I'll Toronto just, 3D or anything. I'll like go that. out on so, a limb and say you'll hate them. How about that? I'm, I'm guessing I will. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I fucking need a psychic to tell me that you're gonna. Oh yeah, Steve's gonna love those. He's gonna Steve's gonna be a huge fan of Piranha 3D. No, I yeah, it's you're not gonna like those either, Steve. Yeah, if they draw a piranha car during my uh, fortune, I'm I'm going to be like, nope, nope, it's a sham. Uh, oh my god, I'm telling you, this is this is what happens when I get Steve on these episodes. It's just like we are polar opposites. I like if we yeah. were roommates, I, I guarantee like w- one of us is going to end up on unsolved mysteries talking about the other one's death. I'm telling you, See, you know what I mean? think we didn't have a great friendship bond. We understand each other. We actually are living with each other. We actually did it. That motherfucker ate my pizza rolls again. I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> you offered to me. You offered to me last night. You drunk son of a bitch. I don't remember. I must have black. I must have blacked out and told you it was a can't eat my Totino's pizza rolls. That's crazy. I would never say that, Steve. You kept screaming JJ and then take the fucking rolls. Oh man. Uh, um, you know, it's it's so funny because Steve, you the the two the two things that you referenced about why you didn't like this movie, Hurricane Heist and Sharknado. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan of terrible movies, and and uh, Hurricane Heist was a terrible movie, and boy, did I have fun watching it in the theater. I know, I know, I was on that episode with you, and you were like, this movie is terrible, and I was like, I think you mean it was amazing, but, um, <laughs> and of course Sharknado, I'm a huge fan of, of the whole Sharknado franchise, um, oh, yeah. I, I am, I will 100% watch this movie in the theater, I was gonna go this morning, uh, and I, unfortunately I didn't feel well, so I ended up staying home, um, but I, I will be watching this movie end soon, because it looks, it looks like something I would love, so I'm excited to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I highly recommend this one. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely nope. I, I, my. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I'll be honest with you. My crowd fucking loved it. My crowd was really into this one. I had uh, the theater was like halfway full. People were reacting when they should be reacting, and uh, you had people talking and and saying like stuff like you know get out of there, get out. Of there. I mean. 
I thought it was fine. I, as far as like the, the characters, I thought they did a good job. I always love seeing Barry Pepper get roles. Glad to see him. And Rebecca, I'm with you. I, I'm a big fan of Sharknado and Hurricane Heist was just silly as fuck, but it had Ryan Quantin from True Blood and it had a ridiculous, I mean, it's trying to rob shit during a hurricane. It's an amazing film. I loved it. <laughs> uh, yeah. And Hurricane Heist started out with the two boys seeing the hurricane cloud with a skull in it. Yes. And then it showed up again at the end because that's the kind of movie it was. That's how you bookend it. That's how you do it, man. I, I, I know you hated that movie, Steve, and, and God knows I'm not here to tell anybody, like, you should you know go and see it in IMAX or anything. But, like, I had a lot of fun seeing Hurricane Heist, like, and, but I love movies like that. Like, I love movies that are just so ridiculous. And Crawl just looks like a movie that – I'm not saying it's going to be, like, ridiculous, but it just has that that vibe – um, that I think I'll I'll enjoy. <laughs> it's it's a fun survival story as far as and it and it's gory and uh, I mean it all a lot of it takes place within just this crawl space. I think my biggest problem with that is I wanted to feel more have more sense of like the crawl space itself. Like I wanted to know like I wish I knew the layout of it because like. I wanted to know kind of like where she was in the house at certain times. You know what I mean? If that makes any sense. I wanted mm-hmm. it to feel more personal in that way. Like, oh, she's in this part of the crawl space. And and I'd never got yeah. that. But other than that, I, I thought the movie was – I don't think it's as good as critics are rating it, to be quite honest with you. And that doesn't mean that critics are absolutely loving it when they give it a fresh rating. They're just saying it's a good movie. When they give it a fresh rating, they're not saying it's the best thing ever. They're just not saying it's a total waste. So, let's right, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead, Steve. I let you talk. No, I don't I'm cut fine. you off. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Steve. What you have, man? No, it's nuts. It's the the moment's passed. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's take a quick break and we'll come back got more things to talk about in good pop bad pop uh and we'll be right probably something i'll love and steve will hate or vice versa so yeah Yeah, just i'm sure uh, yeah like uh vegas odds are it's like it's like a coin flip you know heads or tails you know it's that's the way it is with me and steve i'm telling you that's just how it is steve what i'm trying to say is i understand that you don't like seasoning and uh, that explains your shitty taste. <laughs> I, honestly, Brian, I thought you were just going to be like, Steve, this is why I hate you. No, <laughs> I don't hate you, Steve. Oh, I know. I, I, I do know. not hate around, you. I would never go that far. I dislike <laughs> you. No. <laughs> Guys, we'll be right back with more Good Pop, Bad Pop.
we're back. You know what? I forgot to mention, Rebecca. What's that? Doing all right over there? I am. Sorry. I was pouring a drink. Oh, by all means. But what are you drinking? I have him drinking rum and coke tonight, my friend. Oh, there you go. You know, have you seen a big? Uh, uh, have you seen all the advertisements for rum and coke? All the advertisements? Yeah, they've been advertising like Coca Cola and then saying add rum to it. I, I don't know. No, I, I haven't. I've been not si- at all. I, I watch all streaming now, so it, I don't know where I've been watching it. But uh, yeah, have you seen the ad on Pluto TV for the woman talking about her colostomy bag? Yes, they run it <laughs> fucking nonstop. She's like, I'm going to give uh, what is it, Liberty? This company, Liberty, coming out with their, this colostomy bag. She's like, I'm going to give them a woohoo. She's really excited about her colostomy bag. Is this the demographic that's watching Pluto TV? <laughs> I- I don't have a colostomy bag, but I watch Pluto TV. This is so weird. It is. It's weird, the the advertisers they got out there for for old Pluto TV. (laughs) But that, you know, they do that on Pluto TV. They'll they'll have one commercial and they'll run it fucking nonstop. And it's like, why? Yeah. It's terrible. I'm, I'm... they, I watch Pluto TV mostly for Mystery Science Theater stuff. So I, I'm in a couple of like Mystery Science Theater groups on Facebook, and they all complain about the Pluto TV commercial. <laughs> all you, of them. You know what channel I've been watching on Pluto? I usually watch. Uh, I, I do watch MST3K, but I do watch uh, Buzzer Network, the the game show one. Oh, okay. I haven't watched that one yet. Every once in a while, I watch a little bit of uh, Card Sharks. Is that, was that uh, was that Bob Euchre? Oh, yeah, I think it was Bob Euchre. That's an old, wow, that's a deep cut card shark. <laughs> they, like, and the cards were like really big, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were fucking huge. I remember that show. I totally remember that show. St- Steve would give it a toss it because the cards are too big. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I thought that. Brian, the cards are too big, and I felt like they weren't recording. And uh, I felt like they weren't recording in downtown Burbank. I thought it was more of Modesto. <laughs> Fuck you! They don't look that big. <laughs> but uh, what was it? Uh, um, <laughs> um, I watch a lot of uh, that Buzzer Network, and then I watch a lot of uh, the Unsolved Mysteries on there. Yes, I love Unsolved Mysteries. It's yeah. also on Amazon Prime, I believe. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime, but like, yeah. I just like the random, they just, whatever, they, whatever. I don't know what episode I'm going to get. I love, man, those reenactments, mm-hmm. those reenactments are like amazing. Have you seen? They are so much fun. Have you seen the episode? It's a young Matthew McConaughey. I don't think so. Oh, I've seen it a million times. It is so, <laughs> it's young Matthew McConaughey, and believe it or not, he, uh, I don't know, I can't remember, I think he has his shirt off, but he is, uh, he's mowing the lawn, and he notices this guy pull up in a truck and walk out of a truck completely nude in front of a bunch of kids, and he tries oh. to, it's based on, this really happened, and he goes over there and tells the guy to get in his truck, and the guy pulls out a shotgun and shoots him. And so you see, you see young baby face Matthew McConaughey out in the front lawn and he dies there in his mother's arms or his sister, his sister. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
now here's a here's an important question. Did he have a colostomy bag? Oh. <laughs> I love the synergy, how they tie it in with that fucking yeah. commercial. Oh, no, he shot me right in my colostomy bag I got from Liberty Medical Supplies. <laughs> oh, my God, fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, guys, I watched Stuber. Did anybody else watch Stuber? Yes. I did not. You know what? I, I, I was going to say something before I even jumped into Stuber. Rebecca, we might be interviewing Dirk Benedict, who played Face on the original A-Team show back in the <laughs> 80s. I'm so excited. I, so before we started recording, I said 11-year-old Rebecca had a huge crush on Dirk Benedict and – uh, 41-year-old Rebecca is still very excited to talk to him now. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah, so I, um, the, the, the email that you got, like, kind of offering this opportunity, um, super exciting, super excited to be a part of that. And, uh, I really hope it happens. Um, seems like it might. So, yeah, I, a huge fan of him in the A Team. Loved him in Battlestar Galactica. Uh, those huge two shows, big part of my childhood growing up in the eighties. Uh, just loved, loved, loved it. So yeah. I am super excited. Hopefully, we get to talk to him. Yeah, hopefully, we get to talk to him. I've been uh, corresponding back and forth. Got an email from a company that made a mo- uh, film studio that made a movie with him, and uh, it's uh, available now. Should I just plug the movie, Becca, so people watch it and that way they can listen to the interview if they want to, and they've already. Yeah, why not? Yeah, it, it's called Space Ninjas. Correct? Yeah, it's it's called Space Ninjas. Yeah. It's on Amazon Prime. You can watch it right now. Um, yeah, so if you want to watch the movie, get an idea of, like, you know, his role in it, and then uh, hopefully listen to our interview with yeah. uh, Dirk Benedict. Hopefully we'll get the interview. I, I've been in correspondence with a, with a guy, and uh, we're working on times and – and uh, talking to a couple cast members that were involved in the project. And uh, apparently Dirk Benedict lives out in Montana. He's not living that uh, L.A. life. He's living out in Montana. Kind of like kind of like uh, you know Prince living out in Minnesota or uh, Roddy Roddy Piper living out in the, the rugged wilderness or whatever the fuck, mm-hmm. wherever he lived. But, yeah, hopefully we'll be talking to uh, Dirk Benedict in an interview about his role in Space Ninjas shortly. So stay tuned. Um, Sauce Stuber, uh, this is uh, the new comedy from uh, 20th Century Fox. A mild-mannered Uber driver named Stu, hence Stuber, picks up a grizzled detective who is hot on the trail of a sadistic, bloodthirsty terrorist and finds himself thrust into a harrowing ordeal where he has to keep his wits himself unharmed and work with his passenger while maintaining his high-class rating. Uh, it's directed by Michael Douse, who directed uh, What If?, uh, that is a movie with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And then also he directed Goon, which I never reviewed on the show. But over the past year, within the past year, I have watched Goon and the sequel to Goon, Goon 2, Goonier, or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, it stars uh, Shawn Michael Scott from American Pie, Allison Pill, Jay Baruchel, and Leif Shriver. I actually really enjoyed those movies. I thought that they were a lot of fun. Um but uh, this one, uh, Stuber stars Dave Bautista, uh, Kumail Nanjiani, uh, Myra, Sor- Myra Sorvino. Were you a big fan of uh, Romy and Michelle's high school reunion, Rebecca? 
Um, I don't think I ever saw that. <gasps> oh my god! I know. I'm sorry. I don't think I ever saw that. You movie. have got to watch Romy and Michelle's high school. Is that? Reunion. Is that the one with Lisa Kudrow? With Lisa Kudrow, yeah, fucking Phoebe. You Who's the other woman in that movie? With Myra her? Sorvino. Oh, okay, okay. I I don't think I've ever seen the movie. <gasps> oh, I can't recall having seen it. Oh my god, it's one of my favorites. I love that movie, Steve. You ever seen it? You probably hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen it. All right. You'll probably hate it. It's a great movie. You guys need to watch that one. That's That should be on your bucket, your movie bucket list. Uh, Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. Fantastic fucking movie. Also stars Natalie Morales, Eco Uwes from the Raid films, Betty Gilpin from Glow and American Gods, and then Karen Gillan, who plays Nebula in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and she's also in the new Jumanji films. Uh, actually, I'm going to start with Steve. Spoiler Steve, what did you think about Stuber? I give Stuber a taste it. Uh, I I thought it was fun. Uh, there's a lot of jokes that they try to go for, and I think they missed it. It feels like that they, they kind of just improv a lot throughout the movie, and they just stuck with what they thought was the best jokes. Uh, when the jokes land, they land hard, and there's a lot of funny stuff. But um, it's 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 a little bit of paint by numbers. Uh, the story's all right. Uh, I feel like this should have been one of those movies that might have been better on like Netflix or a streaming service rather than going out to the theaters and see. Uh, but overall, it's all right for like a Discount Tuesday type of thing. But I wouldn't rush out to see this one. I am going to take your taste it and raise it up to a Tupperware. Fuck. All the critics in their 43%. I really enjoyed this movie. I thought Dave Batista was great. Uh, I loved his play. Him and Kumail Nanjiani, great kind of like buddy relationship here. Um, great action scenes in this one, first of all. You've got Iko Uwes, who's this, who's fantastic. Um, that Jaws action scene with the propane tank that you see in the trailer, there's more to that, and it's really good. Um, I liked Kumail Nanjiani's boss at the sporting goods store that he works for, the guy from American Vandal, who's a huge douche in this movie. I thought that the vet, yeah. the vet's office scene was just incredible. Like, first off, none of the animals get harmed in the vet's office, but it was a lot of fun watching that. Um, and I think this movie had a really good message that sometimes, like, you've got, you've got, um, uh, Dave Batista, who's a real strong, manly man, but it's a great message that sometimes everybody needs help. And also it's okay for men to cry and don't wrap too much time in your job. You know, your job should also be raising your child as well. And, and I, I thought that this was a very funny movie. I laughed my ass off. I really enjoyed the action. Um, this is one that I actually do want to see again in the theater because I had a blast watching it. I, I, I really like the chemistry between Nanjiani and Batista in this one. And um, I I loved Stuber. I thought it was I thought it was a blast. I I, I think both characters growed, uh, grew, growed. I think they both growed. Uh, I think they both grew throughout the movie where they needed to grow, had a great message, and I was surprised that I loved this one as much as I did. 
Yeah, uh, I, I agree that the chemistry between the two are great. I think for me, I would have much rather have had a, a more focus on the character study rather than trying to just throw in all the jokes one after the other. They just threw whatever – they just threw all the shit and then whatever could land on the wall and stick, they, they stuck with kind of like – at least that's how I felt with it. Um, no, I, yeah, the actions are good, but you know, I kind of wish they just focused a little bit more on not even just the relationship, but the characters themselves. It felt a little, um, I don't know, they could, I felt they could have gone a little deeper within them. That's all. It's a comedy, and, and the thing is, yeah. with, the, with the jokes, I get it. It's all subjective. For me, I think that this movie doesn't work if you're not a huge fan of both of these guys. First off, and I'm yeah. not saying that you're not. I'm a huge fan of Batista now, you know, since his work and Guardians of the Galaxy, and and also just I love his social media presence. Like, this is a guy who like he oozes masculinity, but in a good way. Like, he was raised. His mother was in a lesbian relationship. He was raised by two moms, and mm. and I'm not saying like that's. That's why I love him so much. No, it's it's just another thing to kind of prove to doubters that, like, you know, same-sex couples can't raise uh, yeah. a, a, a male child to be a man. Like, that's that's bullshit. Like, you've got proof here that I would that, – that, that Dave Batista, he's a manly man, but he's also in touch with his feelings – and he's he's a functional human being. I, I I would say that you know if you're it doesn't matter what relationship what the sex is if you're in uh, if if you're a child that's being raised by uh, you know a, a, a father and a mother and they're just and they're in a horrible marriage that can affect the child. And I'm saying I'm not saying it always does. But basically, my point here is that I, I think Dave Batista, even outside of movies, I just think he's an amazing, amazing human being. That this has nothing to do with why I rated this a Tupperware. Has nothing to do with that. Like I think Steve, Steve, I think you're a fantastic guy. I think your ratings are shit. But I think <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm not gonna lie though. I do like to listen to critics. I don't always agree with them yeah. because it always brings a different aspect to like. Maybe I didn't think sure. of something. Yeah, exactly, you know. So yeah. No, I, and I hear you, man. I hear you. Yeah. I think like the. I think that for me, this was the perfect storm. Um, going back to hurricanes, this is the perfect, <laughs> perfect storm. This is the category five that I needed in my life where I've got Camille Nanjiani, who I think his comedic delivery is just insane. This guy is funny. He could, he could read anything and it would make me laugh. Um, and, uh, and, and Dave Batista, I, I just think the chemistry between those two guys was great. I think you have to be a huge Kumail Nanjiani fan and a huge Batista fan. And if those two things are there, you're going to love this movie. And I, I don't think that they skip, skimped on the action as well. I mean, they, they, uh, they nailed down Eco Uwes, who's the lead in the raid films. And I thought that he was, I thought he was really good in this movie. I didn't get a sense of his personality though. You know what I mean? Um, and I yeah. think you'll agree with me there, Steve. But I think like the action that he provided in the movie was fantastic. So, yeah, I do wish the 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 editing, the way they edited the fights, I, I wish it would have been a little more cleaner because there were definitely a couple of like quick cuts that they needed to do to like show certain things. And 
Uh, when I watch fights, I do like to see like the wide one shots mm. uh, that they do. Uh, so, but they do do a good job at showing it, much better than like mile twenty two sort of thing. Oh God! Uh, don't even get me started on mile yeah, twenty two. Well, oh. I hated that movie as well. Wow, we're in agreement finally. Yeah. Fucking two yeah, hours yeah. into this son of a bitch. <laughs> but yeah, like Dave Batista is great. Like yeah. this is like he was great in our Hotel Artemis. He's great in this. Yeah, like, he's yeah. he's definitely progressing with his acting. Like he was great in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. He's definitely getting better as the movies progress. Um, I think it's just more of the the movie focused a little too much on the comedy ha ha, and then brought the story involved where. I, I'm always more of a fan of let's get that story in there and then get all the humor because there's a lot of dark humor in this movie yeah. as well. I think it would have worked a little bit better if we were a little more into the the characters. See, I thought it was themselves. a perfect blend because you had yeah. – I thought like Dave Bautista's character was all about story, 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 and then they throw Camille Nanjiani in, in there as the comedic relief and just – I do, and but he tries – like every line – it's like me in the beginning of this episode. He's just trying <laughs> line after line after line with jokes, whatever's sticking – Good for him. <laughs> they hit for they work for me. I there's something about <laughs> there's something about Camille Nagiani that just that works for me. I just think that that yeah. guy is fucking uh, brilliant. Uh, so yeah, I Tupperware Stuber, and I'm I could I'll be honest with you. I think most people are going to agree with Steve on this one. I just think that I fit that perfect Venn diagram of Batista love and Nagiani love. And those things come together, and Brian gives this movie a Tupperware. Did you guys see Midsummer? Yes. Rebecca? No. What Sorry, are you no. Doing? I didn't make it to the theater much this well, week. I, I'm, I'm picking that up a little bit there, yeah. Rebecca. What are, you, what, are you, what are you doing, watching Class Me Bad commercials all week? What's going I on? Can't, I can't stop watching them. I can't stop watching <laughs> Oh man, what's that phone number if they want to get that class me bag or back? <laughs> You'd think I'd know it right now after watching it. Rebecca's bookmarked the website. All right, anyway. Never know. Things happen in life. Midsummer is the new A24 film. A young American couple, played by uh, Florence Pugh and Jack Rayner, fly to a rural town in Sweden for a once-in-a-lifetime midsummer festival after experiencing a death in the family. Not long after the couple's arrival, their trip unfolds into a hallucinatory nightmare when the visitors are invited to drink some sort of concoction that seemingly screws with their perception of time and are targeted by the sinister leaders of a pagan cult. Uh, this is written and directed by Ari Aster. He's the director of A24's Hereditary, a movie that came out last year. Uh, this one, like I said, stars Florence Pugh, Jack Rayner, uh, Wilhelm Blomgren, uh, William Jackson Harper, Will Poulter, and Alora Torsia. Uh, Steve, what did you think about uh, A24's uh, newest Ari Aster installment, Midsummer? I was very surprised with this movie because I was I was not a fan of Fred Terry. I thought it was shot well and the acting was good, but I wasn't a fan of the story. This movie, on the other hand, was amazing. I uh, Tupperware Midsummer. Uh, this is one of my favorite movies of the year, uh, and it's mostly because the the writing, the but the cinematography, the way it's shot, it's so beautiful. And it's funny because last time I was on with you, I think we were talking about calling by your name, and again. Just another movie where it's just it's just beautiful to watch, and then the graphics that they use because there's a lot of uh, there's drug use in the movie, and if you've never like done shrooms or something, you might have an actual idea of what these people go through when they 
do go on these uh, mushroom trips and just everything that happens with the horror, the story with it, it's just, it's great. And I think it's the perfect length. There's, there's like maybe a couple of points in there for like 10 minutes. I'm like, all right, let's, let's see where this goes. And all of a sudden it's 40 minutes later and the movie's over. I'm just like, it it, it was so great. I, I loved everything about it. I don't think I have that many negatives or any like off the top of my head, but yeah, definitely. If you're a fan of like horror, mental thrillers, then this is something for you. Uh, it's funny you say perfect length because the movie's at two hours and 27 minutes and the director yeah. has already come out and said that there's an additional 30 minutes that he could include in this and it might get a release. Yeah, I heard it covers like the, um, uh, was it, is it Jack? It's not Jack, Ron, Jack Reynolds, Reynolds, the guy from Sing Street. Yeah, Jack Rayner. Um, yeah, I heard it's more, it focused a lot on, uh, his storyline a little bit more. I just think, I honestly, like, I think that just include that in the Blu-ray release for the movie. I think that's what it is. Was, did you okay. hear something about a theatrical release? Cause no. I it was just for the Blu-ray. No, okay, then that's fine. Just, yeah, throw yeah. that into, like, give us the theatrical and then the director's extended cut in the Blu-ray release. I, you yeah, don't need to, I mean the movie's already two hours and twenty seven minutes. You don't need to turn it into fucking midsummer. Yeah, end, midsummer. I don't know how game. I feel about the three hours, but I think the two and a half is perfect length for this movie. Yeah, um, and I I was never bored in this movie. Like that's, and I don't know if people are saying like it's too slow, it's too slow. Like I was never bored in this movie because basically they're taking me to a part of Sweden with a commune of people living together that I've, is this a, like, hold on, Steve, I I should have looked this up. Is this a real festival? I believe so. Yeah. I think it's a festival that happens like every 90 years in real life, but they're not very clear on it with the movie itself because of like what happens, of course. But um, yeah, I believe it is real. Yeah. I, I you know, I'm going to have to, that's something that I'm going to have to go to like Wikipedia and do some research on. But yeah. I, I was never, I, in this movie, I was never bored. Like, okay, let's hurry up. What, two hours and 27 minutes. The pacing is just too slow. I never, like, I never got to that point. I'm just like, I am enthralled by like what's happening. Um, this is uh, a movie that I will definitely watch again. Um, and it's one of the, it's, it's another Ari Aster movie where I was a little bit more prepared for this one than I was like hereditary. Cause the marketing I think was off on that one. In my opinion, the way that they kind of like made that just look like a traditional horror movie. So I was a little bit more prepared with this one. Um, this movie's fucking fascinating. It's like, it's a horror movie that takes place during the day. Like, yeah, all day. It's like daylight out. Like there are scary things happening during the day. You don't need the nighttime to make it scarier. It's legit freaky and everything's happening under the sunlight in Sweden and everything looks beautiful. People are dressed in outfits that I would say look friendly sundresses wearing flower headdresses um everything looks inviting and beautiful like if they played this on the travel channel i think it would take people about 20 to 30 minutes before they realized that they weren't watching a documentary on uh you know a yeah. place to visit in sweden and they're actually watching a horror movie it looks gorgeous but there are just horrific things happening in this movie slowly 
but it keeps my attention and it makes you think like once you get out of this movie, it just makes you think, um, this is not one of those traditional horror movies where it's like, let's wait at the end of the movie. The protagonist is going to do this and, and the villains will get their comeuppance and this is going to happen. And it's, it's not a traditional horror movie in that regard. I, 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 this is, this was hard for me. I'm going to give it a Tupperware because I can't stop thinking about this movie. It's, it's, and it is just, it, it's something I'm going to watch again and, and again and, and again. I, I don't think I'll rush out to see it again, but like once this is available, I will watch it again. And this will be a movie that I will probably revisit, I would say, multiple times over the next, you know, 10 to 20 years. It's, it's that good. Yeah. And like regarding like the pace and how long it is, everything for me, uh, I was describing it to some people of like, this is kind of like a, like a, an acquired taste almost to the point where it's very, um, you can say like artsy. It's very, it feels very independent. Like you're saying, like it doesn't feel like a horror movie until, uh, certain parts and everything else. Cause it's just, it's so visually stunning. Um, it opens up strong and everything else with everything else that happens. Everything is just, it's a very well put together movie. I think they did it all in under a year. This was greenlit after or right before hereditary came out in 2018. And this was done in festivals the beginning of this year already. Um, I don't want to spoil, uh, like even hereditary, but if there, if you saw hereditary and you didn't like the twist of what happened in hereditary, while these two movies are, Kind of like in the horror genre, I think why I liked um, what I liked about Midsummer more was that you you already you knew what you were watching, if that makes any sense. Uh, Brian, you saw Hereditary, you said, right? Yeah, I saw that one in the theater. Yeah, like for <clears throat> me, like with Midsummer, because you know what you're watching and what you're following, I think that kind of helped, and that that might have been one of the reasons why a lot of people didn't like Hereditary because of the ending. Um, also, I didn't see any trailers for Midsummer. I saw all the trailers for Hereditary, and that ruin that also helped ruin my experience for Hereditary. With Midsummer, I saw no trailers, and that helped out a lot. This is the second movie where he's introduced a young child with a deformity. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, I, did, I didn't really think of that until now, but you're right. Yeah, I'm for completely opposite <clears throat> reasons. Though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I uh yeah. this movie will fuck with you. I, I I I will uh it's not gonna be for everybody, but um yeah, I I can't stop thinking about it. Uh Florence Pugh gives a great performance here. Um I, I liked her in Fighting with My Family, the the wrestling movie yeah. earlier, uh, you know, this year. I thought she was great in that and here here she she has a great performance in this, so I'll give it a Tupperware and uh, highly recommend this one. Uh, two hours and 27 minutes does not feel like two hours and 27 minutes, in my opinion. So um, I was going to have us talk about the Mulan trailer. I have not watched it yet. <laughs> I want to know what you guys <laughs> think, though. I haven't watched it yet. Here's the thing. Y- you know what I've noticed lately is like most of the movies that I go see in the theaters – play these trailers that I talk about on the show and I want to see them for the first time on the big screen and I was hoping for that okay. this weekend and it didn't happen and yeah. then I forgot that we were we were reviewing the Mulan trailer 
So I had you both watch it. So I want to know your thoughts about it. And then I will, I will probably wait now to see it in the theater when it, when I get the, when I get to see it for the first time. But, um, this is, uh, the new, it's Disney because Disney did the Mulan movie. And, um, this is, uh, the Emperor of China issues a decree that one man per family must serve in the Imperial Army to defend the country from northern invaders. The eldest daughter of an honored warrior steps in to take the place of her ailing father. So this is the, the new trailer. Rebecca, what did you think about this Mulan trailer? I absolutely love the Mulan trailer. Um, you know, the live action remakes that Disney's been doing, um, you know, I've enjoyed some of them. I haven't enjoyed others. Um, but I, I like that they're, I kind of like the idea of them redoing Mulan as a live action. I think it's a, a great property to do. Um, the trailer is absolutely gorgeous. The colors, I mean, th- this, it looks so saturated. I, I love how that looks. The, it's got some really great little quick action scenes. Um, you see the main the main actress who's playing Mulan. She's doing a lot of. I think she's doing a lot of her own stunts. I've I've heard or read uh, for this movie. Um, I'm I'm going to Tupperware the trailer. I thought it was really exciting, and it made me super excited to see this movie, um, which I haven't always felt seeing the trailers for these remakes. So yeah, I I, I Tupperware the trailer. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, this film stars, uh, let's see here. It's, uh, Yifai Lu as Mulan. Donnie Yen is gonna be Commander Tong in this one. So mm-hmm. I, I'm a big fan of Donnie Yen. And then Jet Li is playing the Emperor. So wow, they really went all out on casting. Steve, what'd you think about the Mulan trailer? I really enjoyed it. I'm actually, cause I'm a big Disney fan in general. I'm not a big fan of the remakes they've been doing because They've been doing like almost beat for beat remakes with a little bit of like, you know, peppering of different twists that are just not, I think, not well executed for live actions. Well, I really enjoyed this trailer because it looks like they're taking the idea of Mulan, but they're making a completely different story out of it. And from what I'm understanding, it's the real story from the the Chinese legend. And it looks really good. Um, I can't tell. I, I, I mean, there's like there's scenes with her with long hair. While she's uh, in training, but she's also got like the helmet on, and I can't tell if she's got a cap on or if she put her hair in a bun or whatever. So I'm I'm very curious to see if we'll see the hair cutting scene that we have in the the animated movie, or because I'm I'm curious if like they're going to find out she's a woman during training and she's going to kick everybody's ass anyway. And because the way the trailer has it, she's ready to go. Like the way she's handling that sword, it's just like she, she's better than everybody else anyway. So it seems like they're going they're going a complete different route, and I'm really excited to see how they handle it. Well, what are you going to rate this trailer if you had to, just to rate the trailer? I give it a high taste because it has my interest, but because it's Disney and because of their track record with their other remakes, I'm gonna I don't want to hold it too close to the vest just you're, yet. Cause I don't get my you're, hopes up. You're you're bringing in other movies that are affecting your rating for how you viewed this trailer steve you're killing me right now man that hurts well i mean yeah because of well this isn't like the first remake of a disney movie though like they they're doing three a year at this point so while i am excited for it i don't want to get too excited and overhype myself oh man see that's when i rate these trailers it doesn't matter what comes 
before it, typically. It's how I felt about that trailer. Now, in the long run, that movie could be a toss-it for all I know. It's just how I felt about that trailer and how they presented it. Did it do its job to get me to buy a ticket to sit down and watch this movie? So Yeah. Oh, I and I and it has. Like I'm definitely going to see this in theaters probably the night it airs, the night it premieres. It just, you know, I'm just, you know, I don't want to get too overexcited. I don't know, I'm going to repeat myself at this point. Yeah, I know. We need less of that, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I wish I would have watched this one. This is one that I, uh, yeah. I, I should have watched before the episodes. I, I apologize. I, the knives out. The action, the action does look mm-hmm. great. Like when she yeah. is out in battle, they're showing a lot of scenes and mm-hmm. it, it does look good. That's good. Yeah. I, it, it looks, it, and you know what, what you were saying earlier, Steve, about, <clears throat> excuse me, being closer to the Mulan legend. Yeah. I, I was, I was reading a little bit about the actual legend of Mulan. It is based, I believe, on a, 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 a very short piece of literature. Um, in, in Chinese folklore history. And it's sort of one of those things where there's like many villages in China that claim that, you know, oh, they, they're the village of Mulan. It's sort of like a widespread folklore tale. Um, but it's a very short piece of literature. And, um, I, I think that the one, another reason why this might be a really good remake for Disney is because, um, the original Mulan, uh, animated movie was not, really that well received in China uh, because it, it had some elements in it that were pretty offensive to Chinese culture. And so I think Disney is definitely trying to stick closer to the lore, the actual folklore of Chinese culture, Chinese history, and um, this the story of Mulan. And so I think if they do it right, um, this could be a this could be a really, really great movie. Yeah, I, I think like the um, Donny Osmond's character, he's not in the movie. Mushu's a phoenix instead of a dragon, so they're definitely changing things up. Yeah, absolutely. And is, I'm not sure if this is going to be a musical. No, from my understanding, there's it's no not, actual right? singing. It's just we're gonna, the score will be the the animated that's, song. That's what I've heard too. Like yeah. I haven't yeah, watched I, the trailer, but I've heard that they're going to include like the the songs from the animated movie into it but it'll be the score that accompanies the film yeah i find that very interesting because that's uh again like uh you know if you go back to like the beauty and the beast remake and aladdin it, those were both musicals they they the the character sang the songs from the disney movie and i think it's interesting in this case it's not going to be a musical it'll be part of the soundtrack and the score um, I think they're really going for a more serious tone to this movie and, and really making it like I think it has the potential to be like a really interesting uh, action movie. Like, you know, certainly not like a rated R action movie, but like something that is a little bit more serious. And I think it'll be a great chance for this young, young actor who's playing Mulan to really shine in this role. I, I'm I'm super excited for this movie. I, I I was very like sort of meh about it till I saw the trailer and then started reading about what they were doing different and then I got like, oh man, now I'm like really excited to see how this movie uh turns out. Very yeah, cool. I'm I'm hoping Ming Na Wen makes a uh, cameo appearance, of course. And uh fun fact, uh Donny uh Osmond's character Shang, he was voiced by uh uh, Jackie Chan in the uh, the Chinese version. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. And he sings the I'll Make a Man Out of You song, too. 
Yeah. Now that you guys have talked about it, I'm probably just going to wait to see this one in the theater for the first time. I, I, I was going to watch this. It's weird. I, I love seeing trailers for the first time in the theater. I saw, I re- Knives Out. I even posted it on our Facebook page, but I saw it in the theater for the first time, which was really cool. I've been enjoying that because I go to the movies so much that I'll yeah. like, I'll post something and then like, hopefully by that weekend, I'll see it in the, fi- in the, in the theater for the first time. Did you guys see Knives Out? Did you see that trailer? Yeah, it looks wild. Yeah, it looks really good. And I then, did not. And then um, I've noticed the the new uh, Blumhouse film, uh, The Hunt, with Betty Gilpin and Hilary Swank, Glenn Howerton's in it. Uh, I'm trying to think. Emma Roberts is in it. Justin Hartley's in it. Like, the teaser trailer that's online is completely different than the trailer that they showed before Crawl today. Like, oh, it, wow. Yeah, they showed like an actual trailer before Crawl today, and I don't think that that's available online right now. And the movie looks hmm. pretty good. You know what movie I really want to see is Ready or Not? Yeah, the hide and seek game movie or yeah, whatever, right? Yeah, that looks yeah. really fun. That Who's looks in fun. That one? I- Oh God! I'm trying to think if it has any really big names. I know it's got like one of the guys, the, the guy from Orphan Black. I'm trying to think if it has any big names. Yeah, in it. the guy from Orphan Black, the guy from the OC, um, a Margot Robbie lookalike. Yeah, she looks a lot like Margot Robbie. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that trailer showed a little bit too much, though. I wish it, it like stopped halfway through yeah, that trailer. Yeah, it's a Blumhouse movie. They don't give a shit. Yeah, people are gonna go see it in droves. I mean, even if even if they don't, like those movies cost five to ten million dollars. It's gonna make its money back. It's fine. They don't give a shit. There's, yeah. gonna, be, there's gonna be so many kills in that movie. We haven't. See, they got to show us in that Red Band trailer. They had to show us some of the kills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Adam Brody's one of the guys. Uh, yeah, Adam Brody. Uh, Was it? I think it's Christian Braun. He's the one from Orphan Black. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, he's so he's so good. Andy McDowell's in this movie. Yeah, she is. Wow. Yeah, I haven't seen a trailer for this. Um, That looks that looks like a fun movie though. Yeah, Yeah. and the the Margot Robbie look like her name is Sarah. Sorry, Samara Weaving. Samara from Three Billboards. Oh, that was a great movie. Oh, okay. Oh, she's in Smilf. Yeah. I haven't watched Smilf. Me neither. That's the, uh, is that Stars or is that? She was, I know that's Showtime, I Showtime. think. Showtime. She was yeah. in Ash vs. Evil Dead TV show on Stars. Oh, really? As well, yeah. Hmm, I don't remember who she played. Rebecca, you still watching Perpetual Grace? Uh, fuck yeah, I am. So good. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> Amazing! If, if there was ever a reason to get a channel like Epics, yeah, it's 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 perpetual grace. It's perpetual grace. That's it's perpetual grace. That that's the, that show is strong enough to get to pay the price and get the channel. Stranger Things season three. Did you guys watch it? I don't know. I don't even know. Did you watch? I'm it? gonna start it tomorrow. <laughs> Steve, did you watch it? Yes. I um I watched it as well. Uh, I'm going to talk about it probably next week because Jake will be back, but I'll talk about it a little bit this week. I'll tell everybody what I thought about it. I uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. I, I, I mean, I think, like, it started off okay, and it just progressively got better. I think, like, the last two to three episodes were just some of the best that I've seen. I 
this is on par with season one, in my opinion, as far as like how fantastic it was. I, I, I mean, I love this. I, I thought Steve was great. I loved the new. I knew, loved the new character, Robin. Um, I uh, I got a kick out of like all the pop culture references that. You know, some of them are overt and some of them are not. The Back to the Future stuff was fun. The Terminator stuff was fun. Um, uh, the Red Dawn Russian stuff was fun. I, and, um, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but I, 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 the only, I guess my biggest gripe is Jonathan and Nancy suck. Um, and uh but I loved it. I'm gonna give it a Tupperware. So that means Steve hated it. Low toss low taste it or a toss it, right, Steve? Man, I'm actually on the I, I definitely I enjoyed uh the season a lot. I'm I'm on the edge between the high taste it and Tupperware just because of uh how it ended. Uh but I don't wanna really give too much away at all for that because Rebecca hasn't even started yet. But yeah. the, the kids are great. Um I do feel like uh, Nancy and oh, I'm sorry. What's the, the the guy's name? Her boyfriend? Nancy and Jonathan are terrible. Jonathan, yeah. I feel like their storyline was kind of shooed in to the whole season itself. They're trying to figure out what to do with them. Um, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was really great. I loved the beginning. It was just towards the end. It just felt a little cookie cuttery, and then there was just something at the end that kind of annoyed me. Um, and then other than that, though, it is it is really good. The kids are great. The kids are growing substantially, though. It's ridiculous. Um, and they, they try to pl- – I can't really tell if the show is trying to play like they're still not a little bit grown. They are. Or they if are. they are. I think, they the, are. I think the show is trying to play that they're younger than they actually are because, like, even yeah. when we watched Godzilla, King of the Monsters, this, they're trying to pretend I, – I think Netflix – wanted them to make sure that they had Millie Bobby Brown as a 12-year-old in that movie. They want uh, to keep them yeah. as younger kids. And you can make the argument that Nancy played like an older intern in that one Jake Gyllenhaal Netflix movie, that art film. And that's fine. But Nancy yeah, but is... she's barely in that one, though. And she's an older character in the netflix films but i think as far as like the roles that we're seeing finn wolfhard and uh millie bobby brown play and stuff they're still playing very young children like finn wolfhard is going to be in the new ghostbusters 2020 and he's going to be playing a child in that and like they're older now they're much older than the show wants us to believe yeah yeah, so that was just one of those things where it's like, cause like, like Finn Wolfhard specifically, like that kid's like, he's so, he's like, his nickname is Stretch at this point. He's so he, lengthy. He looks like Kevin McHale on the 1980s Boston Celtics. It's, it's, he's, he's like seven foot tall. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like they're like, you could tell like they do these close ups to make them look like they're same height, but then there's some shots of him like full body and you're like, you are so tall. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to open this up too much because I'm Jake will want to talk about Stranger Things season yeah. three next week, uh, for a little bit. I mean, we got a, we got San Diego Comic Con coverage, but I'm sure Jake is going to, I'm, you know, I'm sure our listeners want to know what he thought about it because he wasn't a fan of, uh, season two. But, uh, I, 
I loved it. I, I thought it was, I thought it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the interactions with all the kids. I thought the new characters were a lot of fun. Um, I, I, like I said, like my biggest gripe is Nancy and Jonathan. They just bore the shit out of me. Just terrible. Ter- Jonathan didn't do anything this season. Um, Will, Will was way better than, yeah. than them. I mean, yeah, it's like he, he scratches his well, neck and he senses the mind flare and, but he, there was, they, that wasn't just him. They, they gave him more to do this season and I thought that was cool. Yeah, because the first season, he's not there. The right. second season, yeah. he's just reacting to not being there the first season. So we finally actually get some character development with him this season. Yeah. It's it's not the, uh, a lot, but it's enough where you feel for the kid. Right. I, I felt nothing for Nancy or Jonathan, their relationship, or anything that they were going through. The other stories, the other groups that we see that are split up within this, they're all doing different things, but it all converges to be the same climax at the end. And I really yeah. thought that that was cool. You've got the Russians, you've got the Mind Flayer, you've, and it all kind of like comes together at the end. And I, I thought that that was great. It was an emotional ending for me this season. Um, and uh, there is a uh, quick mid credit scene at the end of this season. So stick around for that. And if you didn't see it, go back and watch it. So I Tupperware, I loved it. Steve, you're high tasting it? Yeah, I think I want to stick with the high taste for now. There you go. Oh wow, we are what do you, what do you guys want to do? Do you guys Steve, what do you got for good pop bad pop? Do you have any or did we go over everything? Uh, the, I mean we kinda of covered everything. The only other things I have are just kind of like retrospective stuff that I'm gonna be covering on my show. I, I watched um Tokyo Drift, I revisited that uh, in preparation for Hobbs and Shaw, and then I watched uh, A Low Down Dirty Shame for the first time. Oh, wow. Yeah, I haven't seen that in yeah. a long time. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, check yeah. out Scenic Cast, everybody. Rebecca, you're on there quite a bit, and I'm on there every once in a while. Yeah, I'm on there next week, actually. So there you go. I'm excited for that. Check it out. Rebecca. Yeah, check out yeah, Scenic Movie Reviews. I'll be talking. We do retrospectives to in preparation for franchise releases and just things that we might not have seen. We like to to cover new and old movies so yeah i'll be talking about those uh tomorrow there you go um i'm trying to think here what was i gonna say it's something i don't know i think i talked hmm. rebecca you said holy moly you watched the second episode i think a third episode's out i haven't watched it I, yet i think so i just watched the second episode recently it's still fucking hilarious yeah that, that show is great i it's just, um, it's like the perfect summer show to watch because it's light and it's funny. And Ro- Rob Riggle is just, wh- when you let that guy just be funny, he's great. Oh, he's, he's so absolutely good. great. Um, did you want to talk about that other show, uh, What Just Happened? Oh, yeah. I totally, uh, since we went out of order, yeah, What Just Happened? This will be the last thing that we talk about. First off, uh, holy moly, so funny. I laughed so hard. My colostomy bag blew up. Better call Liberty Medical. I'm totally on the fucking phone. I asked you for the number earlier, trying to be funny, but it was like legit. Like, what's the number? Oh, I'm sorry. Seriously. (laughs) Fell flat like one of my jokes. Am I right? Uh, (laughs) No, nothing like that, Steve. Nothing like that. (laughs) You're on a whole nother fucking level, bro. Um, I'll just go over here. What just happened on Fox? Uh, this was, uh, something that I teased in a previous episode. This is the, it's called What Just Happened. 
uh, with Fred Savage, and it's an after show for the sci-fi show The Flare, which is a show that doesn't actually exist at all. So it's kind of like a Talking Dead with Chris Hardwick, but they are reacting to a show that does not exist. And it stars Fred Savage, and he has different guests join him each week. First show is kind of like you got Rob Lowe, and the second one you've got uh, Kevin Smith makes an appearance. Um, I'll start off like I think I think it's a great concept. I just don't think it's executed well, especially in the first episode. The first episode is almost after the first like five minutes because I I thought it was really funny the way it started out like showing you this fake show this scene that happened from a show and it's like a scene that you've seen in some of these shows like a hundred times before and the way he reacts like oh my god what just happened and then you know and then he sits down on the couch and that's kind of like where it fell apart for me like the rest of the show is just kind of ridiculous and not funny. The second episode was better. Um, but Rebecca, I don't know. This just doesn't work for me, especially, I don't know. It just doesn't work. And I, I was hoping that it would. I, I just think that the, the comedy just seemed, I don't know what it just, it just, it seems corny and cheesy. It's not funny. I don't know. Did you like this one? No. This yeah. show was painful to watch. Um, again, great concept. And he, so he, here's the thing, right? So I, I watched, I started the first episode and I did not read the synopsis that it was an after show for a fake show. So they start by showing a clip of, of the show that they're talking about fanfare. Is, is uh, that what it's called? It's Fa- called, fan, no, it's called Flare? The, the Flare. The flip fanfare, the flare. And so I'm watching it and I'm like, oh my God, what is this show? I don't even know about this show. <laughs> and I'm thinking it's like a real show for a minute. And then, um, but again, I had not read the premise that it was like an after show for a fake show. So I'm like, oh my God, what is this show? I haven't even heard anything about this show. So then when it starts, I'm like, Wait a minute. Is this like a fake thing? So then, of course, I looked it up and I was like, oh, okay. So, um, I mean, kudos to them for making me think it was a real thing for like a minute. I thought that was pretty good. But, um, like, the premise is funny, but, man, it is cringe-worthy. The jokes are so corny. Mm-hmm. The, it's canned laughter half the time. It sounds like canned laughter. Um, although there, I mean, there is a studio audience. I, I don't think they were laughing very hard. Um, it's like it's got all these pieces that individually sound like a really great idea. Like you've got Fred Savage who's playing himself of hosting the show, this after show. And like, he's a huge fan of the books and, and then you've got, so you, and then he had like a really like lonely childhood or whatever. Um, you know, so you've got that component. You've got the younger co-host who has no clue about the books. Um, and then you've got like the lead actor who's like, Oh, I never read the source material. I don't care. You know, like individually you think like, oh man, this will be funny. And then they put it all together and it just doesn't work. It's, 
Ugh, it's terrible. It's I, I don't even usually like real after shows that much. Um, so to for the, it to be now a fake after show, I don't know. The, the writing and the jokes are just not good. I, I did. I thought Rob Lowe was was fine. Um, I thought some of the bits started out funny, but then they just devolve into this cringy, corny humor. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to watch anymore. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I'm going to toss it too. It's, it's, it's just not, it's just not funny. It's not. And, and it's not well written and it's not well acted. And I shouldn't say that because for, I mean, Fred Savage is basically playing a version of himself and he's fine, but, I don't know. I'm just not impulsed to watch more of this. No, it, there's things that he does well in this. Like at the beginning of the episode, like the first few minutes where they show you this fake scene, like I'm laughing because like we've seen these corny types of scenes in these shows before. And then the way he fucking Chris Hardwick reacts to it was pretty right. fucking funny. It's when they get into the actual show and it doesn't feel like an actual parody of one of those talking shows. They try to take it down this weird comedy road that doesn't land. Like, like if you're going to do a parody of one of these shows, do stuff that they do in these shows. Don't take it down this weird road with some of the comedy that you try to throw into this. It just doesn't work. If you need to throw more fake clips into this, throw more fake clips into this to react. Um, some of it is really weird because they'll show Fred Savage trying to get an interview with like Helen Mirren, who stars in the show apparently, who they've never so- shown a scene of right. anything never from. Never seen her face at all. <laughs> did that when they did that whole stunt where he shows up to what he thinks is Helen Mirren's house? Did that? Fi- for me, I was like, is this a real house? Is this a real property that he's breaking in on? Because those reactions seemed real. You know, it it felt like he busted into a real party. Like, it felt like those were people who were not prepared to be on camera. Well, they need to let us know that somewhere. Because, like, the, if I know that this is, like, him really breaking into someone's, like, gated community and showing up to their house party and crashing it... Like, that's pretty fucking cool. Like, I want to know that. But, like, I don't know that 100%. Yeah. This show's just you know, a weird blend of everything. It's so yeah. weird. You, you know what I think would have improved the show a little bit would have been showing more of those fake clips. I think yes. that would have been – really I think good. that would have improved the show. Um, I also think if you had made this sort of like a show about putting on a show – like show like have some of the behind the scenes stuff of like this isn't working what's what what's going on or what's how how can I make it but I think that would have been maybe more interesting or made it given it more sort of like we're putting on a show about an after show for a show that doesn't actually exist like that to me might have worked a little bit better but for sure you've I think throwing more fake clips in there would have been yeah of the way to start and then like you know what it is it's like it's like the bits all start out really funny like like the premise is like oh my god he's trying to find he's trying to like track down Helen Mirren so he can interview her it's hilarious but then like a minute in and you're like ugh this is I'm done with this like why are you still showing me this stuff it's 
it just it it doesn't work. It 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 doesn't work for me at uh, all. This show's getting canceled. It's- oh, it, it is, and it's a shame because like. You know, I Fritz Fred Savage, right? He's a he's a nice guy. He's a good actor. Like, I'd love to see more of his stuff on TV. Pick but better projects then. Or exactly. Something. I think he's. I think he's. He's credited as a creator of this project. Well, yeah, and it's just like this is the second failed Fox project for him. He did that show with Rob Lowe where they play, played brothers and. You know, I watched the first couple episodes and then I just kind of dropped off of it and then it gets canceled and here he is doing this thing, mm-hmm. which is, I think is a great concept. I think like he's good. He's a good idea guy. It's just the execution of this one. There's a lot of things that you need to tinker. First off, I think this show should be 15 minutes long at yes. max and at, it should, yes. and it should be on adult swim, not on fucking Fox and you need to show more clips like, there you go. You want you want to know why Robot Chicken has been on for how many fucking seasons? It's because it's on Adult Swim and it's 15 fucking minutes, if that. Like, this is not something like, I'm not sitting around for 30 minutes while you're dragging out this fucking fake show. This should be like, the joke should be very tight. It should feel like I'm watching a mockery of The Talking Dead. And when you go down these weird roads about these jokes that just don't hit. I don't know. You have to watch this to kind of experience it to understand what we're saying. But like some of the stuff that they bring into this is stuff that they would never talk about on one of these, like these talking shows for like a post show. um, One of these post show shows where they talk about, you know, what, what, what did we just see? Like, it goes down like some of the stuff like Chris Hardwick would never talk about. Like I want to, I want it to feel more genuine, but make a mockery of it, be it just a parody of it. And yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it just, it, it, it takes on a different, uh, a different feel when they, when they introduce other forms of comedy into this one, this is just, it's not working. It's going to get canceled. I'm done after two episodes. I watched the second one just cause it had Kevin Smith. And he was the best part of that episode, in my opinion. But this show is done. It is done. It is getting like they are canceling it right now. Like it's yeah, like, as I'm saying much. this, it's getting canceled. <laughs> yeah, you know, it. I think it would have. I think you what you said about it being like like a like an Adult Swim show, fifteen minutes. I mean that that's the beauty of Robot Chicken, right? Is that those those sketches last what thirty seconds? You know, a minute tops. And, and they're hitting you with these tight jokes. And some of them, some of the skits only last like five seconds or ten seconds where they're just hitting you with one funny thing and then they move on to the next thing. And, and this show should absolutely have been cut in half. Like, like the whole bit about like he's interviewing the main actor and like, he leaves the show like halfway through the interview. He's like, yeah, I'm done with this interview. I don't want to be interviewed anymore. And he leaves like that should be hilarious. And then it's, it's not, it's totally not. And then I think it would have been funnier. Like if they had like said, Oh, let's go to commercial. And then we get a scene of like Fred Savage, like chasing him down. Like, Hey, you know, don't you want to come back or whatever? Like at least that would have been something different. Um, and then like he ends up coming back at the end of the episode anyway. And he's like, Oh, I'm sorry I left. That wasn't cool. And it's like, okay, I totally forgot about you. I don't, I don't care that you left or that you came back now. It's just, 
it just doesn't work. Ah, oh, it's a terrible show. Yeah, it's not good. And it'll get canceled. And it should be like, this should be an Adult Swim 15 minute program, or this should be like, Quibi does this. You know what I mean? Like Quick Bite yep. service. You mm-hmm. know? This, this would have been a perfect concept for, for the Quibi network. Yeah. A quick little, you know, five, five minute thing each week of an after show that is so ridiculous. I think it would be way funnier because you've got to you've got to hit those jokes like a gut punch, mm-hmm. and I think a five minute time frame or ten minutes or whatever forces you to get just the best writing, the best jokes in there. Half an hour to fill, it's it's it's, it's mostly filler. It's just not funny. Doing a parody of something can be really great, and this just fails. Like it doesn't feel that everything. I I I think that the clips from the actual Flair show that they try to introduce are kind of funny, and then his reaction, and then it just falls apart after yeah. that. Yeah, so. I, I I did chuckle when he brought out when because the show is supposedly based on like a series of books. I, I did laugh when he brought out his copy of like the first book, and it's got all these like tabs in it, like with sections marked off that like meant something to him as a kid, but like nobody else cares. Like nobody else read the source material. He's like the only one who's into it. Like I thought as a concept that was that was funny. I giggled at that, but I I, I never once like I never once laughed out loud watching the show. No. No. Never once. No, no, no. All right. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will go over the Pop Culture Leftovers news. Hi. I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight in Dan and yogurt. And the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway... The whole point of this is to tell you that PopCultureLeftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. Hey, we are back. It is now time for the Pop Culture Leftovers News. I have, in my opinion, very exciting news for the Mortal Kombat movie. Actor and martial artist, this news, this news comes from Dark Horizons. Actor and martial artist Joe Taslam uh, from The Raid and The Night Comes For Us. And Fast and Furious 6. Night Comes for Us. You can watch it on Netflix. Tupperware. Highly recommend it. I don't believe The Raid is streaming anywhere right now. I own The Raid Redemption, the first movie, and The Raid 2. 
on Blu-ray. Love those fucking movies. Uh, he's going to be playing super-powered ice-shooting fighter Sub-Zero in the new live-action adaptation of the video game Mortal Kombat for New Line. The game follows a massive roster of characters uh, from different realms in a fictional universe battling for supremacy. Sub-Zero has a long-running rivalry with fellow fighter Scorpion, and Tazzle marks the first casting deal for the project. Greg Russo penned the current version of the screenplay while commercial director Simon McQuoid makes his debut here. James Wan and Todd Garner will produce the project, which will suit, uh, shoot in southern Australia later this year. Uh, yeah, um, it's an interesting choice coming out of the gate here that they've cast Sub-Zero. If you remember in the first movie, uh, for Mortal Kombat that came out in the 90s, I believe 95, uh, the movie, uh, Sub-Zero and Scorpion were under the control of Shang Tsung and, uh, didn't really get, like, their own backstory in that film. I feel like this is an indicator that with this being the first casting, that this is the guy that they were going for. They got Joe Taslam here. And this might be a very, it could be a very Sub-Zero centric movie. This guy could get a very meaty role in the film. And it's not a movie. I don't know. I, is it, you know, I would think like, you know, oh, they're going to do another Liu Kang and Raiden thing and Johnny Cage where, you know, they have the best fighters from all over the world in these different realms battle for Mortal Kombat uh, to try to save Earth. And uh, it seems like Sub-Zero is going to be a big part of this. I don't know. Rebecca, I, I don't know if, how familiar you are with the game. Steve, I don't know your history with the game. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? I'll, I'll turn it over to you, Steve. Yeah, uh, I'm not, I never got into the game that much when I was a kid. I played a couple times with the arcades and everything, but I wasn't the biggest, uh, not like fan or just like, I never bought the game or anything, but I heard the producer, what's his name? Terry or Todd, Terry Garner, is that it? Or Todd, Todd Garner? Garner? Todd Garner. Todd Garner. I heard him on Collider Live this past week talking about this and I'm really excited. I, I don't remember if I saw the 90s movie. Is that the one where the guy's like, got a gold outline at the end of the movie or something around his body or something like that. Huh? And he's walking around. I don't know. That might uh, be something the, at the end of the movie, you've got uh, Liu Kang who's reunited with his uh, dead brother and uh, all the souls that Shang Tsung has, uh, you know, taken over, uh, you know, the years uh, during this, this uh, tournament and they're all released and, uh, you know, they're not under his uh, control anymore. Mm. Yeah, so I don't I don't know if I've actually seen the the original movie, but either way, um, hearing the producer talking about uh, what they're planning on this, it sounds really good. Like what you're saying with the Sub Zero, it sounds like they're going into more of a character study, and like the whole fighting sequences are actually going to make sense and have a point. They're not just going to just start fighting each other for no reason. So, and it sounds like they're trying to make this into a, a really successful franchise, and they're not doing it like the Mummy way where they're throwing the world into the story. But they're actually going to give us a story like Iron Man and then, if it does well, progress from that. So I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with this. I have not listened to that interview. I, the, the first movie was fun. It was a PG-13 movie. It's one of my favorite video game movie adaptations. It was fun for the time. It was one of those yeah, movies. Key, 
Oh, go he ahead. said this will be our. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, I was going to get to the that. fatalities will be real. I was going to. This is one of those things that I said that I wanted to see in the film in a previous yeah. episode. New Line and, uh, yeah, Todd Garner have come out and uh, it was uh, and, and Greg Russo, the writer, have con- has they've confirmed that the new movie will not only have an R rating, but will include one thing the game is most famous for, but which didn't make it in the previous film. Fatalities. So they're going rated R. They're going with fucking characters getting their spines ripped out. They're going with characters getting chopped up into millions of pieces, falling down on spikes, uh, getting their skin ripped off their bodies. They're going hard R with this one. We're getting fatalities here. This, uh, I mean, these are finishing moves that the, the game is famous for. They're, they're, it's famous for these fatalities like this was one of the back in the 90s when they were trying to get uh, ratings on games and get blood out of games because they thought it was fucking up kids this is one of those things that they brought before congressmen this is one of the games that they showed them uh all the blood and the and the violence and, and the gore in this one and um i this is this is why i am also excited this is one of the things that i said in a previous episode like if we get this movie, I want it to be rated R, and I want to see fatalities. I've got my confirmation that we're going to get this. Rebecca, does this news excite you at all? Or I mean, I know you're not a video game person. I mean, no. I, I certainly – I've played Mortal Kombat, like, at the arcades here and there. Um, even now, like, if I hit up a barcade and Mortal Kombat's there, I'll play it. Um I, I did see the 95 movie. Of course I saw the 95 movie, but – I haven't seen it in no exaggeration decades. I couldn't tell you anything particular about that movie. Um, I mean, I think, I think it's interesting that who they've cast in this role. Um, I'd have to like rewatch the 95 movie to kind of refresh my memory on like the characters and all that stuff. But, um, I mean, the fact that it's rated R and it's going to be gory, I think that that's a good thing because I think one of the biggest complaints about all of these um, video game movie adaptations is that they're there's they're just not good and they shy away from the gore and they they try to make it for a PG-13 audience and they don't make it serious enough. And um, so, I mean, I think it's pretty cool news. I mean, does it hit me like, you know super like oh my gosh i can't wait not not particularly but um it does make me kind of want to go back and like revisit the 95 movie um and you know enjoy it for what for uh for for what it is um and certainly i'll be following news stories about this about this movie yeah i for one am so excited for this i hope we get a proper mortal Kombat movie i love the 95 movie for like what it was mm-hmm. you know like every every i don't know 100 years or thousand years or whatever you would have fighters enter this tournament for mortal Kombat, and if the champion from another realm won the tournament uh, then after so many tournaments, they would get to, like, I think Invader Earth or whatever the hell it was. So humans were fighting for their survival. Like, they were, in that movie, they, it was the, the final tournament. If they were, if they lose this tournament, then, uh, I believe their, uh, their, uh, their Earth would be invaded by, uh, Shang Tsung or, uh, Shao Kahn or whatever the fuck. But I, 
I enjoyed that first movie for what it was, but like this is the Mortal Kombat movie that I've always wanted to see, rated R, with fatalities, and I cannot fucking wait to see this. And we'll see. I hope that they get some more of the guys from the raid. Uh, we got the Joe Taslam here playing Sub-Zero. Uh, it would be my dream for them to cast uh, maybe Eco Uways as Scorpion, and then you know, maybe to get Tony Ja in there to play uh, somebody, um, you know, like maybe uh, get Tony Ja to play a character, get another guy, get somebody else to play uh, Liu Kang. And uh, I don't know, maybe a really good American martial artist to play, um, you know, uh, Johnny Cage. We'll see. I, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to open March 5th of 2021. So I am looking forward to that. Uh, let's see here. Halloween movie news from uh, Joe Blow. Uh, it looks like the, the, this. It looks like uh, David Gordon Green has come out and said like he's not returning just to direct one movie, but he's going to be directing back to back Halloween movies. So we're going to get two and three. And hold on. Let me read this. Bloody Disgusting claims that David Gordon Green will return to direct not just one, but two back-to-back Halloween movies that, get this, might be released in the same month? What? What? Same month? Uh, this does. This can't happen. This that, can't that's happen. That's not real. That, uh, that That's bullshit. That cannot be it. I feel you have to like you need the the time to like percolate for people to want to see the next movie if it's good. I mean, even Back to the Future two and three were like six months apart or something like that. Like you yeah, think like yeah. the same month that doesn't make sense. It makes Who's no gonna, sense. Uh, the, like, I I think I'd only see it if there was a double feature. Then I, I feel like you'd have some people walking into Halloween three that. Don't realize that they're walking into Halloween three and think they're walking into Halloween two. Yeah, that too. Like you have to have some type of like see this and then wait a half an hour. Then here's the next one or something. Like I don't know. I mean, I go to the movies every week, but does everybody like to make the trek out to the movies for like the same story? It sounds like it's a part one and part two. It's going to end on the first half is going to end on a cliffhanger uh, to make us want to come back. So it's just like. Might as well, if it's going to be out in the same month, I would just wait until the end of the month and see them both at once. Hopefully they're an hour and a half each. I don't know. I I, I don't think that this should be done. I think like you, yeah. you come out with uh, the next movie that comes out in 2020 and then you wait till 2021 at least or uh, even to be safer 2022 for the third. This just sounds ridiculous. I think it's all rumor. And I don't think that this is a strategy that Blumhouse is going to adapt. I think this is silly as fucking stupid. Yeah, if anything, I would do something like around like, like maybe start like number two come out in like February, March. So then like whatever three is, and that's like the big climactic movie. You have that come out in uh, Halloween time. Like you have it in the dark and cold for the second movie, and the third one is. Perfect time for Halloween. I don't know, but it's called Halloween. So how do you not have it come out in October? Yeah, this is stupid. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they're talking yeah. about uh, uh, the release for this new Halloween movie is October sixteenth, twenty twenty. I there's 
Like, I, I, yeah, it makes, oh, this makes no sense. This and, and no Brian, sense. because this is now, because this is considered a sequel to the first movie already, are you calling the new ones, are you giving them subtitles, or are you calling it Halloween 2 and Halloween 3? What are you doing with the, with the name titles? You call it the next Halloween, and then the third one's called the Halloween after next. I'm kidding. That's a that's a Friday. Joke. I was like, I didn't know Halloween if you were going half. Two. I was like, that's <laughs> Halloween Two Electric Boogaloo. That's what I say. You call it like, and is Halloween Three Three Two O because you've already had two H Two O or something? I don't uh, know. I don't get it. I just just call it Halloween Two, and you know, and th- I don't know. Throw up two pumpkins this time. I don't know. It's it's, <laughs> stu- it's yeah. I just think it's ridiculous. You know, as far as this strategy of releasing two Halloween movies in the same month. I, it's not going to work. Did you, did you like the reboot? Yes. Brian? I loved it. Do you want a sequel? I want a sequel, but I don't want a sequel to, uh, I don't want to see Jamie Lee Curtis's character come back in the next one. Okay. Rebecca, did you like the, the reboot? Did you see it? I did actually. I, I did, you know, I had, um, you guys know I don't see a ton of like a horror or scary movies, but I actually enjoyed this. I mean, is it really a reboot though? It's like it's a direct sequel to that to the first. It's not a Halloween. reboot. Yeah, it's uh, what they did is they took the approach of uh, you know what we've seen some other movies do that uh, kind of like disregard some of the sequels and started up. Like we're seeing this with the new. Terminator Dark Fate that's disregarding Terminator 3, Salvation and Genesis and just giving us a direct sequel to Terminator 2. Um, you know, so same thing that happened with Superman uh, Returns where they disregarded, you know, Superman 3 and A Quest for Peace and then it was a right. sequel to, you know, Superman 2. Yes, Superman 2. Um, yeah, I am, um, so I had uh, right, right before the new Halloween movie came out, I actually revisited the original one, um, which I think, you know, I mean, it's, it's definitely a period piece, but I think it still holds up for the scariness and the, and the creepiness of it. Um, and then, you know, I saw the new one in the theater. I actually had fun with it, like watching it and kind of seeing like what Michael Myers did to, um, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, what's her name? Laurie, Laurie Strode, Strode, right? Yeah, Strode. Okay. Yeah, like, I, I enjoyed that sort of seeing that, like, the real life aftermath of living through that experience of the person it made her become. You know, and of course that movie is set up for a sequel because they're all set up for sequels, but, um, so you're, I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was really good. Are, are you saying, are you saying, Brian, that you don't want Laurie Strode back in the next movie? I th- I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I feel like if they bring her back, I just don't want them to bring her back to die, right? I mean, mm-hmm. really? I mean, I felt like yeah. she finally got the best of him, even though we didn't see a body and he didn't die at the end of that movie. Like, I just don't want them to bring her back to give her, like, this grisly death. Like, yeah. so... I mean, if, if that happens, it kind of feels like Michael Myers wins in the end, right? Like, cause he, this is the one woman, like, that he didn't get to kill. Like, he killed everybody else, but she's, like, the one that got away, and he, he finally kills her, then it's like, oh, I, I fucking won. Yeah, but, um, but then they'll do this like, legacy thing with, like, his, you know, with uh, her granddaughter. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean. Cause they're all returning. 
Is that what they're going to do for the yeah. follow up? You think you think it's going to be like yeah. the granddaughter now? She's well, like Jamie Lee Curtis is coming back. I've heard that. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Judy Greer is coming back. Andy uh, Matichak is coming back. They're all coming back. Okay, I mean, we'll. I mean, we'll see how it is. Obviously, but um, I don't know. I think a sequel could work. Uh, they certainly, you know, have set it up for the. To continue that sort of like Michael Myers just can't die. Like, you know, every time he would think you've killed him, you never see a body. And so it was always the potential that he could come back. So, I mean, at some point, it, it, this will get super tropey. I mean, it's inevitable because you've got the same characters over and over again. So yeah, it's like, but, I mean, it's they've kinda... been doing it for 40 years, though. Like, and the movie. Yeah, I- Think about how much the movie made box office wide. It made, it made tons of money and it caught, I think this was a huge success for Blumhouse. Like it cost $10 million or less and Blumhouse made 15 times that. I mean, it, 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 so, and you could say it's tropey, but like it has its fans. I'm not saying it's tropey now. I'm saying that if you continue with sequels, even, even they have though. I mean, we've had sequels over the past 40 years, and it's like, I think, like, they just injected it. This last movie, in my opinion, was so good that they just breathed new life into this franchise for another fucking, at least another 10 years. People will people will flock to the theaters just to see mm-hmm. what happens. I, I, I do. I really do. Like, okay. I, I, I see, I, I feel like you easily could have, like, if this last movie wouldn't have done well... Then I, there's no reason to make another one, but it did so well and made so much money and people came out in droves to see this. I think it, it's injected enough new life into the Halloween franchise for the next 10 to 15 years for people to to come out and see these movies again. It's it's mm-hmm. it hasn't you know, I, I feel like Terminator is on its last legs right now. Terminator like if this next Terminator movie does not do what they wanted to do. Terminator's done. I think Hollywood's done with Terminator for a while. Like, I, I can't believe that either. I think, like, the only reason this next Terminator movie's getting made is because James Cameron's involved, first of all. Like, right. and you got the Deadpool guy. Like, oh, you know, because they can slap that up on the screen, which they have. The director of Deadpool, Tim Miller, and James Cameron returning. Right, I, yeah. I, I, you know, I see what you're saying. As far as like this, this you got to understand, Rebecca. This 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 franchise has survived for forty years now. Oh, I, I'm not I'm not saying yeah. it hasn't. I, I totally agree, but I think I I think you could agree with me that as they've gone on, as a lot of sequels and especially the the horror sequels do, they do get very tropey. The jump scares become very predictable. And that that's usually what people complain about, right? It's like, oh, it's it's the same old thing and now it's just cheesy and then it's blah 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 blah. Yeah, I'm but they're still that- they're still making like uh and I hate to cut you off here, but they're still making they're still trying to make new Freddy movies. Uh, we always hear about a new Freddy movie getting made. They're making a Hellraiser T V series. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got a, We just recently got a new Chucky. Chucky turned thirty-one this year. I mean, these do not go away for some reason. Like they, they just don't. How many Dracula movies have we gotten? Like these, sure. these yeah. just. The, I don't know, Steve. What is it with these horror movies? 
what is it with these uh, horror movies that that people will like continue to come back with like the the like the Hellraiser movies like honestly if I go back and watch the first Hellraiser I'm not a huge fan of it I I'm one of those people that I kind of liked it when it went down the cheesy Cenobite road but like by the time you get to Hellraiser 3 like you've got a Cenobite that throws CD-ROMs at people to kill them you know like I and I it was silly as fuck but I loved it um why are these they're not going away and I guarantee you, Jason's going to make a comeback. Right now, it's Michael Myers' time, but Jason will make a yeah. comeback. Freddy's not done. I guarantee you, Freddy's not done. We're going to get more Freddy. We're getting a fucking Candyman reboot or a sequel or whatever we're getting from Jordan Peele. Rebecca, I get it. Like, you're saying, like, when are people going to be like, okay, when are they going to be done with this? Like, when have they, when have you burned that bridge with your fan base? People keep coming back, though. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, and I don't disagree with you either. I feel like it's. I feel like it's a very. Um, it's like a really thin line that these franchises have to walk, and it's not just the horror ones. What you said about Terminator, I one hundred percent agree with you. I think if this movie doesn't do gangbusters and inject new life into the Terminator series, I think we'll never see a Terminator movie again. I, I'm just saying that there's like a very thin line that has to be walked before Hollywood says, okay, we're done. And before the fans say, okay, like, I, I yes, I have a connection to this character, but it's the movie's also cheesy as fuck. So I, I'm, I'll still go and see like the sequel to Halloween. Uh, I don't think it's going to come out two in the same month. I think. I think we're all in agreement that doesn't make any sense. Um, but I, I, I could see like, you know, six months or, a, you know, a year later if they film them back to back kind of a thing, that could be cool. I think if you set it up for Michael Myers, maybe to, I don't know, like if you get away from the legacy, that might keep new life in the franchise. I think if you constantly keep it, there's always something to do with Laurie Strode. I mean, look at Jaws four. J- Jaws four was was fucking terrible because it, they tried to tie it back to the first Jaws movie with Chief Brody's wife that this shark was hunting her and her kids down in, in revenge somehow for what happened, you know, in Jaws one. And, and the movie is terrible. And I love that first Jaws movie, but. You know, it, it it just it went down the road where they just stuck to a legacy. It didn't make any sense. No, yeah, I get it. I get it. It's just, I feel, I don't know. It feels like you know, Terminator. I, I even mentioned Terminator. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, can you really compare Terminator with these low budget Blumhouse films, Brian? Like these movies are between five to ten million dollars, and the Terminator mo- movies, you're looking at like a hundred and. Fifty million dollar plus budget, and if those fail, of course, like the studio is going to be upset. But like, I think you throw Halloween on a ten million dollar movie, you're going to at least easily double your profit, even on a bad movie. Yeah, I, I you're, you're you're right on that one. It's it's so it's it's such a hard thing to like sometimes make these movies work. I I, I do think though that. Definitely, this this recent Halloween movie absolutely injected new life into the series, and I will say that like 
you know, when you go back and watch that first Hellraiser movie, I mean, it's super cheesy. The effects are are like, I mean, they nothing holds up. I think the story is an interesting, like, scary story to tell. Um, I think it might be interesting whatever they're going to do with this series. But it's so hard to find that line to keep the keep the story interesting enough because you do want to satisfy the long-term fans, mm-hmm. but you also want to draw in new fans, yes. right? You want yeah. to draw in, you, 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 you want to, you want to satisfy the people that watch that first Terminator or that first Hellraiser or that first whatever movie with the sequel. But then you also want to draw in a new generation of people to watch the movies going forward. It's, it's a tough line to walk. I think this last Halloween did that. I think the last Halloween, like, not only did it, I think if it was your first Halloween movie, I think a lot of those people went back and watched the original. Mm-hmm. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. Steve, what are your thoughts, yeah, man? I cut um, you off the cheek. Okay. Well, I mean, for, for me, again, I'm not the biggest horror fan. I didn't grow up with horrors. Like, some of my first horror movies were movies like Scream, uh, but I never got into the Jasons or the the Michaels or like any, or the the Hellraisers or anything like that. So I watched Halloween for the first time last year in preparation for Halloween. And I think what I'm starting to realize with all of these continuations, reboots, whatever you want to call them, is that the studios aren't like, we're shocked because in the first Halloween movie, you know, you get that introduction to Michael as a kid and the shock value of finding out that who's behind this mask and it's a child in the beginning of that movie and like it sets the tone for the movie and you're really you're you're set for that character now you're on for now you're following Lori and everything else and now we get all these continuations the studios think we want the killings we want the stabbings because that's what everybody talks about when they leave the movies but the studios not understanding we're talking about those scenes because of how well they establish the characters in the beginning of the movie and with me I was actually disappointed with the latest Halloween movie, I think, because it kind of felt like they had an idea of a twist, which was the third act, and they had to figure out how to get to that point. And, I, I mean... You're definitely, John, you're definitely in the minority there, though. I, I, I'm with you yeah. there, I, and, I, and I understand that, but that's just that's just how I took it. Again, I'm not the biggest horror fan, so like that's just that's how I'm viewing these things. And... Uh, like for me now we're just getting all these just like all these these really cool killer scenes and everything all that but there's no really story behind it and it's just like now you get to these and, and you get this ending so now there's there's possibly a continuation and I, 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 I don't mean, know Danny yeah. McBride coming back as well kind of uh like I'm with uh what's it called with what Rebecca's saying like how cheesy is it going to get now how much more meta is he going to put into the writing because they're continuing it, you know, it's just like it's just. One I think of those, those are. I where... think those are your gripes and a very small group of people. Because honestly, the movie yeah. did really well. It it, it was. Uh, I think it, it was did a... well. It doesn't mean that the movie is good overall. You know, well, I mean, to you, to you, yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. mean. But I think like overall for like fans and like it was a, in my opinion, uh, a critical success. And I feel like the comedy that Danny McBride did inject into the movie worked for me. Like I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a, a good follow up. It gave me very much kind of like that Sarah Connor, like, like, uh, uh, Terminator two, like this is the Laurie Strode now who's been preparing for Michael Myers to come back. And here's the payoff of the last 40 years. 
Like for yeah, me, and that worked. was good. I agree with I agree with that part. It's just it's more of getting to certain scenes that have to occur. How we have to lose uh, like the the cell phone and everything for certain things to happen. It's just like it's just things are placed because we're in a horror movie. It's like we know we're in a horror movie. I just want to watch a story that is horrific. And, that, and that's me. Yeah, I don't think that you get Halloween. Yeah, I I guess like for me when I watch Halloween the original for the first time, that's like a masterpiece to me. That to me is like I feel like that's all, like beyond like you. I haven't seen a horror movie like Halloween almost ever. There's very few that I can like compare it to. I feel there's just it's just like it is. I understand why people hold it with such high regard. I mean, there's a lot of sequels that I don't love. I mean, I love the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre and like the sequels continually got, they progressively got worse, but there's still things about those sequels that I did enjoy. I don't know. It's, 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 I think that those are, I think the movie proved that people want more Mike Myers. And oh, I agree with that. The box office proves that you're right there. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are more your gripes. So I felt, yeah. Yeah. All right. I feel like it's more your gripes. All right. Anyway, that's, that's, that's fine, man. Yeah. We don't, we don't agree on something. Oh, ooh, shocking. Big, <laughs> big fucking Shyamalan twist there. Um, let's see. Netflix movie news deadline. Uh, this, uh, reported on this one. This is huge. Netflix takes red notice. This is a new movie that's going to be coming to Netflix. It was, uh, set for a 2020 production start. Uh, this movie is going to be starring Ryan Reynolds, Dwayne Johnson, and Gal Gadot. And uh, this was one of those movies that it looks like Universal uh, had acquired at one time. Like they were they were the uh, front runners for this one. And then Universal had some hesitation about making this film when they saw the script. And Netflix was shown the script. And this was about two weeks ago and Netflix loved it. They went, they didn't want to change anything about the script and they gave complete control to the filmmakers and they brokered a deal to get this movie made. Um, the film is going to be an international action thriller centered around the pursuit of the most wanted art thief in the world. And it takes place in multiple countries and, um, it's uh, the second big film for Netflix and Ryan Reynolds. He starred in that, uh, it hasn't come out yet, but it's a Michael Bay-directed film. That was the film that people were saying could have, could be the Thundercats movie, which is not happening. It's not a Thundercats movie. They were saying, oh, Ryan Reynolds is going to be our new Lion-O, and we're going to get Thundercats on Netflix. That's not happening. But it's a movie with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot, and it's going to be on Netflix. This is kind of huge. Um, yeah, and it's going to be about an art thief. Who's going to be the art thief? I would happen... Is it going to be, it's not going to be Dwayne Johnson. Come on. We're not having I a, hope it is. That'd be so, <laughs> come on. <That'd> be so funny. <laughs> why, why do you have an art? You won't, you won't see it coming. Why do you have an art thief hitting the gym that regularly? I, I mean, cause, cause screw, screw the lock bolts. He just rams through the fucking wall. I'm in. Uh, 
I, I will say that Dwayne The Rock Johnson would be the least likely candidate as an art thief. Therefore, it would be a funny twist if he was the art thief. But I'm going to guess it's Gal Gadot. I, that's yeah. what I'm guessing. That's who I would guess, too. Yeah, is Gal Gadot. I mean, it's it's between her and Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this sounds this sounds good. I'm I'm a big fan of like you know art thieves or just like things like uh, like Ocean's Eleven or like Leverage on TNT. Like those type of uh, shows are really good. So this sounds a lot of fun. So Universal has no involvement in it. They didn't buy it from Universal. They just they never acquired it in general. Universal had the rights to this one, so I don't know how this deal was brokered. But it sounds like maybe. Netflix had to pay some money over to Universal. Yeah, because the like they one. just made the announcement how they're not doing big budget movies anymore, or they're like they're not they're not just being like all like shotgun, like we'll just throw whatever is out there sort of, sort of thing. So it's funny, like a week later goes by, and now they're acquiring this. So I'm just curious of like does Universal still have some type of like maybe international distribution or something? Like maybe they still have their fingers in it somehow to like. Not to cut the costs, maybe or something, because yeah, Netflix doesn't want to spend so much money on the movies like Bright anymore. They want to like, be a little more conservative. So I'm just curious of how so that's going. So you're saying back that there. Universal would have theatrical releases in other countries, and it would only be something. On Netflix, like, I'm just US. curious of like that's, that's like, like they're the, not doing it's the like, opposite value. You know? That's the opposite of what happened with Annihilation. Annihilation was shown in Canada and in the United States in theaters, but then it was internationally shown. Yeah. Exactly, something like that. I I don't think that that's the case here. I think this is going to be a Netflix exclusive now. Okay, that's cool. I mean, according to, you have to take it with a grain of salt because IMDb sometimes gets stuff wrong, but yeah. they're saying that Netflix is spending $200 million on this, um, which is like the most they've ever spent on a movie. So, I mean, I don't know. It's... Um, it seems like Netflix is really – I mean you've got to imagine that Netflix is desperate to acquire as much content as possible. They're about to lose a lot of stuff. So they they are – they've got feelers out there to get new movies, new shows, new new stand-up stuff. They, they've got to keep their library flush with new content. OK. Here's the thing. Let me throw this out there. Yeah. Um, Netflix right now, uh, you know, they're uh, doing a lot of original content, and uh, they've been doing original content for five, six years now, starting with, the, you know, go back and, like, you know, uh, House of Cards and Orange is the New Black, and, and uh, you know, you go back, and, like, that's where it kind of, like, all started. And, you know, now they're doing Stranger Things and all these other, all these Netflix originals. Um, and they're going to be losing friends. They're going to be losing the office. Now, Disney Plus, they're projecting that they're going to have about, in five years, 130 million subscribers, which is going to be 9 million short of what Netflix has currently. And I think, like, that's what Netflix is planning on doing here, is they're trying to get a bunch of Netflix originals and get people to watch this stuff especially younger people i really think they have a focus on younger people right now because these 13 year olds that are watching netflix originals now like stranger things my niece loves she's 12 loves stranger things loves stranger things now in about five six years 
she'll be headed off to college. And what's one of those things that she's probably going to want when she goes off to college? A Netflix subscription. Right? And that's that's what they're trying to... I think that's what they're trying to ingrain into younger people and trying to give them a bunch of stuff, a bunch of content that they're going to love right now. By the time they're going to college, they're thinking to themselves, oh, got to get that Netflix... i got to stay on mom and dad's Netflix subscription or get my own. And... You know, they're wanting a service that's going to grow with you over time. So they're doing as much as they can right now to put out as many originals that you're only going to be able to watch on Netflix that a lot of people are going to grow up with now. Does that make sense? Or am I making sense? Yeah. What you're saying, yeah. yeah, what you're saying makes total sense because they're going to have to, you're right. They are going to have to appeal to those, that, that younger, demographic like the same age as your niece all, all those teenagers all those teens that are less than 10 years away from going to college they're they're gonna go to college and they're gonna want to be able to have their own netflix account uh to you know watch stuff because they're going to be away from home so yeah what, what you're saying makes total sense they want netflix to be a part of your life you know what i mean they don't want you to forget about it like if your parents they, uh, you grew up and that your parents went to a certain bank or your parents went to a certain car dealership all these years or your parents went to a certain grocery store. Like, oh, my parents, they go to this grocery store. They go to, you know, this is where we, like, that, some of that stuff gets handed down. And Netflix is one of those things where, like, I feel like they're really, a lot can change in five years. And I think Netflix is like, they realize that. They're looking towards the future. A lot can change in five years, especially five years for somebody who's 13. In five years, they're going to be of college age. I, 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 I really think that Netflix is, I think they're doing the, the right thing right now. And I think one of the, here's the thing. Let me throw this out to you. I think one of the big reasons that people are watching Friends and people are watching The Office is because it's so easily accessible on Netflix. Is it enough for all those people? And I'm not saying I'm not talking to the one or 10 percent of people that are diehard Friends fans, diehard Office fans. I'm not talking about them. They're going to switch over and they're going to watch those any way possible. Actually, those people already probably own those series on DVD or Blu-ray. So they're not even concerned about it. Um is it one of those things where people are going to leave Netflix to go to the new HBO Max to watch Friends, or they're going to leave and go to NBC Universal Streaming to watch The Office? They're going to jump ship from Netflix completely just for one of those two shows. Is it enough? Just for just for friends, I'm saying office? like there, you're gonna so. have you're gonna have some people do it. You're gonna have that one to ten percent that are just like I'm. I'm a huge fan of The Office. Honestly, I think like if those people were such huge fans, they'd own it on Blu-ray or DVD. Those seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm also thinking of like, you know, once Disney Plus gets off the ground, I mean. They're, they're gonna pull all their stuff from, from Netflix, I would imagine. Like all their, all the Marvel movies, anything Disney, anything, anything like that, they're, they're gonna pull and 
certainly, you know, Netflix is going to lose that back catalog. Um, we already know they're not going to be making new Marvel Netflix series. We, you know, we, we've known that for a long time. So yeah, it's, Netflix is smart to be doing a lot of new programming now because, yeah, in five years when, you know, Johnny's off at college and he wants to watch something on Netflix, he's going to go back and, oh, let me watch that thing that I watched when I was a kid and I really liked. Oh, it's on Netflix. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think yeah. that that's, yeah, that's you've the got it. Thing to you, do. you, you, you're, you're totally like picking up what I'm saying. Here's the thing though. It's like, it's like, even if you go to that Disney Plus, like th- those people that are like, I gotta watch The Mandalorian, I've gotta watch like these shows that are, these Marvel movies that are leaving. Like, you've seen the movie though, like you've seen it, like you've seen Civil War, you've seen The Winter Soldier, you've seen Endgame. Like, but Netflix is constantly giving you something new. And some of it's adult programming. Like, I'm not gonna be able to get on Disney Plus and watch Black Mirror. Right? Sure. I'm not going to be able to get on Disney Plus and watch Glow. I'm not right. going to be able to get on Disney Plus and watch Dead to Me or Russian Doll. I'm not going to be able to watch those types of Umbrella Academy. I'm not watching those shows on Disney Plus. I just feel like Netflix has a broader selection. Like they can give you comic book stuff yeah it might be dark horse or vertigo or whatever it's not marvel but they can give you the comic book stuff and but they can also give you like the hardcore sci-fi not just in a series like altered carbon but they can give it to you in a movie like i am mother i just feel like it's broader like they're not limited to disney's a huge brand i'm not trying to knock disney like there's a there's a huge value for parents to be able to watch any Pixar movie at any time with their kids for five ninety nine six ninety nine. That's huge. But those kids are going to grow up, and mom and dad, when those kids go to bed, are going to want to be able to watch something too. And I feel like Netflix is going to be able to offer like that adult programming. So I don't know. Am I am I making sense here? I don't know. No, you you totally are. I th- I think that you totally are. And I think that there's definitely I think there's definitely something to be said for watching shows and movies that you grew up with that feel comfortable. Um sometimes you just want to do that. Sometimes you just want to watch something that you're really familiar with because you don't want to watch anything new and I think for those kids that when they are, you know, off at college as the as the demographic that we're talking about here they're going to want to go and watch stuff that they saw on Netflix for the first time when they were, you know, in that teenage or that, or that preteen range. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's room for both. It's just going to be, I think that, but again, I think that just speaks to Netflix loading up on original content now. Speaking of original content, IMDB is planning its first ever scripted series. Huh. Yeah, they've done original. They've done original shows before, but there's it's not it's never been anything scripted, and so far, you know, all of it's been free. I don't know if IMDb plans to go to like a paid thing where you have to pay to watch their content. I think that that would be silly. But anyway, IMDb and uh, this comes from Dark Horizons. IMDb has announced uh, its first ever animated series. You're not a monster. 
fans will get a sneak peek of the 10 episode short form series when it tra- when the trailer premieres at Comic-Con later this month ahead of the show's premiere this fall. Kelsey Grammer voices a former psychiatrist turned vampire in the series who mentors his great great grandson Max played by Eric Stone Street, a therapist who has inherited his practice. Uh, in each four to five minute episode, Max treats classic monsters, including Frankenstein, the Invisible Man, and Medusa, as they seek desperately needed therapeutic help. I, Rebecca, I kind of love this. Steve, I kind of love this. I don't know, Rebecca, if you remember a show on Comedy Central called Dr. Katz, where he would... Dr. Katz was also like a comedian and he would um, give, you know, therapy to actual comedians, like like real comedians, and they would sit on his couch and it was it was a fun little show. Do you remember that show, Rebecca? I'm blanking on that. Katz with a K? Yeah, K-T-Z. Dr. Katz. I used to love that. Dr. Katz, professional therapist. Yeah, I used to love that show. Uh... Oh, this looks familiar. I I might have seen a couple of episodes of this. I don't think I watched. I didn't watch it like regularly, but I I, I okay. I'm I'm looking at like still photos from the show uh-huh. or still frames. I, I I've seen an episode or two of this. Yeah, oh, I I was obsessed with Doctor Katz in the nineties. I loved Doctor Katz. This is going to be four to five minute episodes, though. Kelsey Grammer is going to be in this. And uh, it's going to be him mentoring his great-great-grandson as he gives therapy to Frankenstein, the Invisible Man, Medusa, probably like, you know, like uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon and stuff like that. Like, this sounds like a lot mm. of fun. I I don't see IMDb charging people to watch this. I think it'll they'll just drop it on, you know, like like their app or or whatever and you can just watch it there. So I've watched a few of the IMDb originals. They're not scripted. It's just, you know, but it's so far it's been free and it's been fun and I this sounds like something that I would watch. I I'd give this 4 to 5 minutes. I I just don't see IMDb originals taking off though. I don't think like it's they're ever going to have like a Stranger Things like where people are like No. I, no, yeah. I mean I, yeah, I, I can't imagine people paying for an IMDb show. Um, it, it's it's going to be animated, you said. Yeah, right? it's, it's all animated. It looks like they've got yeah, that makes sense. Guests lined up like Pat Oswalt and Amos Sedaris, and and uh, so yeah, they've got some people lined up here to play monsters. You know, it's a goofy premise, but at five minutes an episode, I'd watch it. Because it's 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 what we were talking about before the problem with the Fred Savage show it's too long, you know f- five minutes for a goofy pr- a premise, I I'd watch it the jokes will probably be great like you've got to have great jokes if it's only five minutes long. Oh you yeah know. yeah, it sounds like uh, Frasier as a vampire. Yeah yeah a yeah. little bit of Frasier as so, a vampire. Is he going to get I, his new show? Have you guys heard about that? Like the re- I've heard they want to they yeah. want to bring it back, but I don't know how they're going to do it. I read that they have six different pitches for this. Like this is something they want to get done, and they've got six different pitches on this, and they're trying to narrow it down. Like to 
it's going to be, it's not going to be him back in Boston, you know, like in the Cheers or stuff. Seattle. Or Seattle. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be a completely new location. And, prob- and the father passed away, so they're going to have to do something about that as well. Well, they'll just explain that he's dead. And I, I know, but it sucks. It's just like the, the Frasier starts with him, like moving in with his dad, and they'll probably start the new series with something about his dad as well. It's just like, it's kind of like a, a weird coincidence. Well, I mean, on, if you watch the original Cheers, he tells people that his father was dead. And then they, yeah, they joke about that when yeah. they come into uh, when they come and visit him in Frasier. They're uh-huh. like, "Oh, he told me you were dead." Yeah, they they had to explain that when by the time you watch Frasier. But yeah. I hope. Oh God, I love Kelsey Grammer. God, I yeah. love him. I just I hope that they drop all this at once because if they're doing this weekly, we're going people are going to forget about this. I feel. Oh, it's not the, on Netflix. It's the, not going to pop up in front of your screen. So it's like if you go yeah. out and search for this, I hope all these episodes – if they're only five minutes apiece, drop them all at once then. You're right. I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, I can't wait for the next five minutes of this show next week. Yeah. You're right. Drop them all at the same time. I yeah, agree. For sure. 100%. That's like the only thing I'm hoping for, but it does sound good. Uh, let's see here. I got Terminator Dark Fate talk here. This comes from Dark Horizons and they, uh, Variety was actually speaking with, uh, Tim Miller and he, uh, was talking about, uh, fan skepticism of the film. And he says, when I read online when we announced the film Terminator 6, for fuck's sakes, why don't they, he, oh, he said, when I read online when we announced the film Terminator 6, for fuck's sakes, why don't they let it die? I, I understand where these people are coming from. If it's not great, then we've had enough. Jim's movies are grounded in reality and character and just happen to have time travel and robots. I'm wired the same way. I want to give the audience a story about Sarah and these new characters and make everything else as realistic as possible. I want to sit in the audience and believe that this shit could happen to me. That's how I'm approaching it. Um, So... He's uh, basically saying, like, you know, yeah, this is uh, this is a Terminator for 2019. You know, I want to make you believe that this could happen. Blah blah blah. Uh, he's also saying, like, uh, I understand the Terminator fatigue. If this doesn't work, we're done. Um, what? Here's the thing. Like, I I was against this movie. Then I saw the trailer. I was hopeful and but I'm always having to bring myself back down to reality you're not getting your hopes up well here's the thing Steve it's one of those things like when have we gotten when's the last time we've gotten a great Terminator movie it was 1991 I was 13 years I was 13 years old the last time I saw a great Terminator movie. I still Tupperware the fuck out of the trailer, Steve. But <laughs> I, I, I can. I, I, it's a great trailer, in yeah. my opinion. I like the trailer too. Yeah, it's. It, a, I'm excited. For I it. can yeah. still Tupperware the trailer. That has nothing to. At, at the end of the day, when the movie comes out, and if it's not good, it doesn't mean that I was wrong to like that trailer. Like. Oh, that's, yeah. No, that's, you're making sense. That's the beauty of watching back in 1997 or 98 when I watched the Jerry Bruckheimer Godzilla trailer. That trailer was 
that teaser trailer was gorgeous. It was beautiful. You had the guy at the end of the dock there, and you see this big wave. And then this guy realizes that this wave is coming towards him. And he starts running down the dock as the dock is exploding behind him. And it's the arrival of Godzilla. That trailer fucking blew everybody's mind. It was an amazing trailer. And it got everybody's attention. Like, oh my god, I can't wait for this next Godzilla movie. And the movie was fucking terrible. But back in 1997, 98, when I watched that movie in the theater, that trailer for the first time in the theater... Like, if you would have asked me back then if I would have had the PCL rating system in front of me, I'd have been like, oh, my God, that's a Tupperware. Like, we – all my friends talked about that trailer. It was an amazing trailer. But – and I think, like, this new Terminator trailer, it screams Terminator. It screams nostalgia. It screams, like, oh, my God, we're finally getting Sarah Connor back, and it looks great, and I really want to see this. But at the end of the Do day, th- am I going to get a great Terminator movie? Dude, I – like – like, gun to the head, I'm saying no. I don't care if James Cameron's back, if Tim Miller's doing this, and I love Deadpool. At the end of the day, I can't, I don't think I'm going to walk out of the theater and say, oh my God, I feel like a 13-year-old kid again watching Terminator 2. So with the way that Tim Miller's phrasing this and saying it all, do you think this could be the final chapter for uh, Sarah Connors? I think the way that he's saying this is like, I understand the Terminator fatigue, and if this doesn't work, it's done. I'm not, I don't, I don't get anything out of that saying like Sarah Connors is gonna die in this one. Okay, cause I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm curious of like, does the story end like in a, uh, like a, an actual staple ending with a little hint of like possible, like, like uh, sequels, but this could be the final. Oh, they want to uh, do a Terminator movie. No, they want to do more. After well, they always want to do more, but like because James Cameron now has control because he got the rights back, gave it to Tim Miller. This could be like one of those things where it's like, let's finish the Connor storyline. Then, if people really like it, we could start something new. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it could be like that. Uh, the Force Awakens, where it's like. Let's kill off like the legacy characters one at a time until you're comfortable to move forward with Ray, Finn, and Poe. Right, but with this one, you only really have Sarah Connors. Well, they still have to explain what happened to John, and you have Arnold Schwarzenegger coming back in some capacity in this one. Yeah, that's very interesting how they're bringing him back. I'm really curious to see how that works out. Yeah, a lot of people have been saying that he's playing the human version of where that robot was inspired from but like i don't dude i don't know i really don't know like is he still playing it you know a terminator in this one because like it looked to me like there's a scene where they're underwater there looks you can't tell but it looks like it fucking looks like arnold underwater punching yeah no it looks like like the the terminator tackled him into the water or something it's like it's arnold's back yeah, towards you and if you're water. a human yeah. punching a Terminator, like you're not moving that jawline or that head, yeah. off. like you're fucking your hand up, right? Oh yeah, uh, Rebecca, are you excited for Terminator: Dark Fate? Are you? Uh, wh- where, where do you stand with Terminator? I mean, um, love Terminator, love T two. Beyond that, I don't. Beyond that, my my Terminator experience gets a little fuzzy. I. I for sure didn't watch the last one. 
Genesis. And then I no, there I didn't watch Genesis. And then I don't think I watched the one before that. If I did, I don't remember it. So, um, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think, I think I'm like mildly excited. I, I wouldn't call myself like a super fan of the Terminator franchise. I'm more of a casual fan. Mm. Like if, if Terminator was on TV right now, I would totally stop what I was doing and watch the whole thing. It's same for T2. I, I enjoy both of those movies very much. I, I'm not, I, I don't think I'm at like your level of enjoyment of the, of the franchise, but I still think that this is, I think it's smart to bring back Sarah Connors because um, I think that she had, you know, she's the, my, in my opinion, she was like the heart and soul of those movies, uh, her and her interaction with Arnold, of course. So, I mean, it's smart to bring them both back. Um, I I do think that they may kill her off here, though. I really do. I think that they're going to kill her off so that they could go forward, hopefully, with other with other characters it just that's the thing that makes sense to me as far as if you want to continue your franchise into a whole nother generation of fans but i i i am i am i would say i am i'm excited for the movie um i i'll definitely watch it in the theater um i think it i i'm a big fan of the new the actor who's playing the new terminator um oh shit i'm blanking on his name uh, it's, uh, Luna. What's his name? Diego Luna. I'm a big fan Is of- Is it Gabriel? I, I, I think it's Gabriel. Gabriel. I'm saying Diego Luna for the other, other actor. Yeah, I, I've done right. it, I've done it too. You're not the only yeah. one. I mean, it's- <laughs> They're both named Luna and I both, I, I, I like both of their careers. I like both of their work and I'm confusing them, but, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I also am a fan of this other actor, Gabriel Luna. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think they've cast some really interesting people. Uh, I'll for sure watch it. Um, I, I don't, I don't know how it's gonna go though. Cause I, I, like you, I, I'll watch it, but I have a feeling it's not gonna be great. I'll feel slighted at the end of the day if this movie starts off and John's just dead. I'm sorry, but like, if you're telling me that Terminator 3, uh, Salvation and Genesis are not canon and this is the sequel, if this movie just starts off and John, the main character that we've been, one of the main characters that we've been following for like the past like you know 30 years now with this franchise uh since it was introduced back in 1984 if you're telling me like he's just dead at the beginning of this i'll feel slighted as a fan a little bit like like i like so his death just happened off screen you're just telling me yeah about it? i i think that would be i think that's a huge fuck you to all to the fans though right like <laughs> kind of fucked up it's it is it, it would be like I, I can't even think of a comparison but like a character that's such a big part of a franchise and you don't even show his death on screen you just yada yada your way past his death i think that's yeah that's be, a big fuck you to the fans kind of, yeah i guess i yeah you're would right you be, you're would right would you be okay right. if they killed him in the beginning of like if you saw his death that would that would be better yeah it okay. would it would be better uh, I, I think it's always better to show it, like, rather than yada yada your way past it, because they think then, then it becomes like, well, wait a minute, this character that I've invested so much time and feelings in, and, and I'm, I, I want to see what happens to them, and I, I'm genuinely concerned for this character, it's just like, Oh yeah, he died. And now on with the show, it's, it's just, it really is a fuck you to the fans. Yeah. 
Yeah. Did you guys? Did you hear that the original ending, the new Predator movie that came out, the Predator? Did you hear the original ending for the Predator? At the end of the movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to show up, and he was going to say, "Come with me if you want to live." He was going to be Dutch from the first movie, but he was going to throw out a Terminator line and say, "Come with me if you want to live." Yeah, he was going to show up in a helicopter or some crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. I hope, I hope, I hope this, I hope Dark Fate is great. Like, I, I loved the trailer. I thought the trailer was fantastic. Um, it's, it really got my hopes up watching it, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm sitting back and I'm thinking to myself, am I really gonna walk out of the theater and be like, oh my god, Terminator's back. This is, this is, you know, like what they did with Halloween. Halloween's been, yeah, injected new life into the Halloween franchise. Have they? Are they going to be able to do that? Is Terminator once again going to be able to capture the imaginations of millions of people? Because it did. I mean, that first Terminator was fantastic, and the second one just came out like gang- gangbusters. Like that was the movie of the summer. Like that mm-hmm. was like Terminator Two. To me, is still my favorite movie of all time. It's a really great. It's it's a it's a really great sequel. It and and that's hard to do with a movie like Terminator that was so so well. I think it was it was really popular, and I think people really loved it. And then you come out with a sequel that people might some people might even prefer T two over the over the first. Movie. I think everybody or, prefers T two okay, over the T one. Okay, cool. I, 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 uh, I don't. You're I, fucking wow. an idiot, though. I, I really like. I really like the. I, I love them both. Don't get me wrong. Come on, get great, the fuck the first, out of here. I like the. I like the horror aspect in the first one more than the. Get action the fuck out of now. Now one. you're pissing me off. Like when the fuck did? <laughs> hold on. When the fuck did you watch T two? How fucking old were you? Uh, fucking twenty one. Oh, like, it was like yeah, yeah. I was like it was like five years. Yeah, ago, get the so. fuck out of here. Sorry, I'm drunk. <laughs> No, like no, you're, you're now you're now you're now you're fucking you're walking on holy ground. You're walking. You're you're fucking. Like you remember midsummer where the kid pissed on the ancient tree? That's what you're doing right now. You're pissing. You're pissing on the ancient tree right now with these comments. You're out of your I'm mind. Not, no, I I still Tupperware them both. I'm just saying, I would take. And the same thing goes for like Alien and Aliens. Oh. Come on, get the fuck out of here! Uh, Alien, of course, I, is better. I'm just saying, I like the horror. Uh, I like the horror aspect in the in that more in the first one when she's when she's fighting him off in the warehouse at the end. It's so good. It's it's fucking even better in the fucking second one with her son there. It's the same. Yeah. They're the same He's fucking movie. Annoying little shit. Oh come on, fucking Edward Furlong is one of the best child actors. That, that that you saw in the nineties. I don't yeah, give a no, fuck what you said. It, he's not annoying. The fucking is relationship he, that he had with the Terminator, fucking is great. incredible. The, I'm not disagreeing with you there. I'm just saying the way they wrote him in the beginning. I was just like, man, this kid's annoying. But I get it. He is not wrong. annoying. The kid has but, been. The kids jump from foster home to foster home. Is he still around? Like, would they bring him back? For the only John Connor. No, they never brought him back as John Connor. He's uh. Uh, the, the only thing that I know that he's ever been involved in recently is like animal rights activism. I, I, I mean, I, he's, like, could they, yeah, like, Edward Furlong is not in, in acting shape to play no, the character of John okay. Connor. Oh, oh, in no way. That, 
that kid, well, he's not a kid anymore, but he went through a lot of, I think, drug abuse and alcohol abuse. Like that mm. kid had a terrible, terrible time with it. And I think he has completely stepped away from Hollywood. Yeah, that's what, okay. I, uh, dude, what, that's one thing that I will, I, I will get, I will get violent with this Terminator 2. I love that movie, Steve. I'm no, sorry. and I love it too. I get, I love the yeah. passion for it. Don't get me wrong. My, my yeah. favorite movie of all time is Back to the Future. Oh, I love Back to the Future. If I ever hear that they greenlit a reboot or, or a continuation, yeah. I'm going to throw a fit. Yeah, I'm with you so 100%. I hear you, I'm with you 100%. Yeah. And, and, uh, I just, you know, I I don't know. I have a lot of love for Terminator Two, and like yeah, no, I get. And you saw it at the yeah. perfect time. Yeah, I was. I mean, you saw it at was, the age of you were John Connor. I was that like, exactly, yeah. exactly. I get it. I, I'm not mad, Steve. I love. See, that's a fucking thing. You people yeah. listen to this show, and I get I get on here and I get angry and I get passionate and I start. And and the thing is like. You gotta understand, when have you not been out at a bar with your friends and just fucking like went off on something and gone back and forth, but at the end of the day, at the, you're, you're all drinking, having a good time and you flip out on each other a little bit, but you know what? It brings you closer together. Right? At the end of the day, it fucking like, when people fucking like hash things out, it brings them fuck, I, 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 like every argument that we've ever gotten into, Steve, has never it's never resulted in us not talking again and also no. it's made me understand you a little bit more yeah. like no it, i completely agree with you like we we get we we bond that's the whole point of bonding is understanding mm-hmm. things of each other and like yeah. you, and you you also appreciate things different ways because like i've said earlier like you'll bring up something that like i might not have thought of before yeah. and i'll be like oh you bring up a good point Absolutely. and that's what to me makes good conversation I don't know. People, people think that I'm just a big fucking, no, here's the, like, uh, people think I'm a bully. People think I'm an asshole. But you know what? At the end of the day, I'm, I'm making real connections with people because I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pull back on who I am. And like, but, yeah. but I, it, just because I feel so strongly about a fucking movie doesn't mean that I think that <laughs> spoiler Steve is a piece of shit in real life or, or you Rebecca or anybody we have on the episode. I value all your opinions. I value everything about you as people. Like I, I, I you know, I, I love the fact that we can have these conversations. I'm not going to sit here and fucking like, I don't want you to pander to me and I don't want, I don't want to pander to you. And, right. uh, at the end, you know, it's like Jake doesn't pander to me, you know? No. And here we are still six fucking years later doing this show and we've had some huge arguments on this show. Jake has pissed me off. I've pissed him off. It doesn't happen all the time, but it has happened in the past. But no, you, you guys, you definitely like you agree a lot on a lot of things. Yeah. You guys are also like closer in age. You know, you're within, I think, the same generation. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know your ages specifically, but I believe it's what seems We're like within two and months. Yeah. You, yeah. you both kind of just stand your ground when when you both have something to say you go with it like i mean you know jake's never turned back from uh hating the after credits scene you know he loves phantom menace like that's just that that's just part of who he is and that, here's the and thing he doesn't shy away from it there's a lot that like people don't oh god people people think they fucking know everything i'm just a big fucking bully <laughs> i'm just a big fucking bully i'm a big fucking asshole i grew up in a household where I, as a kid especially out in public where it was better to be seen and not heard and I was very like, like there was a, like my parents really just 
they wanted to put up like this appearance that like this is who we are and we were just like well behaved and like just shut up in public. And so Yeah, it's definitely the, the like the middle America yeah. uh, behavior. And so yeah. I, I was that's how I was raised and so like by the time I finally got out on my own and was able to say and do whatever the fuck I wanted to do, I finally found my voice. And so God forbid <laughs> that I have strong opinions. And everybody that thinks I'm a bully, fuck you. You don't know what a bully is. Go online and see what these fucking cowards who are typing shit behind a fucking fake name are saying to some of the people out there. I would never say half of the shit that people are saying to people. It's disgusting. So, at least I'm saying shit to people that I fucking know and love, so fuck off. Anyway. (laughs) It pisses me off. I'm sorry. Um, No, I hear you. Let's see here. And we're all friends at the end of the day. Are you excited for this Zack Snyder Norse mythology anime series, Rebecca? Um, excited. I'm intrigued. I think it sounds interesting. Um, I never would have thought Zack Snyder for an anime guy, but, uh, I think it's an interesting topic. Mm. Um, you know, this is like I think this is a Netflix deal, right? It is, it's it's Netflix. It's uh, it's gonna be a, a Norse mythology. There's really not a lot of information th- about this at all. Yeah, as I think, yeah, because I read the article. Um, yeah, it's like this deal he's made uh, with Netflix, and he's going to produce this anime series about Norse gods. And well, about, he's, like, doing, he's doing the Army of the Dead, which is that zombie feature film that he's coming out on Netflix. Right, And then right. this is going to be the next thing after that. This is actually Zack Snyder's first ever TV project. Yeah, I mean, definitely I'm intrigued. I mean, I at this point, I... I you know, I, I know his film style. I know what he's capable of doing. Um, I think it fits in his wheelhouse for sure. I think, you know, some of the, the projects from Zack Snyder that I have always enjoyed are is stuff like Watchmen, Man of Steel, and 300, where it's like dark, dark stuff, violent, gritty. I think that's where he excels. So to do a, a Nordic series a nordic anime series i think that that fits in his wheelhouse so i think it's a good i think it's a good fit i i'm intrigued to see what what it looks like steve was that your alexa yeah no that was not me I th- that was that was me i'm sorry it was siri mm-hmm. oh, i leaned siri. on the button sorry it was me don't worry about it it's all good i was just curious um <laughs> steve are you are you excited about a Zack Snyder uh, Netflix series uh, dealing with Norse mythology? I Tupperware this news because, yeah, I'm very excited for this because uh, I've always said in like past Zack Snyder reviews that he's a much, I feel like he's a much better cinematographer at times. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's uh, and very good. See, yeah. And you can see that. So like cinematography, anime, kind of in the same wheelhouse in a sense when you're talking about like visually stunning things. And then – I've always thought his stories are too long and he'd be better in TV form. So, yeah, this is, I think, perfect for him. This is what I think he should have always done because uh, Watchmen's, what, four hours director's cut? Uh, uh, Super uh, Man of Steel's two and a half hours, like all of his movies. Like, he, he likes to 
put in a story with this uh, visual stunning effects, and I think this is the perfect route for him. I shockingly, I am going to. I'm not excited nor bummed out by this news. I don't really care. I like Zack Snyder quite a bit. Like, I'm not a Zack Snyder detractor by any means, but like, I don't know what a Zack Snyder anime series means. Does that make sense? Like, this is Zack Snyder meets anime, which I guess you could make the case that, like, Sucker Punch and Man of Steel and stuff like that, like, has very, like, sometimes it has, like, a very anime feel, like, a very, like, an anime look to it. It's some Yeah, the, the fight yeah. scenes in 300. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah, very epic and I this is something I have to see before I can really gauge. I'm not excited and I'm not bummed out. I'm intrigued. I'm going to have to give this yeah. the classic rating which I haven't given in a long time. I'm going to give it a Lee Tapscott freeze it. Lee Tapscott, one of our <laughs> listeners, he pen he uh came up with the uh rating of freeze it when we just don't know what the fuck to do and i am at a freeze it right now because like oh. i am not like overly excited and over the moon for this news but i'm not like but i'm not like oh fucking i tossed this shit oh my god i am this this news kind of like uh i don't know it's i don't know where to go with this this is <laughs> i it's weird it's not it, it, it is weird. I'm not going to – I do agree with you that when I first read the article, I was like, huh, Zack Snyder and anime. But, Steve, you, you said something that I had also thought when I when I heard this news about how the fight scenes in 300 had a very anime feel to it. Yeah. And I, I think 300 could easily be an anime as well. You, you, you could have made that same movie scene for scene as an anime and it would have worked 100%. Mm. I don't think you could say that about every movie that's ever been made out there. So I, I totally get where you're coming from, Brian. I guess if I had to like rate it, I might freeze it too, but, um, I, I, I'm, I'm more intrigued than anything else. I am, I am interested to see like, I know it's like super early in the development, but like I'm interested to see like a teaser trailer or a sizzle reel or yeah. just kind of a or just a storyline, like or just like a, a, a synopsis, a premise. Because um, I think from there I could kind of in my head imagine how it might look. But uh, yeah, I'm interested to see more for sure about this. I love what Steve's saying. Like I, I hope it, you know, because. I hope it's great. It's one of those things, like, if they would have told me, like, if the news was Zack Snyder is going to be making a Norse mythology live-action series for Netflix, I'd be like, Tupperware, can't wait. It's just, it's the fact that it's an anime series from Zack Snyder, which I've got to see this. Like, this is, I I don't know what I'm going to get with this. I've, I've got to see this. Like, you know, like, the whole... The Castlevania series, like, once I watched that first season, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so in. Like, if they make it even close to that, I'll be all in on this fucking show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, that's a that's a good call because um, Castlevania was not really something that was ever on my radar, but I watched that first season, and, boy, did I enjoy that. And then the second season was just outstanding. And that that's kind of how I imagine this might look, is, like, 
I kind of imagine that sort of same darker overtone that Zack Snyder does. So I don't know. This could be pretty good. This could be, yeah, it, this could be a good show. Yeah, we will see. Why am I talking like this? Um, <laughs> this is stupid, and I hate. <laughs> I hate this episode, and I hate. Oui, oui. Oh no! <laughs> it's, this is a good one. No, it's not. It's a good one. It's, yeah, yeah, it's fine. See, yeah, Steve, Steve <laughs> with uh, his realistic uh, review there. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, that's what that's what I shoot for every week, Steve. I hope this episode will be fine for our listeners. <laughs> Don't want to get your hopes up. Yeah. I, I hope those fuckers that think that I'm just a big bully asshole think this episode's fine. I sure hope I can. Whatever. I hope I can what? come through for them. I think people that listen to this show on the regular and really, I think, I think you're, you're dyed in the wool hardcore PCL listeners know that you are not a bully. They know that. that They know that you are just a passionate person who feels strongly about your fandom. And I drink on these episodes. Alcohol is a big component. Amazing! I love alcohol. It's great because it makes for a funnier episode. I think some of our funniest episodes that I've been on with you guys are with like you drinking vodka. Two, two weeks ago, you were on the show making promises you were going to come out here to New York City and watch teenage slutty bounty hunters or whatever with me on my couch. I don't so I mean, remember that. I know you don't remember, I but don't. it's hilarious. That's the thing. It's like you you sent me a Facebook message saying like Brian, you made promises to come out to New York, <laughs> and I literally this is the weird thing. When I wrote the synopsis for that episode two weeks ago, episode 290, I started to like, okay, yeah, we talked about this. We talked about this. And then I was like, oh, my God, did we talk about that? Because I don't remember. (laughs) And then I was like, I think we talked about this. I got so drunk that episode on drinking vodka that – I don't remember like what we talked about the last two hours, but I do remember falling down in my house God. <laughs> before I went to bed. And I was like, Oh my, that's one of the, no, it snuck up on me because like I'm sitting down and like you, mm-hmm. you're sitting down and then all of a sudden, like, but you're drinking and then all of a sudden like the episode's done and it's like, okay, when you stand up, it's like, Hello, circulation. Yeah, absolutely. And then I was like, oh, my God, I am fucking drunk and stumbling. <laughs> this is ridiculous. And so, like, the next day, I had no, I still have no idea what we talked about those last two hours. And I refuse to listen to those last two hours <laughs> because I am ashamed, probably, of <laughs> what I said. In that episode, I have no idea what was said in that episode. Mm. Quibby, Quibby. They stand for Quick Bites, people. That's a new streaming service that's going to be coming out. They have ordered their first superhero show with Doug Lyman attached to direct it. 
Doug Lyman's digital production company, 30 Ninjas, is also producing a show called Crazy Talented. It's based on a short story by Jumper author Steve Gould. Lyman directed a 2008 film based on that novel. Uh, and it's written by Michael Karna from Alphas. Alphas people. Rebecca, Steve, don't think you guys have watched it, but it was a sci-fi show that lasted two seasons, and I'm a huge fan of Alphas. And guess what sci-fi did to it? Canceled it like everything else. Boom, they canceled it. And so uh, this is written by Michael Carno, big fan of him and Alphas. Uh, Quibi's description of the show reads, the world's most powerful superheroes are trying to stop the world's most devastating threat. And alien weapons falling into the wrong hands and obliterating life as we know it. At least that's what they've been told. In Crazy Talented, patients on a psych ward are convinced by a charismatic leader that their defects are actually extraordinary talents. He's clearly out of his mind, but just because it's crazy doesn't mean it's true. Uh, this uh, series is the second Quibi project for 30 Ninjas. They're also doing a uh, show with Lost co-creator Jeffrey Lieber, uh, his sci-fi drama, Don't Look Deeper, which stars Don Shadle and will be directed by Catherine Hardwick. Uh, did, aren't they going to do a fucking, uh, what's it, uh, Varsity Blues? Aren't they doing Varsity Blues now? A Varsity Blues mm-hmm. project? Yeah, they're doing that too. They're doing uh, projects with Idris Elba, Darren Chris, Tyra Banks, Jennifer Lopez, Lauren Michaels, Anna Kendrick. Paul- Paul Feig. Paul Feig. Jeffrey, so- um, Stephen Sondheim, I think. No, not Stephen Sondheim. Steven Soderbergh. Steven Soderbergh and Steven Spielberg. I mean. Yeah, Steven have, Spielberg. They, I'm telling you, man, they are lining up incredible talent. That rum they and are, coke, that rum and coke is, uh, catching up with you, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> you, well, uh, Steven Soderbergh turned into like Steven Summerberger. Steven like, like what was time, which is <laughs> not even close to what I was. I haven't had rum and coke in a while. I've you? Been, oh, I love it. I love oh, it. It's, oh, it's going to get worse, my friend. I just had another one. It's about to get worse. <laughs> yeah, sure. That done something with Stephen somehow. I'm going to turn into Vodka Brian in a minute here. Oh, my God. Vodka Brian. Vodka Any promises Brian. I make from here on out are not valid. <laughs> I'm not doing anything I promise to do from now on. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, Steve's like, uh, Quibi. I don't know. I don't know. I, is, is Steve, Quibi. Is Quibi going to be it's the people? If you don't know what Quibi is, it stands for Quick Bites. It's going to be a new streaming service. Uh, they're coming out with, uh, uh, short form stories from, oh, Antoine Fuqua is doing a series for them as well, Rebecca. It's short form stories. We don't know if it's going to be weekly or dropped all at once. But uh, each episode of whatever they do, whatever project, is going to be between very short, like four to five minutes is kind of like what we've uh, uh, agreed upon is what we're hearing. And um, so I guess they're trying to play to like people with short attention spans and try to play to people that watch YouTube videos, you real quick YouTube videos and stuff like that. Is this is this going to work? Is this a viable option in the streaming realm, Steve? 
Yeah, uh, I mean, this is the I've been hearing a lot about the Quibi because of what you've been reporting on with them and everything. And this is the first thing that actually has my attention now, where I'm I'm interested in looking into this now because all the others were just like, eh, okay, maybe. Steven but. Spielberg involved in a Quibi pod project, and you're like, eh. Well, yeah, because it was the whole like tales from that night or whatever, and it was only going to air at night or something like that. Like they had some weird rules involved with how they were going to do it. And Antoine Fuqua. Antoine Fuqua. Yeah, I mean, it sounds interesting, but like, honestly, yeah. like th- this storyline, th- this itself actually has me going, okay, I really want to see what they're trying to do here. I'll, okay. I'll check out the other stuff now because this is available, but before but this, then, I wasn't. This is the like this superheroes, this story. This is like. This is like what's going to have you pay for this service to check it out. Yeah, because uh, I feel like because even if I don't like that, then there'll be other stuff to sure. try out. And yeah. also it's like five minutes, ten minutes shows and everything. And again, are they doing it weekly? Are they dropping it all at once? Right. Like I need more information to see what they're going to do because like you're saying short attention span. I hope I don't forget about this in two weeks if they're only showing five-minute episodes every week. Yeah, yeah. Rebecca, are you excited about this? I've been excited about Quibi for a long time and I'm every time they announce somebody new, I'm just I'm just more excited. I was thinking the other day too about um this app called TikTok, which I don't have or really use, but yeah. it's kind of like it's kind of like what Vine used to be. Right. Um so now what I'm seeing is I'm seeing people being labeled – not labeled. That sounds terrible. But like people being named like TikTok influencer, TikTok star, you know, Johnny what the fuck is going to be on this show or he's going to be on our web show and doing this thing. So I feel like – and TikTok is another thing where it's like really short videos – that you could just watch on your phone exactly like what Vine used to be. And Vine had its own superstars, people that were, you know, became famous through doing Vine videos. I think apps like that show that Quibi can succeed because these people, whether you watch TikTok or not, or whether you know who these people are or not, there are people who are famous enough from the app that they have a following and it's mostly young people who are really like into like seeing what they're going to do next. So I think if they release this Quibi thing as like an app, you can download on your phone. Um, I think it's going to take off like gangbusters. Huh? Like, yeah. How are they going to get the word out on Quibi? Well, I mean, they've been all over Twitter and social media talking about Quibi. I mean, Really? Honestly, yeah. honestly, if you get okay, like just so if you if you get like let's say one of these filmmakers that are going to be doing a project for you, right? Like Spielberg or Antoine Fuqua or or Tyra Banks or, or or any of these people, and they start tweeting about how oh I can't wait to you know for my new series on Quibi. This is what it's going to be about. All of their followers are going to be oh. They'll, they'll they'll retweet it. They'll talk about it. I think they're going to probably rely on social media, but I'm sure they'll do some like traditional advertising too. Like I'm sure you might see an ad for it somewhere. Maybe on- they'll have that uh, colostomy bag lady talk about <laughs> oh, this shit. I yeah? hope they do because <laughs> I can't get enough of that colostomy. Here's bag. the thing: if the shows are like four to five minute episodes, like how long does the trailer last? Like three seconds. 
like maybe 15 to 30 seconds. <laughs> it's, a good, it's, a, it's a funny thing to think about, right, though? It is. It is. It, it's kind of like that. Uh, we were talking about robot chicken earlier. They have that bit with the with that robot that's always trying to fuck the washing machine. Oh yeah. <laughs> or, or, or he's just you, you just like cuts to him of like three seconds of him like humping the washing machine, <laughs> like dunk 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 dunk, and then that's it. <laughs> that that might be what they'll do. Something like not the robot humping the washing machine, but like a really quick little teaser of like you know from creator Steven Spielberg comes you know boom uh, this whatever it's called and a, a really quick. Uh, image from the show, maybe a line or two. You could do a promo in fifteen seconds. You know, a show I want to see on Quibi. What shows that? Rebecca drinking rum. Ah, you can watch that for free. Just call me <laughs> later on. Yeah, no, nobody wants to see that. No, you just like every every four to five minutes, you just get progressively drunker. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. That's how it goes. And then we we hand you flashcards and have you. Like, uh, name off different directors, and you're like, Stephen, uh, Shower Batch Kids. <laughs> I'm a big fan of his work, though. Stephen Sour Patch Kids. Very underrated actor. Stephen Swedish Fish! Let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of this episode. I'm not a fan. What? I'm not a fan, Steve. Why? Yes. <laughs> but why? I don't know. Steve has a lot to do with it. No. <laughs> I knew it's my jokes. Just say it, Brian. Just say it. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca's a sloppy drunk. No, that's, that's been one of the highlights. Like, oh, you know, it's like more rum, more rum, you know. If you come out to New York, you can see the show live in person. <laughs> <laughs> let's watch, let's watch, uh, what is it, Slutty Teenage Bounty Hunters. I just... <laughs> Okay, hold on. I am revoking my no promises are honored. I will honor this promise. If you come out to New York and we watch bloody teenage bounty hunters, I will make us rum and coke. So if that happens, if that does happen, we are fucking live streaming that shit. Oh, we have to. Are you kidding me? (laughs) That's That's one thing that I've always kind of like wanted to do with you is... Like do a like uh, we both are big fans of uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Oh. I, I think like me and you riff in a movie, j- the right movie. I think it, oh, I think it would be yes. good. You guys should do uh, a mo- do movie forty three. Uh, Steve, less talking. Wait, um, okay. I, I don't know what that is. Yeah, that's that's why I asked you to like. I don't know, Steve. As a there needs to be theater, right? Right? No. Can we? <laughs> is there a I way? Tried, right. I took a shot. I think I can mute him, Rebecca. I think. Oh no. no. <laughs> <laughs> movie. Oh, I know. Movie forty three. I know what you're talking. That that weird comedy. Yeah. Yeah. With the shorts and everything. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Jackman has balls for chin. 
Yeah, that movie, it has its moments, which you don't, but you know, it... <laughs> <laughs> I love Steve. I really do, Rebecca. People, I, people wouldn't know it, but I love this guy. He's fucking incredible. You know, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We've got, I'm telling you, abbreviated Marvel news, abbreviated DC news, and not a lot of Star Wars news. It's really top-heavy this week as far as the news is concerned. We just haven't gotten a lot of the other stuff, but we'll be right back. Greetings, Leftover Army. Pop Culture Leftovers is the people's podcast. They're always looking for new writers and YouTube reviewers to join the team because they themselves aren't talented enough to write them. In all honesty, they're not even sure Frank can read. But their listeners can. So send your reviews to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com, and if the leftovers like it, they'll contact you, and you could see your article featured on popcultureleftovers.com. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Leftover Army. You should follow The Leftovers on Instagram at instagram.com slash popcultureleftovers and on Tumblr at popcultureleftovers2.tumblr.com. If you get a few shots of vodka in you, it's almost as sexy as my voice. That's gangster. All right. Hey. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, how's everybody doing? How you doing, Rebecca? I'm great. I'm great. Steve, how you doing? Doing good. Doing good. All right. You know, what was that? That was my can. I didn't know if your Jiffy Pop just told you it was done or that was a can. That was a... Jiffy <laughs> <laughs> Pop. As fun to eat as it is to me. That was the tagline. <laughs> who's, who's using Jiffy Pop in 2018? Do they even sell Jiffy Pop? Anymore? I don't know. Is Jiffy Pop still a thing? Can you? I haven't seen it. Can you? Shelves recently. I think the same people that are using Jiffy Pop are the same people that have curio cabinets full of precious moments. <laughs> oh, good callback! <laughs> I almost forgot about that one. <laughs> oh man, I clearly remember. I clearly remember my mom and my dad making Jiffy Pop on the stove, and us sitting down, all of us, like in front of our little TV. To watch a movie together, like on a yeah. Saturday night. I yeah. clearly remember that. Oh, we totally made stovetop popcorn. That was yeah. a thing. It was not microwave. It was always stovetop popcorn. No, we didn't have a microwave. We didn't get a microwave until, I don't remember the year, but I wasn't little really anymore. Yeah. We had one of those air poppers. You remember those? Um, I mean, they still sell them, but like those air poppers that like you'd put the the – the kernels in and they'd spin around and then they'd shoot out the like that shoot into a bowl yeah yeah and on the top they had like a little metal tray yeah you could melt butter in there and uh yeah and then you would like drizzle your butter on the popcorn i we had one of those too did you have <laughs> did you have one of the remember uh, when all the microwaves before they had like the little spinny tray in there. Did you have one of those things where you'd push down on it and you'd twist it and it would actually turn the stuff? You had to buy that tray separately? I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, we had one of those. Wow. Wait, well, how did you... I don't understand. Like, you had to, like, have your hand in the microwave no, and push you, the tray or? There's a There's a circular tray that you would pull out and then, or, or no, you put your hand in it, you push down on it, and then you'd spin it around to the right a bunch, 
and let go, and then it would just start clicking and turning around on its own. Oh, like you had to like get it going and then it yeah. would spin? Yeah, exactly. Oh, wait a minute. I think I do remember that actually. I think I do remember that vaguely. But yeah, because I'm thinking like, wait, it was running and you stuck your hand in there? Like, how did that work? No, no, no it's not like that. You microwaved your hand? Like, what? <laughs> I lost my hand in a, <laughs> a microwave accident. In a microwave accident back in the <laughs> early 80s. It was a weird technology, weird time. Yeah, uh, I feel like you're. <laughs> yeah, 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 I feel like, uh, you ever, you ever read these articles where they're talking about like the Mayans? The Mayan okay. civilization? I feel okay. like I could read any article now and they would tell me like the Mayans invented something first and I would believe it. Like you thought you knew the true story of ice cream. But the Mayans invented ice cream. Yeah, or, not for nothing, but they probably did. Yeah, it's weird. because yeah, they did. The Mayans <laughs> did everything, right? Like, like if uh, if I like read if like it could be bullshit, and I would probably believe it if I saw it in an article. Like, uh, pole vaulting came from the Mayans. I'd be like, yes, <laughs> all right, man, fuck, yeah, yeah, they probably invented that. Yeah, like, right. I mean, sliced they, bread from the Mayans. They, they did invent basketball, so that's that's a thing. I feel like the Mayans are like the Simpsons of early civilizations. Like they did it first. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the kid on South Park. Simpsons did it. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the Aztecs are like South Park, and like. Then, like, I guess you could say, like, the Incas are, like, family guy, but, like, the Mayans did it first. Right? Everything is the Mayans. They did do it first. Yeah. And they do it better. (laughs) What's going on? Um, (laughs) Let's see. Here, uh, Marvel news. Um, Let's see. I got a bunch of Marvel emails. A lot of people emailed me about Spider-Man Far From Home. A ton of people. I'm going to pick which ones I'm going to read here. I want to thank everybody for your Marvel emails. They were really good. Uh, Let's see. Oh, here's one. Uh, This one comes from Pete Smith. Hi, Brian. I just wanted to share a quick thought regarding the sign. This is Far From Home spoilers, people. If you haven't seen Far From Home, then... I just turned the episode off. It's not been that good anyway. Um, I just wanted to share a quick thought regarding... Does that hurt you guys' feelings when I say that? Because, like, both of you guys are on this episode with me. I'm saying it's not good. Does it affect you? Not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I, I know you always say it in reference to yourself, but... I still disagree. I think this is a pretty good episode. Uh, as as a host of my own podcast, I get it. Yeah, I'm not proud of this one. I, you know, this is uh, it's proud. more on you. Like, I wish I said this, or I wish I cut Steve off at this point. Like, I get it. Yeah, I wish I wouldn't have had Steve on at all. Right. You know? I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I asked you on because I wanted you on. <laughs> Um, oh, I know. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Hi, Brian. Uh, this is Pete Smith. Hi, Brian. I just wanted to share a quick thought uh, regarding the sign at the end of uh, 
on Far From Home. I love your idea about it foreshadowing the Fantastic Four and agreed fully when I heard it. This morning, however, I thought of another possibility uh, behind the meaning of it. Uh, could it be possible that it is just an Easter egg for Phase 4? Since this movie completed Phase 3, this would make perfect sense, right? I still think it's a nod to the Fantastic Four because of where the sign was located, but it's very plausible that the numbers in question mark just refer to the MCU phases. Just wanted to share. Love this show, and please give Hee Hee some head scratches for me. Uh, so, yeah, it comes from Pete Smith. I, I agree with you, Pete. It, it, this could just be a subtle way uh, for uh, Kevin Feige and Sony to to be teasing Phase 4. I guess the reason that I thought that it could possibly be a Fantastic Four tease was the location. But I do see what you're saying. Rebecca, Steve, are, do you guys know what I'm talking about when I'm referring to this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard our review, but COVID thinks that was uh, actual, like, shots from New York and they just didn't take it out. And that's just, that's what the construction is over there right oh, now. Oh, God. Thank God I didn't have Kova on tonight. <laughs> no, it's not. I fucking live here. It's not what it looks like. I was like, yeah, so I, just, I just wanted to bring that up. Like, uh, COVID did think that. I was like, uh, okay. Uh, but no, I, I, I was thinking either Fantastic Four, Phase Four, uh, but I'm with you, Brian. I, I also thought the same thing. Yeah, I, you know, I, 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 uh, it's not as exciting if you're just thinking like they're teasing Phase Four. I just felt like with the location, like, I feel like Marvel would know that we've all been speculating like since Homecoming when the building was for sale. Is it going to be the home of Oscorp? Will it be the future Baxter building? And I'm guessing like my hope was that it was going to be, you know, this was a tease for the Baxter building, that the four meant Fantastic Four, that it was going to be the future home for the Baxter building meaning that would introduce the Fantastic Four into the MCU. So I guess it could be Phase 4. I'm just, that's just kind of like, to me. So I, I'm hoping it's a it's a, a tease to that building being the Baxter building going forward in the MCU. Yeah, I, I want it to be Baxter buildings. I, 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 also, I honestly think it'd be better if they introduce the Fantastic Four with Spider-Man before getting their solo movie. I love that, somehow. Steve. Yeah, I kind of love that, dude. Because Spider-Man was introduced through Civil War, so let's introduce someone through Spider-Man, whatever the third one is. And even if it's not the Baxter Corp and it's Oscorp, or the Baxter Building and it's Oscorp instead, that I mean, it makes sense either way. So, you know, it's, it's just mm. one of those things where it's, I feel like it's a win-win, but if we're talking about extending the universe and... It is a Sony movie. Is Kevin Feige going to introduce the Fantastic Four through Spider-Man, or will it be Oscorp because it's still a Sony film? Yeah, I don't know. I I, I see what you're saying. I still want like yeah. when, when we get the Fantastic Four movie for it to be a Fantastic Four movie. But like if they did introduce the Fantastic Four in a Spider-Man movie, or I, I yeah, don't, even if it's yeah. just like Johnny or Sue, like we don't need everybody. 
or yeah. Ben, and yeah. then get we get his transformation or something. Maybe I, I know it's involved with everything else, but if they involve that origin with Spider Man three, we don't need the origin of the Fantastic Four in the in their movie. We just go into their first adventure. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see when it comes to that. Yeah, but. Uh... Rebecca, do you think it could have been Fantastic Four? Or, I mean, the easy thing to say is it was just teasing Phase Four. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I heard your theory that it's teasing the Fantastic Four. I mean, I'd love to believe that. I, I really would. I just, I don't know. I kind of feel like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of 50 50 on it. I, I don't mean to sound so wishy washy, no, but fine. I, I don't really like, have a strong opinion either way to be honest with you it could easily be either of those things i i do think it would be but do you think that marvel would introduce the fantastic four and i'm not saying this is introducing the fantastic four but do you think that they would introduce the fantastic four in a in a spider-man movie made by sony or would they do that in an mcu movie made by marvel disney i honestly i yeah, I mean, I don't see that it being a problem. Like, it, the Marvel, like, as far as, like, the Marvel influence in the Spider-Man movies, it's there. I, sure. I don't see this being a problem at all. And Amy Pascal, I think, is, like, all aboard everything that's going on with Marvel. I really do. I yeah. think she's all aboard. Choo-choo! Let's, like, go forward with this. <laughs> like, I do. I think she loves it. And... um I think she loves being a part of this whole universe. I, I, I don't see them having a problem with getting more in bed with Marvel at all. I know that there okay. was this, this story that came out this week that if, you know, Far From Home didn't make a billion dollars that they're done with Marvel. This was a rumor that came from a reputable source. Uh, it was, uh, uh, the, Richard Rushfield, it came from his newsletter, The Ankler, Ankler. He said that, uh, the original Sony Marvel Spidey deal to co-produce these movies stipulated that if Spidey cleared a billion, Marvel would get to oversee a third. If it hadn't, full control would have reverted back to Sony. I, maybe that was the initial deal. Everything that I've heard from Amy Pascal in interviews and from other people is that she loves the fact that it's part of this, that, that Tom Holland is part of this universe. I do not think that Amy Pascal is ready to pull Spider-Man back and not have him be a part of the MCU, regardless yeah. if this movie makes a billion or not. I agree. And if, if anything, if, if they do hold back introducing the Fantastic Four, because I think Spider-Man, like, his first appearance is with the Fantastic Four. If they try to go down that route in the movies, though... His first appearance would, is in uh, Amazing Fantasy number 15, back in 1963, I believe. And maybe then maybe his first crossover encounters with the Fantastic Four. I'm not exactly sure the canon of it all, but I think they also have strong ties to Black Panther. So it would be interesting if in the sequel of Black Panther we get the Fantastic Four, maybe, or some type of... Uh, connection with that before going to their movie but we know it's coming 
in the next like six years, I have a feeling. Oh yeah, it's yeah. gonna be out. Yeah, like yeah. it's coming before the X Men. I believe. I believe you're correct there. I believe we're gonna get the Fantastic Four before we get the X Men. I would agree. Yeah. yeah. So, um, what do we get? Oh, the rumor. Uh, we got this covered. Had a rumor saying Millie Bobby Brown has reportedly joined Marvel's The Eternals. She got on her live stream on Instagram and said, quote, okay, guys, this is the problem. Everybody thinks that I'm going to be in a Marvel movie. Not that I know of my family and I have no idea. So I just want to let everybody know that I'm not as of right now. Um, I know she said that, but I still think at the end of the day, come next week, if they at San Diego comic-con, when they bring the cast out on stage, possibly for this Eternals, if this does, let's say this happens, like they're going to introduce the cast of the Eternals. I still think that there's a good chance that Millie Bobby Brown walks out on stage. I, I still think this could be posturing. Yeah, this sounds like one of those things where like the, the journalist got the information a little bit too quickly and ran with it, maybe. And Marvel was not ready for the leaks to come out yet. Yeah. Or something, so they asked her to do something. Maybe I'm not saying she's in it, but I could still see this happening. Rebecca, is what are you thinking? Are you, I, I think it's possible. Yeah. I think it's absolutely possible that she's in this movie. Um, it's not the first time we've seen news leak that an actor is in a film, and then the actor say, "Oh no, I'm totally not in this film. I don't know anything about it." And then, like a couple weeks later, it's like. Yeah, I'm in the film. Like, it's it's the Hollywood game, right? Like, of trying to keep secrets and stuff. I think it's totally possible she's in this movie. Absolutely. We'll see. We... Well, will, will she be playing a 12-year-old? She'll be <laughs> playing a 9-year-old, sir. <laughs> She'll be playing an infant. They're just keep making her younger and younger. They will throw her in a womb. <laughs> You'll watch her be born like that. Young she will be. I'm here. Uh, let's move on into DC news. Uh, I got an email here from Wayne Swigert. You will know him from his iTunes review and from I think Twitter as Semi Dry Chicken. <laughs> so uh, he goes on to say, "Okay, hear me out, guys. I know it's been discussed that the new Batman film." We'll have many villains. Sometimes this can be overwhelming in a superhero superhero film. Rebecca Rebecca brought up a villain she would like to see, and that's Clayface. What? If just, if all these villains we're hearing about is actually Clayface in disguise. Oh, I fucking love that. Shut up. Yeah. I love that idea. Come on. You come on. That's a great idea. That's okay. We're getting a detective story and at the end of the day Batman figures out that one guy's playing all these characters. That's fucking I, stupid. I'm just That's no, cool. I'm just saying it's a fu- that's a fun way to work Clayface into this and still have your other villain. Oh. I, I, I don't think they'll do it, but I think that that's a great idea. That's a fun... I am with you, semi-dry chicken. Oh, Excellent come on. This, it's, I, thought, I thought this movie, like, the room... Like, okay, if they're introducing all these characters, Batman's going to Arkham. He's interrogating all these different characters to try to figure out, like, what the big villain is, what he, he can do to, you know... Uh, trying to outwit, outsmart 
these uh, villains that are in Arkham to, you know, kind of like a, uh, you know, Jodie Foster showing up and talking to Hannibal Lecter in Science of the Lambs. And uh, you're telling me at the end of the day, you just want all these fucking characters to be Clayface? Get the fuck out of here. I'm just, it's different. We've never seen that in a movie before. It's better than having all of these bad guys, all of these villains in a movie, which basically sounds like Hush, and then the director going, it's not Hush, and then and then find out it's Clayface. I just think that that would be, that's a bold move. That's uh, all I'm saying. It's a bold move. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's, I you think. You can it, not like it if you want to. I think it's a fun idea. I think it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. I don't like you're going to actually cast like real actors to be playing these parts. These are the actors that will be playing these parts going forward, but they're not going to be playing themselves. They're actually going to be doing like a whole Nick Fury Talos thing where they're just, yeah, I don't like it. I I, I don't think it's good. I I mean, I, if I want, you know, if I want a Clayface movie, I want a Clayface movie. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just, I'm not digging this. I mean, the reason I'm loving it so much is only because I'm a, like in the comics itself. My favorite Bat Family character right now is Orphan. Uh, I think uh, it's Cassandra Kane, and she's going to be uh, portrayed in the new Harley Quinn movie and the and the Birds of Prey. And if it is Clayface, and in the comics right now, Clayface is on Batman's team in Detective Comics, or I mean, he was for a, a point. So, and he has a relationship with Orphan. So it'd be really cool in the sequel of Batman, he's got his team with Clayface and we get that really cool relationship. So that's why I'm really excited. I just, I don't know. Like, you're talking about, like, uh, you know, this is going to be a Batman detective movie and for him to just figure out at the end that this is just Clayface. Well, what if, what if it's, like, it doesn't make sense of how how can it be the Riddler if he's at this place? How could it be um, you know, Bane, if he's been, you know, across uh, the, the globe and he's over there or something like that. And it's like one of those things where it has to be Clayface. So they, the actors are playing both as the character, but they're also, they have to be Clayface at points. What if they did that? What? I don't, I don't, I'm not following you. Like Batman finds the actual Riddler, you know? So the guy who's playing the Riddler can be that part but then other times we see Riddler the actor is portraying himself as Clayface so we're getting both sides oh god I still hate it okay <laughs> I don't like it sorry it's no right. no I tried that's yeah. fine I, I just think yeah it, it's fine it's fine I it, it's it's like total fan fiction yeah but I I love okay. it to be honest with you I, I think it's a really cool idea and it plays to the it plays to the um the power not the powers but like what clayface can do is that he can shapeshift and mimic other people so well that he could fool batman i think that would be interesting and fun to see on screen i I mean they'll they'll never do it but i i think it's a fun idea and ron perlman reprises his role Steve, you are speaking my language. <laughs> no, Ron, yeah, Ron, Ron Perlman voiced Clayface in Batman the Animated Series, and he did a really great job with it. Uh, he's probably, 
I don't know if he'd do it now. I mean, they, they'd probably if they did a Clayface movie, they'd probably CGI it. I would imagine. Oh yeah, if they did, yeah, it'd be. They, they'd have to because his the way his character looks. I mean, maybe they could do some practical effects, but I think they'd probably rely mostly on CGI and and voice work. And then you know, for sure, you could get Ron Perlman if he wanted to do some voiceover work. I think that they would just use old footage of the shit monster from Dogma to play Clayface. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, it's Clayface. It's like Clayface. Because <laughs> honestly, I think this idea is shit. I don't like it. I'm sorry. I love, I love Wayne Swigert, and I, I, I love him as a listener of our podcast. But I'm not just going to be like, oh, I love this idea because, because I, I hate it. <laughs> you just gotta go against right, the grind, huh? No, that that's cool. If you're lucky, you don't like it. I mean, that's fine, Wayne. I, I like it. No, yeah. Brian, you, you're out of your fucking right. mind. Hey, <laughs> Wayne, Wayne, please uh, send the picture, uh, Polaroid, of your ass so Rebecca can put it in her purse and kiss oh, it. Whatever. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's just mad he doesn't like it as much as us. He's like, I wish I could like it as much as Steve. Oh, but thank goodness. No, there's, that, that, that doesn't even enter my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish you understood how my mind works, Steve. Like, we we wouldn't have these problems. Yeah, it makes two of us. Um, according to THR, the new HBO Max streaming service will not affect the DC universe. Um, here's what the article stated. It said, HBO Max is expected to launch in beta. Well, HBO Max is Warner Brothers, which is directly related to DC universe. Yeah. And there, sorry, I know, I know the the little clip that came out that showed that uh, yeah. Doom, Doom Patrol is going to be, but it doesn't mean that Doom Patrol won't initially launch on DC Universe and mm. find a home. I, Steve, I get it; it's fucking silly yeah. as fuck. The the article basically all it said was. Um, HBO Max brings into question other Warner Media back streaming services included, uh, including HBO Now, HBO Go, CW Seed, and DC Universe. Per sources, all will remain as is, though that obviously could change over time. That's hardly saying like 100% that they're going to be sticking around, though. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I... I think that that DC Universe is the odd man out here. I don't see how this. I don't see how the service can sustain itself. I, I don't have much faith in it now, um, with the cancellation oh, yeah. of Swamp Thing. And yeah, go ahead, Rebecca. We we just talked about this on Animated Backcast, which um, I talked about it with Paul and and our guest Chris. Um, they. I don't it, it doesn't make any sense to me because the article is very ambiguous. It's like, oh no, this won't affect DC Universe, but in this little clip that shows what shows will be available on HBO Max is Doom Patrol. So why am I gonna pay for DC Universe and HBO Max if you're telling me that Doom Patrol will be on HBO Max? Like 
what DC Universe is 100% the odd man out. It's, it's yeah. 100%. Because unless they're going to be producing enough original content to draw in new subscribers, the service will not last. It just won't. Because it's so niche. It is such a niche service. You have to be the biggest fan of DC to, or at least more than a casual fan of DC, to get this service to read the comics and watch the, the TV shows and the movies that are on there. It makes a million times more sense for HBO to, or Warner Bros. just to come out and say, we're going to absorb DC Universe into HBO Max. I wish they would just say that. Because it w- it would it makes the most sense. I don't see how DC Universe can sustain itself now. I really don't. Yeah, I don't either. The, the only thing I can think of is if like once HBO Max comes out, that maybe DC Universe app will change it up where you sign in with your HBO Max account instead, and if you keep paying the six seven dollars a month, that goes towards the unlimited plan for the comics, maybe. That's the only thing. Oh I can think come of. on, that's confusing as fuck. What are you I talking don't, about? I, I, I mean, I don't disagree with you. Who the fuck is going to explain of. that to somebody? Yeah. That's the thing, right? It's like HBO Max is dancing around this issue, or what Warner Brothers is dancing around this issue. You're saying it's not going to affect DC Universe, okay? So let's say I'm a person who's cut the cable, right? I don't have cable anymore. I just pay for streaming services. I'm going to get HBO Max. For what, fourteen ninety nine a month, and I'm going to get all of the. I'm going to get Crunchyroll. I'm going to get HBO. I'm going to get all this stuff. Are you telling me that I still have to pay another five ninety nine or whatever it is a month for DC Universe? Seven ninety nine. Seven ninety nine. Thank you for to, to just get DC stuff. If I'm a hardcore DC fan, okay, I I'll I might do that, but. I'm not. I, I don't want to watch one episode of Star Girl and be blown away with how great it is, and then a week later have them come out and say, "Oh yeah, we've canceled the series." Well, and, and and then six months later, say all of Star Girl Star Girl is available on exactly. HBO Max. Exactly. What the fuck am I paying for then on DC Universe to read comics? Well, yeah, I'm a comic fan, but do I want to pay $7.99 a month just to read comics? Um, I can get that on Comixology. I could go to my local comic shop. I could order it from Things from Another World. I could. I have other options than just to pay $7.99 so I could read Batman comics. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I wish they would just fucking come out and say, we're going to absorb it, and you could still sign in and read the comics. It'll be part of the service if you want it. What they I, should say is that we understand that some of you bought a 15-month subscription to this when it first launched, and you're going to be able to use your DC Universe login to get 12 months of HBO Max, and then after that, you're going to be able to make your own decision because we feel a, really fucking yeah. shitty about luring you into this streaming service that can't can't sustain itself. Yeah, or they they say you know you can keep DC Universe, everything will be on there, and you can keep that yearly price that you paid up front for. But then 
uh, once that's up, you're done. Yep, you know, but there's no original, new original, there's no new original content coming to DC Universe in that fucking 12 months. So what am I doing? Watching old fucking episodes of 1970s Shazam for the next fucking nine months, Steve? No, 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 I'm saying that whatever is coming out for DC Universe, that would also be coming out for HBO Max. Why would they like continue? The, the Star Girls and everything, that would continue, so that would make the viewer want to buy the HBO Max subscription once their DC Universe is done. And they get everything that they had with DC Universe. But I'm paying I'm on pay- top of everything. I've already else. paid for. So you don't. I've already paid for DC Universe, and the people are still getting to watch Stargirl with HBO Max, and I'm sitting over here just watching old fucking reruns of Lois and Clark for the fucking fifth but you time. Get, but no, you'd still get Stargirl on DC Universe as well. I'm saying you're still getting all the new stuff as well. I think if yeah, they're but then if, you're paying twice for the same thing. Exactly. No, that's, if, that's if my have, point. But then you sign into HBO Max and you link the accounts. I'm saying right. if you don't want HBO Max, they're going to uh, they're going to honor their agreements and keep the app alive until your agreement's up. And then if you want to continue, go to HBO Max. I think it would be smart. I think it for a business versus gone for a business plan, Steve. I think it would be smart for them to entice us to keep their HBO Max by giving us access to HBO Max. With our DC Universe subscription that we've already spent money on, that they have no confidence in that they're going to be dropping, that they should say you're going to be able to watch HBO Max now with your old DC Universe, get us hooked on that, and then when it's over... I'll be like, you know what? I can't live without this Warner Media stuff. They've got some great originals on here now that I've been exposed to since they've given me this uh, subscription. I'm, I'm still going to be able to watch Titan Season 2 using this subscription. Justice Le- uh, Ju- Young Justice Season 4 is going to come out on this. Can't wait for that. And then I've also got all these other Warner Brothers shows. I've been able to watch Friends on this service, which is really fucking cool. Um, and then, you know, and then uh, once they finally do get Harry Potter on that service, you can watch all the Harry Potter stuff or whatever once they do. Yeah, and I, I agree with all that. I think I'm just more talking about for the people that don't want HBO Max but want to keep DC Universe. That's but I can't, all. But I, I can't imagine why wouldn't you want HBO right. Max? That That's my point. If you HBO could use your Max, DC Universe subscription to log into HBO Max – without an additional charge just to finish up your contract that you've already paid for with DC Universe, like, why wouldn't you? Like, you get yeah. all the access to the stuff on DC Universe plus everything that goes along with uh, this new HBO Max. You're able to watch Game of Thrones. You're able to watch Barry. You're able to watch Chernobyl. I mean... Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah, and, I get it. And, and they're producing original content on there, too. They're going to have... Um, they're going to have that, that Dune miniseries on yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so it's like... it. This makes zero sense to me. Oh, I, uh, the, the Gremlins animated show. Yes. Yes, the Gremlins animated show is going to be on there. So it's like... It makes more sense to me for Warner Brothers to come out and say, look, here's the deal. We're launching this HBO Max thing. We get that you've already paid 
for DC Universe. So here's what's going to happen. When you log into HBO Max, it's going to have a screen that says log in with, you know, your HBO Max ID or your DC Universe ID, right? right? You log in and then you can go and then you get a screen with different tabs and you get a tab that says DC Universe, right? You could click that tab and get everything that you've already got on DC Universe. Oh, by the way, you can also have for a week or a month or whatever, we'll give you free access to HBO Max. I think you they should give you I think they should doing. I think they should give it to you. Okay, that makes more sense. I'm with that. I think they should give it to you for the entirety of your subscription until it so runs like out. You've if you I think they're too hungry. They're, they're, sorry, go ahead. So like, they've got something. your money. They've got your money. Nobody, once they make this announcement, once they make this announcement that DC Universe is going to be absorbed, if it does happen, this is all speculation, people. If they make the announcement that DC Universe is going to be absorbed by Warner's, by HBO Max, no one is signing up for a new DC Universe subscription. 100% agreed. 100% so agreed. That no one point, is signing up for DC Universe. At that point, no in my opinion, the thing that they should do, and here's the, and here's the reason why I say this, Steve, is because if, no, it, if it, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If it, it, if it eventually gets absorbed and they say, oh, you're able to log in and get like a month free? Well, let's say that month ends. But you still got your DC Universe subscription that you paid for, and you've got five, six, seven months left on it. But now you gave me a free month, but you want me to pay for HBO Max, and so now I've got to pay fifteen ninety nine or sixteen ninety nine a month for this package. But I still got time left on my DC Universe. I think that that subscription for DC Universe that you paid for, I think that they should take that as kind of like a loyalty thing and let you finish up your subscription with DC Universe by watching HBO Max. I think that they could afford to do that. They've already got your money. You already paid for it. You already paid for DC Universe. And maybe this will be enough to hook you. And um, at that point, then you would be okay with paying the fifteen ninety nine, sixteen ninety nine, seventeen ninety nine price point, or whatever they're going to be packaging that for. It just does that make sense, or am I out of my mind? No, it makes sense. I'm just coming off the fact of like uh, the people who paid year upfront breaks down to like less than or more than half of what the HBO Max subscription would be. So I'm just saying that you have the option of signing into both. If you don't want HBO Max, you still get all the DC Universe. If you want HBO Max, they'll they'll have some type of deal plan. I'm just saying that the DC Universe app itself probably won't go dark for another however long the subscriptions has people have signed up for a year. So for the next like 18 months, that app might just still work. It's a nice thought, but I know people that paid for a year subscription up front from MoviePass that aren't able to take advantage But MoviePass isn't Warner Brothers. I I understand that. Warner Brothers can afford to keep that live while everybody else is still either crossing over to HBO Max 
or if they're not, they still have their money within whatever the budget was for DC Universe. MoviePass was going off of credit loans. Okay. I'm just saying I, I think it would be yeah. a smart I business. I see where you're coming from, and, and that would that sounds great. I'm just thinking more logically for the investors and everything. Like, we can just keep DC Universe open and let their uh, contract end rather than giving them – half price for however long they have left for all this HBO and ever and Warner Brother content. That's all. All right. I just I think feel like everybody's too money hungry. Well, I, I just think it'd be a nice way to entice new people to get onto the to the Warner service. It, yeah. Oh, I agree with that. I because do. I agree that here's, that does here, sound great. Here's but, the thing, Steve. You know. It's 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 one of those things where like Okay, I've got DC Universe. You've already said that you're going to show Doom Patrol on Warner Brothers. But what if I'm that one person that, like, I already have DC Universe. I paid for it. But I really want to watch Friends, and I really want to watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and I really want to watch this new Warner Brothers original, and I really want to watch, like, these Warner Brothers movies that you have on the service, but I don't want to, like, double pay. I, like, well, I would hope that then then they would have some type of deal where you're not you're only paying five dollars extra then until your contract with DC Universe is up. We'll see. We'll see how they work. Yeah. It. I was yeah. just thinking like it would be very easy for them to like give you a loyalty program to make you feel special. Like, yeah, you you were here when we were doing DC Universe, so we're going to give you access for the remaining part of your contract because like. Like you were expecting to get new originals yeah. from DC Universe, and we've kind of like halted that right now. Like we're, I don't know. Like Rebecca, no, that would like, look great on them if they if they did do that. That would be a good PR move in general, especially with like everything that's going on with Warner Bros. All the switching around with the uh, the big heads and CEOs and everything else. That would be an interesting play if they did that. Like, how much new DC stuff are they going to give you? Like, if they I think we're talking about something that hasn't even come to fruition yet, to be honest yeah. with you. So. Yeah, no, we're, no, we're definitely speculating on we're just, definitely. just jumping off of each other's ideas. I do think point. this is going to happen, though. I, do, I don't know like what they're going to do, but I do think that DC Universe, I think the days are numbered. And Rebecca, I think yeah. you agree. And I think Steve, I you do agree. agree. I think their days are absolutely numbered. I think, um, and it's a real shame. It's a real shame because the DC Universe app was not something that originally I was like, oh, I got to have this. But the more, the longer I've had it and the more I've used it, I'll be honest with you. I was watching, um, I had my friend over last weekend and we started watching Krypton, the first season of Krypton. Mm -hmm. And she, she was like, oh my God, I love this show. I, I've, I, she, she doesn't have cable, right? So she's like, she doesn't have sci-fi. So she's like, oh, this is like a great show. Do you know that then she went home and she subscribed to DC Universe because they she she wanted to finish watching Krypton and she wanted to read some of the old Batman comics that she read as a kid. So it's like there, there is an audience for this. Yeah, there absolutely is. The problem is that it's such a specific streaming service and now you've got Warner Brothers coming out with a general Warner Brothers streaming service. I just don't see DC Universe getting – I don't see new subscribers coming on to just DC Universe. And unless DC Universe can get new subscribers on a 
on a consistent basis, we are not going to get new content. We are not going to get it because you need fucking money to make new shows. And if you don't have new subscribers, you don't have money, then guess what? You don't have new content. That's just the way that it works. Why the fuck so, would I subscribe to DC Universe if I can just like wait a few months and watch like all of Doom Patrol collected on like the exactly, Warner Brothers streaming? Exactly. Exactly. Why am I going to pay twice for the same show? That doesn't make any sense to me. That doesn't make that's not a good business model and you're going to piss people off. And you're going to get people dropping DC Universe and getting HBO Max going, well, oh, if I don't have to pay extra, oh, I could just read those comics on Comixology or I can read them on a on a pirated website or I could, you know, go to my local comic shop and pick up the trade if I want to do that. I don't have to I don't have to have DC Universe for just the comics. It's a great feature. I love it. But unless you have new subscribers they are not going to be making new original content. It's it doesn't, not yeah, going to happen. It doesn't make me feel fucking special. Like when I have DC Universe and I'm like, I'm the only one that can watch this because I have a DC Universe subscription. And then it's like some fucking guy's like, well, I'm just going to wait like six months and I'll be able to watch it on Warner's exactly. HBO Max. When, when your neighbor, Johnny Fucknuts, just waits six months and gets HBO Max and he watches all of Titans, all of Doom Patrol, all of Swamp Thing. And he's like, yeah, I watched all that already. I watched on HBO Max. Plus I watched Friends. Plus I watched everything in the Warner catalog because it's all there. Then what the fuck were you paying for DC Universe for? It doesn't make any sense to me. I wish Warner would just come out and say we're absorbing it because Steve, that makes the that makes most the most sense to me. I, I understand what Steve's saying. Steve's looking at it from like a business. I'm looking at it from like you're you're being you're being suit Steve. You're being like, and I get that. Like that's definitely yeah. a part of this business. I guess I'm approaching it from, and I've approached many things the way that you're looking at this. I'm approaching, I guess, this from like loyalty to like people that like me that like drop money on this fucking service. Like I dropped the 80 bucks or whatever it was for like that early bird promotion that they had, like get 50, like get a year plus three months for 80 bucks. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to support this. I want to watch Titans. I want to watch young justice season three. I want to watch all these new shows that you have coming out. And then like all of a sudden, like things started getting weird. Yeah. Like, like you yeah, know, except, you know, like, in, I mean, like you're in a relationship and like, you know how like your partner acts and then like one day they just start acting weird and something feels off. That's what happened with DC universe where it was like, Oh man, I just watched swamp thing. I really dug that episode. And then it was like, oh, swamp thing's been canceled. Mm-hmm. You're like, what? Do you, do you remember like the day that Titans dropped? That first day that the first episode dropped, the app like crashed because so many people wanted to stream that episode. So many people wanted to watch season one. I remember getting on my on my laptop trying to watch DC Universe and I couldn't I couldn't get on because it was they had crashed the site. It was so many people. That in itself should tell you that there is certainly a good amount of people that want this 
service, that have paid for this service, that believe in this service, that believe in the original content. And then to find out that, oh, well, it's nothing special because if you just wait another six months, you can watch everything on, on a- a- HBO Max. Like, that just feels like a slap in the face to me. Like, oh, well, where the fuck is your appreciation for yeah. all of us that dropped money on this? Yeah, it's just, it's, it's basically to me, it spells like, it spells out like, uh, HBO Max is the future home for these shows. And like, will you get new originals? Ah, who the fuck knows? You're gonna get, isn't Batwoman just going there? Is it going to CW at all? Or is it just like, is HBO Max the new home for Batwoman? Yeah. No, it's going to CW, but instead of airing on Netflix, I believe it's going to go to it, yeah, the uh, future home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're gonna yeah they're they're gonna have the CW as part of this too. Yeah, as as part of the service, like they have a lot of that. That's the thing is like HBO Plus. I'm not saying it's a bad service because I mean they're including like the I mean the Warner back catalog. They're including CW. They're including Crunchyroll in this. I mean, they're Crunchyroll's going to this. Yes, Crunchyroll is going to be part of this. Oh my god! So Crunchyroll is probably leave, uh, leaving Verve. Oh, that's probably. Sucks. So I mean, but like, th- think about it. Th- this is this is why it's so confusing to me because it's like, it. Why wouldn't you want this service? Fifteen bucks a month, you get tons sure. of. Con- you get you get Turner Classic Movies as part of this. Yeah. That's a whole yeah. other demographic. Right, that's a whole other demographic to want to get this. You get all the HBO stuff. You can watch all of Game of Thrones on this. You can watch anything new that HBO is going to do. Right, and then on top of that, you get Crunchyroll, so you can watch tons of anime. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And why then, wouldn't you want this service? Well, there's the originals. Yeah, I think- you're getting the originals too. You're getting this the uh, the Dune the Dune spinoff, which is uh, the Dune Sisterhood. You're getting, uh, Tokyo Vice, which is gonna be, um, uh, it's gonna be, uh, the TV series based on the, um, Ansel Elgort movie that came out. You're getting, uh, what else? Kaylee Cuoco's got a show coming out on this, The Flight Attendant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you've got, uh, Love Life with Anna Kendrick, uh, Made for Love. Gremlins, the Gremlins show. I mean, they've got some originals, and um, they're not. Harry Potter's not locked down yet. They haven't got Harry Potter. They haven't made that announcement yet. So Harry Potter is not part of this service yet, but it could be in the future. So we'll see. I mean, this is why we're seeing all the contracts are ending with uh, Star Wars, with uh, TBS. All the shows with Netflix and everything, like everybody's making their own service now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just one of those things where I think Cartoon Network and Boomerang is also going to be on HBO Max. I think you're right. I I think uh, I think Boomerang for sure. Cartoon Network probably will be too. I think you're right, Steve, on that one. Because I think Cartoon uh. Network owns Boomerang, so I'm guessing both of them. So whatever is going on with Verve or VRV, whatever that services. Uh, they they definitely need to find new partnerships. I'm uh, guessing as well. Oh my god, I hate this. I hate change. You know, and I heard like <laughs> um, uh, Comedy Central is going to be starting their own kind of like premium service, and so really? that means that South Park would leave Hulu. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no more South Park on Hulu. That if Comedy Central is going to do that, then they'll probably take all their Adult Swim shows off of Hulu too. Oh, they will then. Yeah, because I, I've been I've been rewatching Harvey Birdman on Hulu, and that'll probably go away. Oh, uh, if you go to the Adult Swim app, if you have access to that, like every Adult Swim show ever is on there. It's incredible. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, I'm sure. So fucking good. Oh my god! Real quick, guys. Um, the was it? The Mandalorian. Did you hear about the budget for this show? Uh, not for the season one. No. Yeah, they don't know how many episodes it's going to be. Is it going to be eight? Is it going to be ten episodes? They don't know. But the budget per episode is going to be, and this comes from. Collider's, well, yeah, it, it, I, no, that doesn't come from Collider. The rumor is it's going to be about 15 million per episode. Wow. Yeah. Holy, holy. And if you guys want to know, like, in comparison, like, what that means, like, yeah, this rumor comes from the Wall Street Journal. Um, Netflix's The Crown spends about 13 million per episode. The Get Down was about 11 million per episode. Since 8 was 9 million. Marco Polo was 9 million. And Altered Carbon was 7 million. Uh, HBO spent 12.5 million on Band of Brothers. 9 million on Rome. And then the closest thing that we've seen in recent history to this is the 15 million per episode for the final season of Game of Thrones. So 15 million per episode for The Mandalorian. And Jon Favreau is already working on season two. He's already writing. I just read that. Yeah, he's already got season two. He's working on it. Yeah. So this, uh, like, this is one of those things. If you go back and listen to me and Jake talk about this, one of the things that I said that they need to do is they need to have a big budget on this. They need to make it look like it fits into the Star Wars universe. You can't have a TV show, The Mandalorian, come out and just have a TV budget. It, it has to look like it fits into this universe. And I think with $15 million per episode, it's going to look very close to like what we've seen in these movies. So I... Th- that is a positive. And the fact that we are getting a season two already, like, it, well, I don't know if it's been greenlit, but John Favreau's working on it. And I don't think he's going to just work on it just to, you know, for them not to greenlight it. So we'll see. Yeah. Cool. Uh, looking forward to Mandalorian. Looking forward to it. All right. Uh, Disney Plus service. Are you guys going to subscribe day one? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Sure. I am. Yeah. Do you think it'll crash day one? Probably. No, because I, I think that they're going to have enough money involved to back to to know, like, what kind of servers Netflix deals with, and they'll probably try to get to that level in the beginning so they don't have to worry about that. Well, I mean, they do own Hulu now, so hopefully they'll yeah, kind of, like, too. know how this works. You know, they're not going to be using Hulu's infrastructure of course but like hopefully they can improve Hulu right 
Yeah. Yeah. Hulu is um, Hulu is not very user friendly sometimes. Like to find a show that you really want to watch can be difficult. Um, or to like, uh, it, it's not, it's, they're not good at advertising like what's new on Hulu. But, but Netflix is bad at that too. Yeah. Net, Netflix doesn't advertise like what's new. Um, they, they advertise what they think you want to watch. It's, but, well, like, it's the algorithm. Wanna... It's that algorithm that they see that you've watched this other show and they're like, oh, then this fucking guy will like this and like that's what will show him yeah like but that that algorithm is real wonky because sometimes it'll tell me like oh because you watch star trek we think you'll like i don't know uh face-eating lizards what i don't know i don't want to watch face-eating lizards like i don't understand like because they're aliens i guess but it's it, the algorithm doesn't make any sense to me. Sometimes it gives you really weird recommendations. Yeah, I agree. Yes. Yeah, Netflix does not do a good job as far no. as like advertising <laughs> and and stuff like that. Like I don't know. Like it's weird. I think it's one of those things where I think Netflix has gotten to the point that they rely on social media to be like their biggest like advertiser at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I've seen all their new movies that come out every Friday. I've seen them all Friday or Saturday, and I usually then see the ads for it on Netflix Monday or Tuesday. And I'm like, you know, you think by now knowing that I've seen it so quickly being released that when I turn on Netflix on Friday, they should be telling me, here's the new movie. Mm-hmm. Watch now. Yeah, like th- this is how stupid the algorithm is. I have a friend who – they love rom-coms like that's pretty much what they like that that's like their favorite genre so they're always watching rom-coms on netflix i asked them the other night oh have you seen always be my maybe and they're like no what's that they had no clue what the what what, what it was netflix never showed them wow. a preview for meanwhile like that, that's what they watch and i'm like yeah. This this algorithm is so fucking stupid because if you see that this this user is constantly watching rom coms, why aren't you advertising the best rom com you've ever made on on your site? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. That's ridiculous. How? I, I, here's the thing, though. It's like how do they? Hmm, how do they do that? This is. Okay, back in the the 90s, early 2000s, you're sitting there and let's say, uh, Rebecca, you're watching, uh, it's Fox, you're watching Living Single. You're watching right. Living Single and all, you're watching, uh, um, you know, uh, what's it, was it Tootie? You know, yeah, it? And, yeah, uh, she's on that show. And Queen Latifah. Yep. Yeah, you're watching them and hilarity ensues and all of a sudden at the, bottom left hand of the screen it's like premiering on uh you know whatever date they're like ah it's uh wanda sykes new show wanda sykes has a new show on fox and you're like oh wow i'll be uh i like wanda sykes i'll i'll be watching that here's the thing with netflix it's like you go to that front screen and it's got how do they do that? It's not how how do they get all these different shows out there to you 
to make you watch them from that front screen. How do they do that? Like the like when you log in, they're showing you one live they're showing you one fucking thing at the top and then they're showing you other these other lists. They're showing you these other lists and it's 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 it, cuz you're not go- where else are you going where they're fucking going to throw this shit in your fucking face? Like it's not yeah. like you're it's not like you're going to log into Hulu and you're going to see an ad for a Netflix show. You know, it's like it's like you've got to log into Netflix and Netflix needs to tell you about this. Like right, I right, I've right. gone to the theater and seen ads for Amazon programs at the beginning right. before a movie yep. starts. I've done that. And it's like, okay, let's talk about season three of Sneaky Pete or season one of uh, Hannah. But how are people finding out about shows like Wayne on YouTube? How are people showing – how are people fi- – other than Pop Culture Leftovers and other podcasts, I'm not just saying we're the only podcast that fucking plugs these shows, but other than PCL and, uh, you know – other podcasts and stuff like that. How are people finding out about shows like Wayne, Perpetual Grace, uh, Impulse, Cobra Kai? Like, wh- wh- how? This is, where, like, how do, how does Netflix do this? How do we solve the problem? I know we've yeah. been bitching at Netflix about this, but like, what do they do on the flip side? Like, how do they, what do they do? Like, are you, are you, do they need to purchase stuff on Facebook? Do they need to purchase ads on Reddit? I mean, what do they, I, and I'm talking about like, you're on Reddit and there's a promoted ad for like the new season of Altered Carbon season two, as you're flying through your news page, you see like Altered Carbon season two ad or like the OA season two ad or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. how do you fix this when you're so, like, I, I know I've seen on Twitter sometimes a promoted ad from Netflix saying, like, oh, this is the new Netflix series, this is the new Netflix, you know, movie, whatever. But I, I know you and Jake have talked about this before on the show. For Netflix to do, like, a weekly or a monthly 15-minute show of, like, what's new on Netflix, um, I don't know why they don't do that. Like, yeah. you could do it once a week. You could drop it on, could drop it on any day of the week that you want, right? I mean, DC Universe has DC Daily, yeah. where if you if you want to know what's going on, you could watch that show every day. It's like a quick little show. Netflix could do it. You you don't have to hire anybody like mega famous. Get get some I don't know anybody, um, and get them in front of your screen for. 10 minutes a week, 15 minutes a week tops and go, Hey, here's what's new on Netflix this week. Boom. Stranger Things season three. Boom. Always be my maybe. Here's this other film starring, you know, Timmy, what's his face and this guy and here. Oh, here's what's coming up next week. Here's the brand new stand up comedy special you can watch. Why wouldn't that – you should put that right up on the front screen of Netflix. And when you log on to Netflix, that's the first thing you see. Netflix Weekly. Find out what's new on Netflix. Mm. Yeah. Done. That is how you do it. 
because what you're logging on to Netflix anyway. You're there to watch something. What do I want to watch? Oh, look, here's a show that's 10 minutes. that will tell me what's new on Netflix. And then show you like a clip, like a quick clip or something, you know? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like a little quick little thing of like, oh, here's this movie that we're promoting. And then you you just show a little like you could do a little sizzle reel. You could just have your have your actor break it down a little bit. There's a lot of like really, you know, th- and on on YouTube, like you can watch like um, they, they have a podcast and a YouTube channel. I think they're called like. The rock stars or the all new rock stars or something like they do a podcast and a YouTube channel where like they, they like break down trailers and uh, talk about pop culture movies, whatever. Like you could get funny people like you they don't have to be famous. You don't have to book Brad Pitt to be on your 10 minute show to tell you what's new on Netflix. You just have to book a personality of somebody that can be funny and just talk or better yet. You know, if you want to promote the new Joe Coy stand-up, why don't you pay Joe Coy to come on and talk about his stand-up and then promote whatever else is on Netflix? Like, that – why not do that? That makes sense. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, would I would that even show up on your front page <laughs> at this point, you know? Like – where does that like? How do you get the news out about that show where people are watching? I, I mean, to me, like you just because if you open up Netflix now, yeah. you get like your front page, and you get you get a a teaser trailer for whatever they're promoting to you, right? But again, that's dependent on the algorithm of what they think you want to watch. Yeah. So, but that's only going to show you like six or seven shows tops. Why not just put that show right there at the front? Click here to watch 10 minutes about what's new on Netflix. That's all you have to do. Yeah. In the meantime, guys, what I've been doing is I'll do a simple search on Google, like what's, you know, what's coming to Netflix in, you know, August 2019. And I'll find a list or I'll go to the Just Watch app and I'll go to that every day to see like what's new and what's coming to channels because it's not just Netflix that's the problem it's every channel out there you never know what's dropping on any given day anymore it's not like Rebecca it's not like fucking 1985 being you can just open up the TV guide and be like oh my gosh oh here's this new show called Moonlighting with uh, Sybil Shepherd and Bruce Willis who's that guy I've never heard (laughs) of him I wonder if he's any good I wonder if yeah, so it's it's crazy. This is the world we live in today where it's like shows like Perpetual Grace Limited get overlooked because nobody knows about the service and I get it. Nobody knows about Epics and like who's wanting to spend 5.99 on a on a channel for one show. Like I get it. You know? I mean, I get they got movies on there too, but I get it. I love it. I think it's a great fucking show. Did I lose you guys? Yeah. No, no I'm still here. All right. I think we're done. I ain't got shit else. <laughs> that's that's everything. And I think there's yeah. You know, there's more. I could always I could always fucking talk about more, but I, <laughs> I just want to fucking end this shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, Steve, you sound like you are just ready to crash the fuck mm, out. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you sleepy son of a bitch. Thanks, Steve, for joining us. Uh, everybody, check out Scenic Cast. Uh, Rebecca, are you recording with them tomorrow or next week? Next week. Next week. There you go. What are you guys gonna? Yeah. Oh, Lion King. Is that a thing? Lion King. Yeah. Yeah. Lion King. I don't know. I, Rebecca, it doesn't sound like you're looking forward to that one. I I love the trailers. I think they look good. I um I have some thoughts about it. I'll I'll have to of course see like if my suspicions are confirmed or or not, but um I think it's and I've said this from the beginning, they're calling this a live action remake and it's not Something live action oh, about stop it. it. It's, it's animated. Stop it's animated. It. You, it's yeah, it's fucking action. stupid. I'm so sick of hearing you fuckers say that shit. It's it's not. Are they are they real lions? No, they're, no, not. they're not. So it's not live action. No, oh, who gives a fuck? At the end of the day, if it's a good movie or not, if they're calling it if, live action or not, if it's the same movie beat for beat as the first one, I'm not excited. I'm not looking forward to seeing it, to be completely honest. You, I know, on the other hand, I don't think you've seen the original. Or you I don't, have. I have. I saw it. Or I saw you, it you don't, it, like, care that much about it or something? I didn't care about it. It was stupid. There was a pig and he was farting. It was dumb. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I'll have to, uh, I, we'll have to see when we see it, like, if there's any changes or if it's beat for beat the same story. We'll see. But Of course, um, of course they didn't get real animals. So it's not live action. But That's they got – no, it's – uh, god damn it. You fucking – get all technical with the fucking verbiage of how it, it – it, what are they going to uh, – how – what are they supposed to say to make you feel better about this? Then like, just, th- th- then just say we've reanimated the Lion King. They're using <laughs> real – like 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 uh, the, the, the places that they visit like are real. You know what I mean? The places that they're like, if I say I'm doing a live action Smurfs movie, it doesn't mean I fucking caught a bunch of Smurfs, a real Smurfs and Smurfs are going to, no, it means that the Smurfs are going to be set in, in a live action world. Like I've gone to a place like, uh, you know, where, where uh, I've gone to a place and filmed backgrounds of a real environment. They've right. Go- but, but, but when they made a Smurfs movie, there were actual people in it besides. Yeah, they but they're not going to call. I mean, that's the thing. So live action means that you have to cast real people. Yes. I'm saying I'm saying live action means that there's either real people or real animals in this, and it's not. It's animated. I mean, it's extremely good animation, but it's an animated movie. I think. I'm they, sorry. They, they've You're gone to they've gone to real locations. They've got. No, I'm not fucking telling you that, Steve. They've gone to re- <laughs> they've gone to real locations. They've gone to places in Kenya, in Africa, and they filmed the environment, and so it's supposed to be a live action. And, and, and of course, it's not live action. They didn't they didn't train uh, these lions and monkeys and chimpanzees and warthogs to do all this stuff. It's, uh, <gasps> it's not technically live action animals. But I'm I don't, not seeing I don't, this anymore. I don't I don't get the whole fucking like people pissing and moaning about the verbiage of them calling it live action when it's like. I don't. I, who gives a shit at the end of the day if it's a good movie or not? I, I'm just saying that like the, the 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 Disney live action remakes I've enjoyed. Specifically, I'm thinking like Beauty and the Beast and Cinderella is because they've updated the story a little bit and they've given me 
They've given me not a beat for beat retelling of the original story. For that, I'll just pop in my DVD of the or of the 1990s cartoon of Beauty and the Beast and watch that because I still love that. So if this is going to be exactly the same story as the first Lion King, I I mean then I, I don't know how I feel about that. I'll have to see like what they do with the. With this movie, so we'll we'll see. I, I don't I don't I I don't know like if it's going to be like I don't know I I don't know what to expect from this. Movie. Nah, I totally know what you expect to see. From, you're down on it. You're down. I, on I, it. I am I am a little down on it. I hope to eat. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I eat crow on this. I hope I get on Cena Cast and be like, boy, was I wrong? This is a fucking amazing movie. Like, I hope I'm wrong. Because The Lion King, I think it was, I enjoyed that movie the first time I saw it. What I is it that, like, no, like, like, what is it from the trailers that, that, that you're seeing? I'm not giving you a hard time. What is it from the trailers <laughs> that you're seeing that you're just like, nope, no, not my, no! <laughs> All I'm saying is. What is it? I, I'm, no, oh. The animation looks amazing. It looks beautiful. It looks incredible. I I do not – I don't take anything away from the work that's gone into making this look like an amazing film. I'm just saying what I've seen so far, this appears to be the exact same story as the original Lion King cartoon. And if it is, I don't know what the appeal is to make this movie other than just Disney making more money. If that's, if that's the thing, then that's the thing. But I just, I would love a Lion King story that gave me something new. If you're going to remake the Lion King, that's all for me. I wasn't a huge fan of the original Lion King. I need to watch it again. Maybe I'll think of it differently now because I did watch it with teenage eyes and I've changed sure. as a person. So who knows? I might watch it and like it. You- but you might. I, I, or I th- this- do think that mm-hmm. people, most people, when they see something that looks real, I think that it can affect them differently, especially animals. Like if it mm-hmm. looks real, I think it can affect them differently. Like if I see like a a cartoon dog die. Like as a child, yeah, it might affect me, but like as a as a as a fucking forty year old man seeing a cartoon dog die, I might not care as much. But if I right. but if I feel like what I'm watching is a real animal get hurt or be in danger, then it might affect you differently. And here's the thing: the people that grew up watching The Lion King are now adults and can buy tickets for their kids to go see this. We'll see. I'm not saying you're wrong. Like, I don't know. I don't know if this movie's going to be good or not. I think it's going to make a shit fuck ton of money, whether it's good or not. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Aladdin wasn't, like, I I think Aladdin, was Aladdin fresh? Like, I don't even know if it was fresh on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. Um, I, I no, think Dumbo. it was teetering. It was, um, yeah. Dumbo was not fresh, and I think Aladdin was teetering between yeah, it was, fresh and rotten. I mean, in... In my opinion, the Aladdin remake was not great. Um, I thought, like, the Dumbo remake was okay, but I loved the Beauty and the Beast and the Cinderella remake. I, I thought ne- those were 
those were exceptional. I did not watch either of those. Don't give a fuck. Don't care about. <laughs> I do not give a shit about Cinderella. I do not give a fucking rat's ass about Beauty and the Beast. Didn't like. I don't know. Cinderella, the animated movie, was okay when I was a kid. Beauty and the Beast, I saw it once. Didn't really care for it. Um, did not watch the live action. I thought that the Dumbo movie was like whatever, and then I I re- I loved Aladdin. I thought it was really good. Oh, uh, I did not care for the Aladdin remake. I felt like I felt like Will Smith was channeling Robin Williams way too much. Oh come on! And yeah. I'm tell- I'm giving you my opinion. I thought he was. I thought there were moments where he was trying to be. I'm Robin giving Williams, you my opinion too. That the- you're wrong. I don't agree with you. Well, that's fine. <laughs> fuck you. You can die. Maybe fuck, we want to. But fuck I'm just you saying. Too. Wow. Just, <laughs> no, I, and also, whoever told Will Smith that he could sing was fucking lying to his face. That guy can't sing. And Aladdin Rebecca like, just don't understand. Uh, you, you get that? What? You get that? You get that? Uh, yes. Parents just don't understand. <laughs> you just, you. Also, Aladdin was the cleanest looking street person I've ever seen in my entire oh, life. Oh, we needed him I, to get dirty him up a little bit, right? Yeah, Throw some I fucking mean, dirt on this kid. You know what I mean? Clothes, he was so clean. I, I know. Like, well, Make him look like a ragged piece of shit. That's the movie I want to see. <laughs> I just, I want to see, I want to, I want, give him leprosy, give him a skin disease. You know what I mean? I want, I want flies hanging out on this kid's lip, right? Throughout the entire fucking movie. I want to, I want, why don't, why don't you have, why don't you, why don't you strap Sally Struthers to his goddamn back and she can fucking rattle off an 800 number and talk about the price of a cup of coffee saving this fucking kid's life. So fucking extra. I'm just saying that he could. He was so pristinely clean for somebody who's like, I've lived on the streets my whole life and have to scrounge to survive. Hold on, let me bleach my pants to keep them super crystal clean. Yeah, because kids want to go. Kids want to go see a Disney movie and we'll hang out with a dirty, dopey son of a bitch, right? <laughs> <laughs> At least the cartoon Aladdin had a fucking patch on his pants. Like this guy didn't even have that. Oh, oh get out of here! Get out of point, here, Rebecca. That's what I, thank you, Steve. Oh, That's Steve. Yeah. And also, Jasmine. She's like, oh, I'm a strong, independent woman. I don't need no man. Marries the first guy she meets the second she walks out those gates. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, look, I mean, that, that movie is what it is. I, th- I mean, it still made a shit ton of money, no matter what I thought about yeah, it. I, it made a, a lot billion. of money. Yeah, it made a lot of money. And I think The Lion King will make a shit ton of money. I think all of these remakes will make a shit ton of money because you're right, Brian. All the kids, all the people who saw these movies as kids, they now have kids of their own. They're going to bring their kids to the movies. And it's fucking summer. What else are you going to do with your kids? They're not in school. Bring them to the fucking movies. Of course. Oh, okay. and this, yeah, I can't and wait. this will be their first Lion King, so they'll exactly. want to see it ten times. Yeah, I, can't exactly. wait. I can't wait for the six-year-olds out in the playground saying, like, that wasn't live action. <laughs> that wasn't live action. How can you da- can you train a fucking warthog to say that? And then here comes Brian out of the corner doing a roundhouse kick, going, "Shut the fuck up!" Oh man. <laughs> Jesus. I just love the idea of Brian Roundhouse. <laughs> Bottle cap challenge to the face. Um, no, guys, we are, we are done. That is all I got. I want to thank Steve. Thank you so much. Everybody check out Scenic Cast. Uh, Rebecca, thanks again. I appreciate it. 
Thanks for having me. Always a good time. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was a great time. We will be back next week for uh, 2019 San Diego Comic-Con coverage, which would be, I think it'll be our sixth San Diego Comic-Con. I don't know. Whatever. So, we'll yeah, we'll be back with San Diego Comic-Con coverage and then Jake's reaction to Stranger Things Season 3. Just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya! Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftover. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. Podcast that originally good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and we're the shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said I'm so pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftover. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.